warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 224. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Hate erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, welcome to episode 224. Uh, two plus two equals four. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> Dropping some knowledge on our listeners. Just saying our, uh, our episode number is also, uh, it's also mathematical. So, um, we are not alone in this episode. We are joined again. Actually, not, it's been a long time. Uh, but, uh, my co-host for the, uh, Transformers, uh, what was it? Transformers Titans Return podcast, Daniel Hepner. How you doing, man? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. 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 Good, good to have you on, man. Uh, how you been? I'm doing all right. Always a pleasure to be on. So, uh, thanks for having me back. But, uh, things are going all right. Good. You, you you actually scared away another guest I was trying to get on this week. You scared away Dan West. Yeah, that's that's not surprising. I, it's it's one of those things. I was talking to Dan. And I was like, "Hey, man, I'd love to have you on." You know, you've never recorded Daniel Hapner, Blah 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 blah. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll be there." Very next day, problems with his throat. Probably just mm. can't speak. I, I'm and he he's actually revealed on episode. I think it was two hundred that his least favorite episode, Daniel, was the episode that you were on with us. The, uh, yeah, the uh, X-Men episode. Oh, the Days of Future Past episode, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two-parter, because we were also talking about Flash Season 2 finale yeah. and the uh, premiere of Preacher. Yeah, yeah. Right now, Dan is Dan West is forming excuses in his head as to why but that, I, <laughs> that I'm wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> Dan, come on, man. I Dan think, is never going to admit to this. No, this is too nefarious. No, absolutely not. No, he's got to he's got to have that squeaky clean reputation, 
And so, <laughs> I'm, Dan, you could you could think of any excuse. You could you could me- message me and Hep- Hepner with any excuse you want to. We know why you're not here. Okay. Yeah, it's it's obviously All my right. fault. Plus the excuse he gave you with his throat. I mean, if he was doing it with me, then I'm going to constantly interrupt him, so he doesn't have to talk so much. So he's fine. That's true. That's true. So so here's my question: Why didn't we get rid of Daniel so we could have Dan West on? It's a good point. <laughs> well, I want I want somebody that wants to be here, Jake. I don't. I oh. mean, like, are, are we so, are we bending over backwards for Dan West? Huh? I guess that's true. I guess that's true. At least Daniel wanted to show up, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he didn't. His throat is fine. Yeah, exactly. He's not. He took not, some lozenges. He yeah. Aired. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. need. He didn't go down the old halls of medicine, sucking on a lozenge, sucking on your. What's uh, what's the other ones? I don't know. Whatever. Um, Ludens. Ludens. Yeah, Ludens. Yeah, there's Ludens. Then there's the one, Zycam. Zycam. Sounds like a uh, DC villain from outer space. Yeah, I don't even know that one. Yeah. You'd be hanging out with Dr. Light. Yeah, hanging out with Dr. Light. Anyway, this episode fucking sucks already. Um, (laughs) I apologize. uh, You're here. You're here, sir. All right, I commend you for just showing up. Showing up is just half of the battle, Hepner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have a lot of problem with showing up. I know. It's like like the (laughs) day of or, you know, whatever, day before or whatever. And they're gone. They're gone. Oh, now, now I'm going to start getting excuses from a bunch of people. Uh, uh, don't, don't, just don't. Leave me alone. Leave me Brian, alone. Brian, I actually can't do this show tonight. <laughs> I had something just come up. Oh shit! <laughs> hey guys, I uh, I got an announcement to make. Hey Jake, do you remember bumpers? <laughs> yeah, barely. All right, bumpers. Uh, we had a partnership with them for a little while. They asked us to use their service. It was an app, and you got on the app, and you could record your little podcast right there off the app. Um, so we were doing little bumpers and and having them ep- uploaded onto a completely separate feed, and you could listen to what was called like bite-sized leftovers. Jake had the Daily Dough. We had all these different little podcasts underneath the bumpers banner. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool for a while. And then bumpers announced, I think it was like a month ago, that March 6th, they were shutting down. Um, I guess they're still going to have like the episodes up, but I don't think you can record as of March 6th, any new content. Um, so instead we're going to, we're going to honor bumpers and our time with bumpers today. So instead of playing our regular bumpers for each segment, I will actually be playing a bumpers bumper from the app. To introduce each segment, uh, just as a tribute, just as a tribute. This is going to be the first annual Bumpers Remembrance, and uh, <laughs> we're going to do this every year. Yes, yes. <laughs> if if I can remember to do this every March, it'll be the what is this? Is this the second weekend in March? If we can do this the second weekend of every March. Following yeah. March sixth, this will be our bumpers remembrance. And uh the only the only actual bumper that I'll play from our regular episodes is our rating system. Every other bumper is a bumper's bumper, Jake. Wow. I I may have to go back and listen myself. Yeah, you might get to hear the bumpers when you play them. Exactly. So. It's for me this is fantastic. Um but anyway, so yeah, uh I, I just I wanna bid bumpers adieu. So right off into the sunset. Anyway, keep the memory, keep it alive. 
Yeah, they were good to us, bumpers. Yeah, they were. They were very good to us. Um, and it was fun for a while, man. It just like, I, I, the writing was on the wall. Uh, I was like, man, I can't see this sustaining itself. And so. Yeah. No, no business model. Yeah. There wasn't a premium version you could pay and get. Yeah. So yeah. It was doomed. They came out with another app called Captioned and, uh, they wanted us to get in on that and it just seemed like a lot of work. And I was kind of like, nah, you take basically, it was like a video of yourself and other videos and you can, put up um different captions like it's like a moving meme and uh, i was just like nah that's that's too much work uh yeah it's kind of a nifty idea but yeah. i agree that's a lot of creativity yeah. every time you want to do something on it exactly um c2e2 jake uh it's the chicago comic book convention uh, we're going to be there and so probably not going to have an episode that week yeah, yeah, I can imagine not. Unless we're going to do some weird shit like recording on the spot, but mm. f all that, right? Uh, I'm trying to get some interviews set up with comic book creators for my other podcast, which is uh, debuting this week on Wednesday. Number one comic book, so make sure to subscribe to that. But yes, I'm trying to. I've sent off an email to sit down with some creators to talk about some new books that they got coming out, and I hope to release those as bonus episodes on number one comic books. But don't quote me. I can't promise that I'm going to be able to sit down with anybody, but I'm going to hear back, hopefully, from um, uh, the people at Read Pop about uh, getting some interviews. Yeah, I'm crossing my fingers for you. I got to imagine that's a great outlet for a creator, yeah. especially with a new new number one book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm hoping to sit down with some, some creators. Uh, I wanted to... <laughs> kind of weird uh there's another pcl group on facebook jake did you know that i did not know that yeah okay all right yeah so basically there's uh we've got the facebook page pop culture leftovers facebook page and i run that and then there's like a little there's a group there's actually the the leftover army group where a lot of our listeners get together and they chat and they have like little taster's choice moments and talk about whatever the fuck and uh (laughs) There's also an, I looked it up. This is fucking nuts. And I'm not lying. Look it ups. Look it ups. Um, whatever. I can't even talk. I can't talk. Um, there's another PCL group on Facebook. Any, do you want to take a stab as to what it stands for? What and, does the acronym stand for? I've, I've been thinking about it since you said there was. You'll never guess. Group. You'll never guess. Okay. Oh gosh. I hope it's great. I, I just want to know now. Pakistan yeah. cricket lovers. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the sport or the bug? It's not the insect. It is the sport. The sport. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Pakistan cricket lovers. I swear. Look it up. It's on Facebook. I swear to you. Oh, I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to take a picture of me with my PCL shirt on and join. (laughs) (laughs) There's also, there's also PCL construction. It's a, it's an actual page for a business. So that's another thing, Hmm. but this is a group. And so I wonder how many of our listeners have accidentally joined Pakistan Cricket Lovers and think like, oh my gosh, like why aren't they talking about the new Batman news? Um, why are these people obsessed with cricket? Am I in the wrong group three months later? You know, it's like. <laughs> yeah, we, we never talk. Why don't they ever talk about it on the podcast? Right. It's all they talk about here. <laughs> Is Do either of you guys even know the rules for cricket? Because I sure as hell don't. What is it like? You, uh, you throw the little ball and you try to hit the. Uh, you try to hit. The, there's like there's like a stand that you try to knock down a little. Yeah, there's like sticks on a stand yeah. and the something or another. I have no when you're idea. the pitcher, you're trying to knock down the sticks on the stand, and when you're the yeah. hitter, you're trying to hit the the ball. 
right? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Hey, yeah. Uh, my question to you guys is, what's not the love? About cricket? Pakistan cricket lovers. It's the name of the group. It was a joke. Fucking oh, whatever. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, I want to thank uh, Shirley Valerio for uh, signing up for our Patreon. Thank you so much. I want to thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Step by step. Do you remember that show, guys? Do you remember the 90 show, yeah. Step by Step? Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the name of the guy was. I know you got to know right off the top of your Patrick head. Patrick fucking Duffy. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Suzanne <laughs> Summers. And uh, what was it? Uh, Cody. I can't remember the actor's name, but he took over the Cyborg. No, the Kickboxer franchise and possibly the Cyborg franchise for Jean-Claude Van Damme. And then he beat his wife and then he got kicked out of Hollywood. So, right? I think yeah, that sounds about right. He was, yeah. he was ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. He was. He was. Maybe he should have been the Terminator. He's a time traveler. Um, I, I was going through like this little rabbit hole looking at like what happened to the step by step kids, you know? Like whatever happened mm-hmm. to them? Like did they, did they turn out like assholes or something like that? And so like I wanted to, I was looking at one of those where are they now articles just the other day. And the, do you remember the, the little blonde kid that was like the white Urkel? The, with the glasses. Yeah. Oof, man. No, I don't. Okay. He was the young, he one of the younger brothers. You, you know who I'm talking about, Hepner? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really overly precocious. Yeah. Yeah. So like, he became like a high school teacher. He turned out like a good guy. So I was like, that's cool. All right. Uh, I looked up, remember JT? He was the, Frank's oldest boy. He was, he went by JT. Do you remember him? Man, uh, I, you must have just watched this show or have a great memory. I have a really good right? memory. I, I, I actually, I'd say maybe a couple summers ago, I was watching it on like ABC Freeform or like one of these channels, like religiously. I'm bringing up a cast photo now, so I have a better shot at this. Right. Yeah, Br- Brandon Call. Brandon yeah, Call. Name. You know what happened to him? No. Okay, check this out. I wrote it down. In 1996, after wrapping an episode taping, Call was shot in both arms during a traffic dispute. What? Fortunately, he made a full recovery. Now, hold on. Like, both, both arms. It's not like one was enough. It was like, he must have pissed them off so much that they're just like, no, you need a matching set. What the fuck? Both arms. Maybe he was trying to stop the bullets, and then it didn't work the first time with the left arm, and then he tried again with the right. I don't know, man. I I like to think that the shooter shot the one arm and then was just like kind of like uh, – what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, obsessive compulsive, like it just didn't match. And so, <laughs> you know what I mean? They They like everything kind of aligned, and, you know, wow. so they shot the other arm. Because it was bothering them, right? That's horrible, but I'm following you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. That's what I like to think. <laughs> anyway. All right. I thought I'd start off the show with a little 90s television anecdote about uh, Brandon Call getting shot in both arms. Kind of backfired on me. Um, <laughs> let's see here. I wish I could remember the theme song to Step by Step. Step by Step. Day by day, a fresh start over a different day. The people we <laughs> the we, and they're on the roller coaster, right? Remember that? 
They're all getting on the roller coaster. I think one kid was like on the ground and he's holding like a fucking like ice cream cone and the ice cream falls down. They're like, look at that dumb little fuck. And then, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it was one of those shows where they changed the intro a lot too, if I remember. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, Oh, at the end of like the fifth season. Uh, out in the parking lot, uh, he gets shot in both arms job, <laughs> <laughs> at the amusement park after the closing shop, you know, so. And you have to play the important message before the episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> this intro is rated MA. Everything else is fine. It's just, yeah. it's just this really disturbing intro with, uh, the actor Brandon Call getting shot in both arms. <laughs> this week on a very special episode of Step by Step. Yeah. Uh, Oh my god. It's called Shot by Shot. Anyway. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. It is now time for iTunes reviews. Yes. That was our first bumper. <laughs> anyway, it's time for iTunes reviews. Yeah, we're guys, we're not using like our traditional bumpers this week. We're paying tribute to uh the uh Bumpers uh, app, rest in peace. So never forget, never forget, mm. always remember Wakanda forever. Uh, let's see here, <laughs> bumpers forever. <laughs> um, let's see. I gotta pull up the uh, the iTunes reviews. I got them here. I'm real prepared, prepared this week, prepared. Yeah, I'm ready to talk about JT from Step by Step, but I can't even pull up a fucking iTunes review. Here we go. iTunes review. This one comes. Uh, it's titled Life Coaching, and uh, I love love the iTunes reviewer's name here. It's uh, Bib Fortuna, but Jake, it's spelled B-I-B, the number four, and tuna like the fish. Bib Fortuna. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure the actual spelling was taken, so that's a great workaround. It's it almost is. better than having it spelled the right way. I like it's it. It's definitely better than the traditional way. It's a five-star, gentlemen, and it says listening to a four-hour podcast just isn't practical. It's sick, ridiculous. It's not practical unless you are listening to it while you're carefully displaying your Star Wars action figures on a new $500 four-foot-long sail barge. Uh <laughs> I've only been listening for a few months, but this is the first podcast I go to each week. And that's from Bib Fortuna. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Uh, I love the sail barge reference already creeping into an iTunes review. Oh, that, that was last week. We had Katana. Remember? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, and especially if anybody's going to make reference to it, it would be Bib Fortuna. Absolutely. Bib Fortuna. Uh, this next one is um, titled Altered Carbs. And, um, I love, I love this username as well. It's Boone Tobias instead of Boone Tobias, the creator of Mortal Kombat. It's Boone oh, Tobias. Yeah. Nice. Remember, remember when, when, when you spelled it backwards, it was Noob Cybot, which was an actual villain in the game. Yep. Yeah. He was one of, he was one of the robot characters. Yeah. Right? Robot characters. And I think in the first game, he was like one of those that would just like appear if you randomly hit like a, code in or something i don't remember yeah, it was yeah. it was one of those where they had little display icons on the bottom you put in a certain configuration yeah. and you get a secret stage with them yeah like reptile was another one yeah yeah uh let's see here wouldn't a wouldn't a fucked up uh wouldn't a fucked up fatality be just like a character ripping another character's dick off <laughs> I, I mean didn't they go that extreme really in, like, the more recent one i don't know i mean i i fell off the there's ten of them, though. I think at some point you just have to resort to ripping the dick off. I mean, what's left? There, I, they've gotten 
they've gotten pretty extreme, but I think like back in the day, just the the you know graphics weren't good enough to really find detail that level of pain. <laughs> I remember you can know it's a dick and not have it be good graphics. My favorite uh, fatality was where they where, when they got shot in both arms. That was my favorite, <laughs> absolute favorite fatality. Oh man, which which character did that? Oh, that that was JT. I don't know. It was just, they, they, they threw in. I don't know. He he had two different fatalities. He'd either run over you with a roller coaster, or he would shoot you in both arms. And you'd <laughs> the, hear, the roller coaster one is stage specific. Yeah, they call it, they, they call it a stepality, step by step. Um, oh, I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't even read his review, did I? I just put my phone in my pocket. <laughs> and, and and we're done here. Um, <laughs> All right, good show, guys. All right, uh, it's uh, it's yeah, titled out "Altered Carbs from Boone Tobias." Hey, leftovers, I love the show. Just making sure I'm recording here. <laughs> that would not be good. We're good. Uh, I love the show. I stumbled upon it by searching for a podcast discussing altered carbon. I loved the episode, the format, the rating system, and especially the comedy. I was a little bummed that Jake didn't watch the show, and next week it was lightly revisited by Joe. But I'm going. I, wasn't it revisited by Eric the next week? Yeah. 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 yeah I think it was. It was yeah, Eric, Eric Wade. Eric Wade. Anyway, yeah, uh, he goes on to say, uh, but I'm going to be like the Trekkie Bill guy and ask, why isn't there any good reviews on this show? There's so much I want to discuss and dissect. And as you guys have mentioned, new stuff pops up on Netty like every day. Please give this awesome show the love it deserves. It needs a Tupperware party. It would literally blow my stack. Also, love the Marvel bias. It is very much justified. Unlike Justice League, y'all are tight. I can't wait to listen to the next four-hour rant. So what if I dropped 500 on a sail barge? So, yeah, it, it ends with another sail barge joke. Um, I love Altered Carbon. I give it to Tupperware. I can't make Jake watch it. I can't. I just, it's, it, Jake wants to pick it back up. That's up to him. And every week on the show, there's, that's the kind of show this is, man. It's just, it's new stuff pops up all the time and we don't always get to revisit the stuff that we've talked about. And we're always moving on to something new and something different. That's it's just the nature of the game, Chief, and that's what we're doing this week. So I'm not – unfortunately, I'm not talking about Altered Carbon again. I will be happy to come back and talk about Altered Carbon Season 2 next year. But I – and who knows? Altered Carbon might show up in the Tupperwares this year. So who knows? I mean I loved the show. It's a Tupperware. So. And funny thing is I'm actually going to be bringing it up when we get to Good Pop, Bad Pop here. Oh. That's you know what? That's why we don't have Dan West on this week. That's why you're here. <laughs> that's, that's why you're here. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Hey, I just I also wanted to throw out Jake. We turned fifty in iTunes. We turned fifty. Fifty one stars, baby. Oh. Really? Yeah, yeah, we had our fiftieth nice. one star, guys. So uh, we've got uh, three hundred and sixty-eight five stars, twenty-four stars. Seven three stars, thirteen two stars, um, and then uh, fifty one stars. Nine yellow moons, three purple horseshoes, eight red balloons. And we need to work on our three stars and be a little bit more mediocre the next few weeks. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, I um, you know, I, I'd say keep the five stars coming, but uh, yeah, I guess I guess we could pad our three stars there, Jake. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Diversity is the spice of life. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Ah, senior. Guess who's back, guys? Before we, we're gonna get into the news and good pop, bad pop here in a second, people. But guess who's back? Uh, Slim Shady? No, no. Um, <laughs> Tracy Ferguson or Melissa.cook at yahoo.com. She was the one, um, who basically said that I was a man pig because of my, uh, views on Jodie Foster, which she never fucking listened to because I never made, remember, do you remember who I'm talking about, Jake? Do you remember oh, yeah. Her? Oh, I'm yeah. super excited now to hear it. If she's back, I can't wait to hear what she's saying. All right. So basically, uh, I think a few weeks ago, uh, she dropped, uh, this, this Tracy Ferguson, but she, she's also goes by melissa.cook at yahoo.com. She said something, she called me a man pig and said, but you know, I'm setting back the Me Too movement and all this other stuff, uh, because of my views (laughs) on Jodie Foster. Daniel, did you listen to that episode? Oh, yeah, I listened because wasn't uh, Rebecca Daling on uh, defending you? No, uh, that was the next week. But the original week That's when right. we had the first discussion, it was me, Dan West, and Jesse Candelori. Um, That's right. I was the only one that was trying to even possibly defend Jodie Foster in that situation. So I don't know yeah. where the backlash for me came from. This makes well, no I mean, fucking sense. You, so. Huh? It is you, so, you know. Uh, Hapner, g- give me a better excuse than that bullshit, Okay. Right. I'm not excusing. No. Now, I was the only one that was defending Jodie Foster, and I get attacked on our webpage and called a man pig, and I get called a Harvey Weinstein, and I get called fucking Hitler on our webpage, Daniel. And I did the nothing. Evil, the evil trifecta there. The evil trifecta. And I did nothing but defend Jodie Foster. And I tried to, I try, I was the only one trying to defend the woman and her views on superhero films. And I was the one who took the backlash. I got called Harvey Weinstein. I got called Man Pig and, a, and Hitler. Yeah. So it's it makes no sense. I don't think this lady even listened to the fucking episode. I think she saw the title and she just fucking guessed at what we were what I would say. It's ridiculous. You're a ridiculous person. Anyway, um, <laughs> she gets back on the web page after the Oscars, and it's signed. It's it's Tracy Ferguson, and she and she puts herself as MeTooForever dot com, which doesn't nice. even exist. And uh, anyway, she goes on to say, well, did you listen to Frances McDormand's best actress speech? I bet you broke your leg trying to change the channel, man pig. We won. You lose. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, she's got you there. <laughs> That's not even funny, Jake. Like, what are you talking about? I, I, I'm just completely joking. I mean, I, she doesn't even know what she's talking about. She's delirious. I don't under, I don't know I don't know where this is coming from. I have no fucking clue where this is coming from. This is just this is asinine. This is ridiculous. It's almost like she's trolling you at this point. It really is, man. It really is. It really is. I'm sorry. No, and I'm I'm sorry. I missed Francis McDormand's speech there, Tracy. I had I was blaring pornography too loud on my laptop. I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Weird that you'd be watching porn while watching the Oscars, but no. hey, you know. I wasn't watching porn, but I did watch the Oscars anyway. What's amazing yeah. is uh, about Tracy leaving these comments on our website is I actually, on our website, Jake, I have full access to it. On our website, I am God. So in the future, you might 
want to come back to that page if you're a listener and see um, what nice things Tracy's going to write about me because uh, that's what I'm wanting from our listeners this week. I want you guys to write what nice things would Tracy Ferguson say about me and how would she apologize to me. So that's – and I'm going to post the best one as her post on mm-hmm. our website because I can totally like erase what she said. Like this whole like her calling me man pig shit, I can erase the whole thing. I can have her say whatever the fuck I want to. It could literally be like 20 lines of her saying poopy, 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 poopy. I mean it could That's be whatever awesome. the fuck we want to. But what yeah. I'm looking for is I'm looking for the best Tracy Ferguson apology to me. And you know, don't get don't don't get all cute with it and, and start – don't – I don't know. Just don't – I will, I'll read the best ones on the episode and I'll actually post the best one on the page. So. What are you looking for, Brian? Do you want, you want funny? Do you want creative? Do you want snarky? It can be funny. I just, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be like dirty or something like that. You know what I mean? Okay. That, that defeats yeah, the purpose. Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. send it if you want to. I'll read it, but I'm not going to read it on the show. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I don't read yours on the show, you can just think to yourself, oh shit, I kind of blew that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, go ahead and send it to Brian at popcultureleftovers.com. Um, she had the fake website, metooforever.com. So title your emails, me too stupid. So, and then send them to Brian at popcultureleftovers.com. That's Brian with an I, people, with an I. Some of you still spelling it with a fucking Y out there. Knock it off. Spell it with a Y. <laughs> I ask why the fuck are you spelling it right? So, yeah, go ahead. Sometimes Y around here, huh? Yeah. So yeah, go ahead and rewrite what uh, Tracy Ferguson is uh, saying to me. Rewrite her apology to me and uh, make it creative, make it funny. Don't make it uh, don't make it creepy. And don't make it like dirty, all right? I don't need I don't need you dropping shit about genitalia and stuff like that. I'm not, not reading that fucking crap. All right. Yeah, we're we're all about class here at PCL. No, not when it comes to this shit. I don't want that on the website. Like, oh yeah, like some, like this. Like Tracy Ferguson says some about her her pussy. Like, I don't know. No, I I agree. Yeah, don't thanks, Daniel. I, it's it's great that I have to. Loop. Yeah, I gotta explain the class on this show to you. Anyway, <laughs> Maybe, can, can we get Dan West on? What the fuck? <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. Get Dan West. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. His last name rhymes with best. I'm telling you. All right, guys. It is now time for Good Pop, Bad Pop. That was a second bumper's bumper. All right. Let's see here. Um, good Pop, man, Bad those, Pop. Those are quick. Yeah. yeah. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Let's see here. Uh, uh, let's uh, everybody watch the Oscars. Anybody watch the Oscars? Yeah, I watched bits and pieces of them. I had them on while I was doing other things. Okay. Yeah, I just checked the highlight reels. All right, I watched the entire event. I really enjoyed it. Um, I uh, also enjoyed watching uh, the Roseanne teaser trailer. Did you guys see that? I did not. Was that on during the Oscars? Yes. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it either. Oh, man, it was great. And then today they released the new intro for the Roseanne revival. So um, 
looks like it's it looks like it's going to be great, man. And I when I watched it, I got really excited. Um, got a little emotional. It's like one of those shows that I grew up with, late '80s, early '90s, that I loved. I, and it was basically like the first real family that we saw on TV. You know what I mean? Every it just it they they would fight. They would you know life wasn't perfect in the in the Connor house. So I can't wait to see like what they're up to. I know Darlene and David had a kid. I don't know if David Johnny Galecki is in the in the series at all. Um, but I, know I think they, I read that he is. I don't know if he's in every episode. No, not every episode. Right. I know he will make an appearance. Yeah, and I don't. So it doesn't sound like him and Darlene are back together. So maybe she's back moving in with them after a divorce or something. Um, so that'll be interesting. But they've got uh, both Beckys um, are going to be on the show. I don't know. I don't think that Becky number two is going to be Becky. I think she's going to play a different character. But I, I think it's cool that they have both Beckys. So, and I also think it's great that that kid, what's his name, DJ, finally has a job again. That's nice. I mean, what's he been doing? <laughs> is it? Yeah, he's been working at like a Subway sandwiches for like the past twenty years. And they called him and said, "Hey, you want to come back and make some real money?" And he's like, "Sure, that's awesome." So. Dan's back alive. Yeah, he's back alive. They showed him in the trailer. Um, they make a joke about it. Uh, he's got like uh, one of those sleep apnea machines on, and he said he ma- they, somebody makes a joke like I thought you were dead, and I don't know. So they they're retconning it, but um, it looks great. I think it comes out like March twenty sixth or seventh or something like that, and I cannot wait. So, um, and my favorite part of the Oscars, of course, I love seeing Guillermo del Toro give his speech. Uh, for yeah. director, um, that was fantastic. But I, Jimmy Kimball, Gal Gadot, uh, Ansel Elgort, and Mark Hamill, they showed up at um, the uh, premiere at Man's Chinese Theater for the Wrinkle in Time <laughs> film. And they handed out snacks to the movie theater goers. And they had like, they showed up with like a six foot long sub. And then Ansel Elgort had a hot dog gun and he was shooting hot dogs into the crowd. And that was just a cool moment to watch. It was a lot of fun. Um, oh man, I want a hot dog gun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Don't, hey, don't say that too loud around Tracy Ferguson, you fucking man pig. She'll take it the wrong way. She's, oh, he's talking about, he's talking about his penis. Um, see here. Uh, Lost in Space trailer. Did you guys watch it? Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about that. It's a Netflix original of the rebooted 1960 science fiction show. And the first season's 10 episodes premiere Friday, April 13th, 2018. So we're about a month away. It's set 30 years in the future. Colonization in space is now a reality. And the Robinson family is among those. Let me actually, I'll read the synopsis. Um, but it, Basically, it's a family that get, they get lost in space. Um, yeah, I know. It, that's exactly what happens, though. That's why it's called Lost in Space. But um, I, I, before I read the synopsis, I guess I, I wanted to ask, did you guys watch the original 1960s show at all growing up? Uh, I mean, I was familiar with it. I think I watched it maybe a couple times on Nick at Night. Mm. Um, I actually liked the remake movie okay. I know a lot of people always make fun of it. Yeah. But- no, I always thought it was a lot of fun. I thought Gary Oldman was great as the bad guy in it. Yeah, I watched I watched it growing up um, and loved it. I thought it was great. I loved the little boy and the robot, and then like I I I, I, I used to watch it all the time. And then I I went to the theater and saw the remake back in '98, and it wasn't terrible. I mean, I 
I don't know. It's it doesn't hold up at all. But back then, it was I was fine with it. But did you yeah, watch any it's of those? Watchable. Did you watch it, Hepner? Um, I like uh, Jay or Jake. I did see a couple episodes, you know, growing up on Nick and I. It wasn't something that I really like went through and watched, but uh, I definitely did see some of it. And then, like you, Brian, I did see the movie in theaters in '98 when it came out. It, yeah. It's, it's one of those, it's a guilty pleasure for me. I'll go back and watch it every once in a while. I'll be like, yeah, there's some good parts in here. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, definitely Gary Oldman as a Dr. Smith is good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it doesn't really hold up that well, but you know, it's, it's fun to watch every once in a while. Yeah. I saw it, I saw it like on a first date with somebody that I ended up dating for quite a long time. And it was just, it was a fun night to begin with. So maybe, maybe my, maybe my judgment of that movie was clouded by the date. So who knows? Um, <laughs> but, um, it's, uh, this, this version set 30 years in the future. Colonization in space is now a reality. And the Robinson family is among those tested and selected to make a new life for themselves in a better world. But when the col- when new colonists find themselves abruptly torn off course en route to their new home, they must forge new alliances and work together to survive in a dangerous alien environment, light years from their original destination. Stranded along with the Robinsons are two outsiders who find themselves thrown together by circumstances and a mutual knack for a deception. Um, the charismatic Dr. Smith is a master manipulator with an inscrutable endgame, and the roguish but charming Don West is a high highly skilled blue collar contractor who had no intention of joining the colony, let alone crash landing on a lost planet. Um, I don't, I don't know any of the other actors in this, but Parker Posey really, um, what did you guys think about, um, the trailer? Uh, I actually quite liked it. Uh, if we're going to rate it, I would give it a high taste it. Um, I was very impressed by what looked to be a very strong budget for this. And, uh, the VFX looked really good. I couldn't help but think, oh, wow, this looks way better than that uh, Cloverfield 3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was my first. I mean, it being a Netflix show and a space thing, I, I couldn't help but have my brain go there. But, yeah, I thought it looked good. I thought it it had a weird, like, kind of uh, alien E.T. vibe, too. Like, it, it seemed like it was going to be a lot more darker and serious and creepy than anything we've ever seen in the previous iterations of this. From what- I'm actually quite excited for this. For this. From what I remember, the robot didn't the robot come with them on the original one? Yeah, I believe you're correct. Yeah, so it now like in this, it's an alien alien technology. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm an interesting I, take on it. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to give based off the trailer. Now I don't know what it's going to be by the time we watch it, but the trailer's job was to get me excited. And it did so. I'm giving the trailer a Tupperware. This looks fantastic. This looks like a can't miss, like April 13th, Friday, April 13th, my butt is on the couch watching Lost in Space. That's what the trailer did for me. So I'm going to give the trailer a Tupperware. Now, the series itself, like once I sit down to watch it, could be a <laughs> toss it. But based on like the action that I saw, based on um, the fact that I love Parker Posey. I think she's great. Um, yeah, can't wait I agree. To, can't wait to see yeah. her in this series. And the special, just like I said, the special effects and the action just look so fantastic. And, um, I'm hoping that, uh, these 10 episodes are great and we can get, we can get more of this series. Cause I, there's, there's something really cool about just a family, a family story being lost in space. I mean, I, that's why, that's why we love the Fantastic Four. You know, it's a family story. 
Um, oh, yeah. You, it's a classic tale. I mean, it's basically Swiss, Swiss Family, Family Robinson, Robinson in space. Yeah. 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 Uh, what'd you think, Hapner? Um, I mean, I'll go with Jake. I'll high taste it. Cause I was kind of, uh, like you said, the, the budget and the effects look really good. So that's definitely a positive. I'm always a fan of like sci-fi shows like this being more low budget usually, but that's just kind of my wheelhouse. So I like the like really campy cheap effects stuff more, but it looks really good. It looks like they got a budget behind it. It looks like they're really, you know, putting a lot of effort and uh, resource behind it. I was kind of lukewarm on it until I saw Parker Posey. I'm like, wait, is that Parker Posey? And then I IMDb it like, she's Doctor Smith. Okay, now I do need to watch. Yeah, it. it's she's been gender flipped in this one because, like, in yeah. the in the previous, you know, Lost in Space movie, yeah, it's always been a man. So, um, yeah, it's very cool. I yeah, I, I I sorry, real quick, I did really like that she's in it, and I've always found her charismatic and fun, and she's the only good thing in uh, Blade Trinity. So, you know, I I've always enjoyed her work as an actress. So yeah, it was definitely oh she's in this, she's the bad guy. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll watch it. Ah, uh, Pat Oswalt was in Blade Trinity, sir. Yeah, but he was barely in it. Nah, he's great in it anyway. You're, uh, another thing, like you're knocking it down from a Tupperware to a high taste it because, because they put a lot more work into this with the CG and they, they put, they put money yeah. and stuff into it. Like, I'm trying to understand that. No, no, no. That's, that's not necessarily why it goes down from a Tupperware to a high taste it. It's just that because the franchise has never pay, had great interest for me in general. Okay. So. It kind of starts off with a small bit of a handicap for okay, me. Okay, fair enough. I'm just saying, like, for me, like, the way I judge a trailer is, like, when I watch it, where does it take my excitement level? Like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't matter, like, I'm not trying to guess, like, how the actual show's gonna be. Like, I don't know, because I haven't watched it. I'm gauging my excitement level by watching said trailer. And so yeah, I'm right there with you, Brian. I I'm judging the trailer too, just the cut of the trailer and yeah. the art of a trailer cut. Right. And I mean, that's my high taste. Is is I'm just not quite. It didn't. It looked really exciting. I can't wait to see it, but I'm not right where you're at. Where it's like I got to go stock up on snack foods and have the day off work to be uh, off for this show. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. That's that's kind of where I'm sitting at. Because I always come into like for a trailer for something unless it's something I already know I'm gonna go see. Yeah, I, I come in at just like a, you know, middle road taste and go, okay, where is the trailer gonna get me excitement wise? And it got me more excited than it was initially, but not like where you are, Brian, where it's, alright, Friday, sitting down, this is gonna be my evening. This, for me, it's like, Coming off of The Martian, which I think I gave a taste it or a high taste it, this looked better than The Martian with Matt Damon. And I, I, I want that story with a family. And that's, and that's what got me excited about this. I, I feel like, and oh my gosh, just the budget on this thing is unreal. The action scenes look great and I can't wait to see it. So, um, we'll find out. We'll find out on April 13th when this drops and you better, you bet your ass I'm going to be, um, reviewing it that week. So. That's like the week after C2E2, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, do you guys want to talk about uh, the new film that came out uh, this weekend, A Wrinkle in Time? Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right. I believe we all saw this one. After the disappearance of her scientist father, three peculiar beings send Meg, her brother, and her friend to space in order to find him. It's directed by Ava DuVernay. Um, it stars... 
Oprah Winfrey, Mindy Kaling. This cast is unreal. Uh, Reese Witherspoon, Zach Galifianakis, Chris Pine, Storm Reid, Gugu Mbatha-Raw, Michael Pena, David Oyelowo, Rowan Blanchard, who played Riley Matthews, daughter of Corey Matthews from Boy Meets World and Girl Meets World. Yes, I had to throw her into the cast list. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, A Wrinkle in Time. I'm going to start off by rating this one. I'm going to give it – I had a hard time with this one. But I'm going to give it a oh – God. I'm going to give it a high taste it um, because I had to – when I watched this one, I had to rate it according to – like this is not a movie that's made for a 40-year-old man. Um this is not – and I think a lot of the critics that are watching it aren't watching it thinking about how it's going to affect kids at the right age to watching this. It's not made for me. But I think like for kids that are watching this, like preteens and teens, I think this has a great message. And I – I appreciate it for that, but I thought it had some fun adventure. The special effects were good. Um, I, um, the one reason that I wanted to knock it down a bit, I almost knocked it down to a taste it, but the, the Charles Wallace character, they can get rid of completely in my opinion. Um, I didn't really care for that whole story. I felt like even the boyfriend or whatever, they could have got rid of him, in my opinion. I, it could have been the girl for me. Just a girl trying to rescue her father would have been a lot better to me than some of the stuff that we got here. But I, I loved the message in this one. Like, basically, like, love yourself, be comfortable with who you are with your own skin. I think it's, it's just a kid's movie made for kids, for kids to relate to. It's not made for a 40 year old guy to watch and relate to it. Um, and I think this is one of those movies that 20 years down from the road, like kids that are watching it now might be talking about this in the future. Like, oh, you remember Wrinkle in Time? I, yeah, I like that movie a lot. But it's not it's not made for me. It's made for younger kids. And I think it sends them a good message that no matter who you are or what you look like, you're special and you're here for a reason. And um, that's why I'm going to give it a high taste it. So and I thought the story was fun at times there. They could have cut down on the on the time a little bit, but Jake, what did you think? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna echo a lot of the stuff you're saying. I think I'm right there with you. I'm gonna give it just a taste. It though. sure, um, and I'm with you too. I, I think if I'm nine years old, I'm probably eating this up like sugar. But as a 40 year old man, it's kind of I don't know. I guess not made for me. I agree. The message was really strong, and I really liked that a lot. Um, I. Charles Wallace was fine to me. I thought the uh, boyfriend character was really stand out bad next to the uh, lead actress kid. Yeah, I, he was a terrible actor. I, the, the little boy care. I think the character could have gone like just get rid of the character altogether. Like, let's just deal with the villain, the it instead of like Charles Wallace being like physical manifestation of it. Right? Yeah. I hear what you're saying. The yeah. boyfriend stuff really cracked me up, though, because his stuff really just got put on his shelf. It was like, he's got all these father issues going on, but it's like regarded to like one brief flashback and a line <laughs> of dialogue resolution at the end. It's right. just like, whoa, jeez. He was definitely like, the Cameron Fry to Ferris Bueller, right? <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> like, I felt bad for him. But yeah, I thought the special effects were comparable. I thought the costume and makeup design were amazing. Yeah. I love seeing, like, how is Oprah going to look in the next scene? Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I, I, there was a lot of ambition and really cool ideas yeah. that I wanted to see more of. I felt like 
everything as soon as something got really interesting we were on to the next thing yeah i thought like the stepford wives part was really interesting and i almost wanted the the boyfriend character was so useless i wanted to him, him to be entrapped by the stepford wife basically to see what was going to happen next you yeah. know that was one of the cooler scenes i thought yeah that we just kind of zooted by uh, and just some i don't know there was some goofy stuff going on here um one notable scene was the what's the lead character's name in real meg is it yeah meg thank yeah. you yeah um meg is yelling for him to trust trust her trust me trust me this is when the hurricane is coming to get him yeah and he, he goes he says he does and then she runs away without telling him what she's doing and hides in a tree and then he's stranded there about to die she's she's like what come on you idiot come with me it's like <laughs> i thought you just established you trusted each other now you just leave him to die and it was just there was some wonky stuff going on here. i didn't it, it see i didn't movie. see i didn't see that scene the same way that you're seeing it uh, she literally like they go back and forth with the trust thing and then sure. right after that she runs away by herself without even grabbing it. I think it was like, hey, I want you to watch me and follow what I'm doing. That's what I got out of the scene. I didn't Yeah, think- I think Brian got the right idea yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, that I don't know, that part seemed wonky to it's me. It's just how yeah, you in- yeah. it's how you interpreted it and that's I guess that's a problem <laughs> of the you know, the storytelling in the sh- in the movie, but that's the way yeah. I interpreted it was Watch what I'm doing and follow me. And so, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. It's a minor complaint. Like you said, this movie wasn't made for us. It's probably a movie I'll never watch again. Oh, yeah. But no. I'm, I'm glad I saw it. I enjoyed it enough. That's how I'm rating it. I'm rating it as far as, like, how a child would watch this. And, and I feel like Ava DuVernay <laughs> is very aware of – I feel like a lot of adults – when we get older, we forget how we felt as children. And I feel like she tapped into that in this film. And to the point where like, you know, it, it even, it even goes over like body issues with like the Rowan, uh, Rowan Blanchard character of her like beating herself up about like no carbs and, and no sugar and stuff like that. And like, I think it speaks to a large demographic of kids. And I, 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 I just think it's a good, it's a good message, and it's just not a movie made for a forty-year-old man, right? Yeah, so, I agree. I agree. It's better than like Tomorrowland, which is comparable, yes, I think, in some yes. ways. And I mean, the message of that was you're an asshole, right. you like post-apocalyptic fiction, and you're causing world destruction. So I definitely appreciated the message <laughs> I, here more than that. I, Jake, I think Ava DuVernay. And the Rotten Tomato score, she's getting beat up over it because she's getting rated by critics. If this was a rating from like, you know, preteens and teens, I think that that would be much higher, but I don't know. So I'm curious what the, I'm going to, I'm going to Google while uh, Daniel's going over his review, but I'm curious what like the cine score is for this movie. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. What'd you think, Daniel? Oh, man. I mean, okay, so let me echo a lot of what you guys are saying. Yeah, it's definitely not for us. And you you guys are a few years older than me, but it's definitely not even for someone in their early, mid-30s either. It's not made for us. And But I agree with you guys. I think the message is really good to be comfortable with who you are and to accept who you are. I think the ideas and the notions behind the movie are all really solid and really good, positive things for kids. That being said, and I understand that, you know, uh, Brian, you're rating it as, you know, if you were a nine-year-old, if you were your nine-year-old self, how would you rate the movie? But unfortunately, I got to look at it from where I am by myself. 
But I'll say, God, because I really struggled with this too. Because initially I was thinking about just tossing it, but I was like, no, that's really dismissive of things. So I've kind of been floating between a low taste and a taste it. But you know, hearing you guys talk about it, you you actually you convinced me to put it to a taste it. Because yeah, I think that the message is really important. But I really. I didn't have a lot of, I didn't really enjoy the movie very much because it was just so whimsical and, you know, sugary and just kind of, one of the biggest things I had is that from scene to scene throughout the entire movie, there's really no rules at all to like what's going on of just like, hey, now we're just teleporting between worlds and Reese Witherspoon is turning into a giant plant and flying and there's no rhyme or reason behind how any of this stuff is happening and I it, it, I really struggled with this one I see what you're saying there Daniel it's a very artsy kids movie yeah like in, in that in that aspect you know almost like an art film where they're they're really in a time travel movie it if you're a big fan of that kind of thing there, there are no like really hard line fast rules here as to how everything works it's not that kind of time travel movie yeah it's very much kind of like a bridge to terabithia but without you know the tragedy aspect to it it's very much of like if the whole a whole movie just in the terabithia world kind of occurrence where it's just it's just make believe and fantasy and whatever you want kind of just go with it kind of a thing and i that that and that is good for the message that you're going with for the movie to you know be comfortable with yourself and be who you are and self identity it's great for that but yeah as you know a 33 year old adult male i'm sitting here like i need something to latch on to here and i got i got nothing to hold on to for me that's that's just my that's how I felt about it. But you guys convinced me that the message for kids these days is extremely important for them to have, and so I'll bump it up to a taste. It yeah, Brian. Yeah. Which was your favorite of the misses? Oh wow, um, I would say that it's a tie between Oprah and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah. I I really liked all three of those characters. They were yeah. one of the most enjoyable part of the movie for me. Even um. Man, or is it Mindy? Mindy Kaling, yeah. Yeah, even her bit was fun with the outcast quotes and yeah. a lot of the stuff going I on with her. I felt like they cut out a lot of Zach Galifianakis. I felt like once they got this done, like they thought, he's not working in this movie. Like, And I love Zach Galifianakis, but his character just felt like a little out of place. And then they had like that weird flirtation between him and Reese Witherspoon that never went anywhere. Um, yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> I, I thought the only time he worked was he's such a warm and comforting like character that it worked with him and Meg, like the one scene yeah. when they were comforting each other, I yeah. thought was a working scene. Oh, I Michael did love Pena that. was yeah. pretty insane. Yeah. Michael <laughs> Pena in this one, the beach scene. I was like, and he's a, he's like a marionette puppet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know. There, there, there were a lot of ideas in this. Um, but I think, and, and some of them, and I don't know, a lot of different set pieces, a lot of, a lot of money was put into this, but I, I do feel like it's a, it's a step backwards, um, as far as, um, Disney doing more, like, original properties like this. Um, yeah. Because I, well, I, it's based off a book, though. 
Oh, I know, I know, I know. I, I'm just saying, what? I, yeah, it is based not off re, book. not rehashing the stuff they've already done, like all the live action Beauty and the Beast and so forth, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm saying like you know, like they did. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean was original, and and I know it was based on a ride, but it was it was one of those things where it worked, and so they continued to make sequels. Then they did Tomorrowland, and it bombed. And Tomorrowland bombed so much that they decided not to make Tron. Three, and I feel like this is another case of like um, it not it not doing well. I know it beat out Black Panther on Friday. I don't know if it'll beat yeah. it today, Ooh. but it's tooth and nail today. It's sure. a B in Cinema Score, by the way. And as I was googling that, I saw that you can't even call who's winning the Saturday race. Okay, yeah. As of uh, Wrinkle in Time and Black Panther, it's Disney versus Disney this weekend. Black Panther yeah. uh, crossed a billion dollars globally. Yeah, that's Good. amazing. Good. <laughs> they officially announced the sequel. <laughs> oh, As if we weren't going to get it otherwise. Come on. <laughs> and they, I think uh, Feige already said he knows what uh, the story is kind of going to be. So, um, I would imagine whether that would... means they're getting, they're talking to Kugler about coming back. Do you think Kugler is he coming back? I don't know. It's, it's interesting because he probably is the kind of – it's hard saying. He might have a bunch of other stuff on his plate that he wants to do. I think his stories but, are all about Oakland. You know what I mean? It feels like – and I'm not saying Creed was, but it, it, you know, Fruitvale Station and this. I don't, I don't know if he's going to come back and do a sequel. I don't know if he's a sequel guy. Yeah, so, I'm sure I, – I agree with you, Brian. I, I think he might have won and done it. And yeah. he may be back for like a little bit of consulting. But. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hope he comes back, but if he does and he moves on something else, you know, hey, let him let him do what he wants to do. You know, mm-hmm. let him do his thing, regardless of what that ends up being. You know what I want? I want a I want a Shuri movie, and I want the Shuri movie to be. Oh, I'm trying to think of like who would be a great director for it. Um, either Ava DuVernay, the director that we had for this film, or Greta Gerwig, who did Lady Bird. I would love a Shuri movie. I think that'd be great. I think we're going to see – we're talking about Marvel news now. I think we're going to see her <laughs> – I think we're going to get her in the next Spider-Man movie, in one of the Spider-Man movies. I oh, really that'd be do. fun. I'd, I'd really, love to just put her right in a American classroom. Well, they set, they, did, they set up the last film that Shuri is going to be a part of like the science of that uh, – um, that that uh, in Oakland where they set up those um, – those outreach centers she's going to be the head of like the the science and science and shit like that maybe by spider-man 3 she they're starting up a new office maybe in new york and she goes to school or she goes undercover in peter's school or something goes to school with him or something i don't know um that'd be fun i think it would be fun i'd love to see her and peter they're you know the around the same age characters kind (laughs) of hang out together in a movie but uh, we're not in marvel news so i'm gonna shut the fuck up Um, but actually because i i I just wanted to say because you know i hadn't been on for a while so i you know when i saw black panther definitely tupperware it and i would take an entire movie of just like no Black Panther. Let's just have a movie where it's just Wakanda, and we're just seeing Wakanda life. I'd love that. I'd take ninety minutes of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wakanda cribs. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I yeah. Wakanda. There was a lot going on in the city, and like I've seen the movie three times. I hope to go see it a fourth time. I want to see it again before it leaves theaters. 
but like yeah, like every time they go into like Wakanda and you know you get the scenes of like Okoye and Black Panther like walking around, I'm just like looking around at everything. Like what are those street merchants doing? Like uh Yeah, that's that's the only complaint I had about the movie yeah. is I could have used like a five, ten minute sequence sure. where we're not following any of the main characters. We're just like going through that like street bazaar and just watching people living yeah. their lives. I'm like, I just, I want more of that that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Yeah. I love seeing like, just like, it looks like regular people just like, not regular people, but like people like dressed in like the African garb. Um, and like they're, they've got like this crazy technology. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what? And then, um, and then, like, some people are wearing shoes, some aren't, just walking, you know, uh, shoeless. And it's like, that's that's crazy. That's just, like, that's just how it's done there. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it makes I'd it feel authentic. See, yeah, I just would love to see more of just, like, what it's like living there. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys think? I don't know. Oh, oh, sorry. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna save everything for Marvel news, guys. We've got great Marvel news this week. Entertainment Weekly had um, Infinity War news, and so I mean, we've got some great Marvel news this week. I, I cannot hey, wait guys. to get there. So. I got mine in the mail today. I got the uh, Thor Rocket group cover. I was happy because there's 15 covers. Oh yeah, there's 15 Ro- covers to get uh, Rocket and Groot. I was like, yes. There you go. <laughs> Do you guys? Uh, let's talk about. Um, Let's talk about yeah. Do you guys want to take a break or do you want to talk about? Are you guys good? Oh, I would I would love a quick break actually. You know, yeah, I know it's. <laughs> why do I really need to ask that question to Jake? And Jesus. you know this, man. God. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. back uh we are still in good pop bad pop i i wanted to talk about my thoughts really quick on um the jessica jones episodes episodes that i have seen uh, i've watched the first three episodes um and the reason being is i am doing if you want to hear my extended thoughts on uh jessica jones season two episode one you can uh download uh, the Jessica Jones podcast from Scenic Cast, and I did a did a whole episode with Steve and Kova and Jesse there talking about Jessica Jones season two episode one, and I will be talking about episodes two through four with them uh, this weekend again. But um, I am, uh, you know, a lot of the reviews coming out were saying it's a very slow burn with that lacks mis- um, lacks misdirection. I'm not far enough into the series to say that it lacks misdirection yet. It is slow, but it is keeping my attention. I'm going to give the first episode a high taste it. The second episode is a taste it. And then the third episode at the end, what an ending to that episode. (laughs) Once it makes me want to continue watching the series. So I'm going to give the third episode a high taste it. Uh, it's it's great being back in the world of Jessica Jones, and uh, you're introduced to 
pretty funny golden age character from Marvel Comics called the Wizard, and he's he's totally different from like the character back in the forties, which who I was not familiar with until like I actually had to like Google the character. But um I don't know. I'm I'm having fun with it so far. It's it's I was really worried about this. I don't know how it wraps up or if it declines like some of the other Marvel Netflix series, but so far I'm I'm engaged and I'm I'm happy to be back uh watching Jessica Jones again. So I'm I'm nice. overall I'm gonna give That's- it uh I'm gonna give it a it's at a it's at a high taste it for me right now between the three episodes. So that's that's exciting to hear you say, Brian, because Jessica Jones was my favorite of the original Netflix yeah. series, and all the kind of bad press and bad word of mouth has kind of kind of scared me a bit from no, this. No, you got, you got to just watch it and and decide for yourself. I, you know, it's one of those things like uh, Wrinkle in Time was getting bad reviews, and I wanted to see what it was about for myself. I, I'll never watch it again, but I, I, I was able to see it for what it was, and and I, I, and you know, I can I can gauge it and say, oh man, that's a good movie. It's a good positive message for kids. It's a good feel good feel good adventure. And okay, one more same one thing. more question for you, yes. then, Brian. Uh huh. Here's here's another thing. Should I be intimidated by not having watched all the other Marvel Netflix series? Yeah. Jessica Jones was my favorite. Yeah. I haven't watched the last three. Yeah. Am I going to be in over my head? No, not at all. Not at all. I don't, have to, I don't have to watch 30 episodes of something I don't uh, want to to watch one episode of something I do. Uh-uh. No, <laughs> I mean, like, this is, like, it feels, it, when I started this, it didn't even feel like it picked up after Defenders. Like, okay. there's really... It's basically it gives it's Jessica Jones and the and the other characters that surrounded her in that first season and you know Jerry Hogarth is back Malcolm's back Trisha's back you know uh, I don't want to spoil anything but like there are characters in this that you'll be familiar with you don't have to have watched the I I didn't finish the Punisher series I plan on finishing it I, I went through five episodes of the Punisher series it was it was punishing for me watching it. And so I dropped off of it. Guys, I'm sorry. I apologize. I know a ton of you love the testosterone-driven Punisher <laughs> series with John Bernthal. And it he screams manliness. I, I totally get it, you know? He probably smells like Old Spice mahogany and concrete. I He's he's just manly, and uh, I, it's just not my all, thing. All that teasing, and you're not going to do the impersonation? Oh, I'm not going to do no, no. it. No, I got to be in the mood for it. Hell yeah, man! No, it's it's. Um, I, but I don't. I don't feel like you have to watch those other series. You don't have to watch the Iron Fist. You don't have to uh, f- finish the Defenders. It, it really. I don't have to finish the Luke Cage. No, no, you don't. You don't. I mean. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. I'm going I'm to watch the first episode of this before I go to bed tonight. Please, then. please do. Yeah, it's, I'll, it's, I'll check it out sometime yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, because I I didn't fin- I watched five episodes of Defenders. I watched none of Iron Fist. I haven't watched any Punisher, but I did like Jessica Jones a lot. So yeah, I'll check it out probably tomorrow. I'm now, guys. I'm not saying I don't know how it's going to finish, but I think that it it's 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 not reinventing the wheel yet. Like a lot of it feels like you know like. Um, Jessica's there, there's some of the stuff at the beginning. I, I wasn't a big fan of it. Jessica's real, like she's dealing with the fact that she killed Kilgrave 
in the first season snapped his neck and so like now people view her as a killer and you know now she's trying to deal with the fact that uh is she just a killer after she killed one person and i i that story's not working for me but i am intrigued by the mystery of like what happened to her at igh how did she get her powers um we find out in her medical file that 20 days were missing from her medical file what happened in those 20 days um so there's a lot of questions that are being asked in this series and um hopefully we'll get some answers for Jessica uh in this season but um I it, it's nothing to keep me from not watching it at this point this is not um defenders bad this is not this is not a bad season for me so far it's definitely something the only reason I haven't watched any more episodes is because of the next thing I'm going to talk about here real quick is Sneaky Pete season two has come out and that that is binge worthy that is binge worthy television guys oh my fucking god just uh, uh, Sneaky Pete season two Daniel did you did you watch Sneaky Pete season one on Amazon no guys you you're missing out it, this is this is one of the best shows on TV and uh the first season is Giovanni Ribisi and Brian Cranston and this show is actually co-created by Brian Cranston um it's about a con man on the run from a vicious gangster takes cover by assuming the identity of his pris- prison cellmate Pete reuniting his estranged family that threatens to drag him into a world just as dangerous as the one he's escaping. Um, he's then, he then gets involved in their bail bond business and it's, it's, that's basically season one and season two picks up where season one left off and it just, it just comes out of the gate. Just, it's amazing. This is a Tupperware. I am, I am five episodes in and I'd say there's at least three episodes out of those five, like where it ends. You're just like, okay, gotta watch the next one. Gotta watch the next one. You gotta, you gotta get those answers, man. I'm halfway through the season and this is tremendous. Sneaky Pete season two is a fucking Tupperware. Giovanni Rabisi is so good at this. Like what's great about the show guys is like, it's, he's a con man and he's constantly conning people and the people that he meets and the people he befriends, the, he's teaching them how to con. And so it's just, and more lies. It's like this, it's like a bucket of lies and he keeps, they keep pouring more lies into this bucket. It's eventually going to spill over. And that's where we're getting. It's like, when is it all going to fucking come out? And when is he going to be exposed? It's, it's such a good show. There's more lies. There's more scams. This, this show, it's one of the best things on TV right now. I love Sneaky Pete. So Sneaky Pete season two has been keeping me from like really jumping into more episodes of Jessica Jones. Because uh, it's that damn good. So well, that's yeah. Michelle has been asking that this be the next show that we watch together. She's really been interested in this, so mm-hmm. I might might have to agree to that on your recommendation. My mom just started it a couple of days ago. She's like, "Have you watched uh, Sneaky Pete?" And I said, "Oh yeah, season one is great, mom." I said, "Season two is great too." So my mom's like three episodes into it, and she's really really enjoying it. Because my 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 mom and dad they watched Breaking Bad before I did, and they loved Breaking Bad. So they're big Brian Cranston fans anyway. And uh, he's a co-creator on this. And he's still like um, – he's still involved in the second season, which is great. But um, highly, highly recommend uh, this show. Um, Jake, what do you got for us this week? Oh, other than Wrinkle of Time, I, I have not seen nothing. I got nothing. That's fine. Uh, Daniel, what do you got, man? 
Uh, I got a few things. Uh, I teased earlier, uh, I'm watching Altered Carbon. I just started up a couple days ago. Uh, I'm through the first seven episodes. I haven't finished it yet, but uh, I'll Tupperware it right out of the gate. There you go. Uh, There you go. It's really interesting uh, because one of my best friends, she watched it after you guys already talked about it. She watched it. She's like, no, yeah, this is right up our wheelhouse because we have very similar sci-fi interests and everything. And just right off the bat, aesthetically, I'm just like, wow, this is – God, what the, how did I think? How did I explain? I'm like, it's Blade, yeah. aesthetically, it's Blade Runner uh-huh. meets, I can't remember what else that I, mad, I pair it with, but I love the way it looks and it feels, it's constantly, it's vibrant, it's alive. I love a lot of these concepts from the, you know, the stacks and the sleeving to, you know, like the double sleeving, uh, the envoy stuff I think is really interesting. Yeah. And like the, the meth, uh, you know, the upper point zero zero one percent of the universe and it's just really fascinating stuff. Yeah, this um, is, I, you're making me want to fucking stop the episode right now and watch it again. Like binge the whole season. I, I yeah. love the terminology and like the world they've set up with, yeah, the sleeves. I love it. Everything is just, it's so I'll well. Tell you. Oh, Poe is an amazing character. Right? Poe po is great, man. Poe's fucking everybody, awesome. Everybody needs a Poe in their life. Absolutely. I'll tell you that much. But it's it's just a lot of fun. It's really cool. The only thing, what's the the main actors? Joel uh, Kinnaman. Uh, Joel Kinnaman. Thank yes. you. The only thing that I, the only problem I have with the show at all is that. I have to turn on the subtitles half the time when he's talking just because his voice mumbles a bit, so I sometimes can't understand what he's saying. Turn the bass down on your TV. Yeah, that might be a good <laughs> idea. Actually, my bass is, tends to be pretty high on my surround sound. But yep, that'll yeah, help. Really, really loving the, the series. The At the end of episode six, leading into episode seven, I loved that uh, angle change because yeah. without saying what it is, I don't... Do we? I'm. I don't know if I'd miss it or not. But previously, did we know what her relation to uh, Joel Kinnaman's character was previously before then? I don't think so, man. Like, yeah, because I was like, because we'd seen her, but I'm like, did I miss that? I, but I didn't think I did. Right, so. Yeah. That was really fascinating. The only reason I haven't finished it is because I started it two days ago and I haven't had time to watch all of it. Yeah, yeah. But Wait I until it's it's three episodes. It's this a morning before seeing Wrinkle in Time. It's a very satisfying series and it's a satisfying ending. And like I, I'm telling you, like each episode got better for me. I think seven and eight, uh, seven like the end of seven was a game changer, and eight was a real game changer. Man, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love. Um, the last I'm few looking episodes. forward to it because it's it looks really good yeah. and it everything about it is a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Alter Carbon. It's it's one of those. God dang it! It's it's one of those shows where it's like it's it's almost too good for them to drop it all at once on Netflix. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's one of those things. So it's like you sh- you feel like you should be waiting week to week to watch it. But like Netflix is just like, "Nope, we got to know. We got a whole other series coming out next week you got to watch." So here you go. Yeah. Here's here's every episode yeah. of Alter Carbon. I remember because of the whole the slaving thing. Do you remember at it was like back in 2009 the Bruce Willis movie Surrogates? Oh, it yeah, based off the comic, right? Yeah, where they like they, it's basically like a second life where everybody 
doesn't everybody goes out in like a faux body that yeah, they're not actually I remember that. Yeah. different. So I, I I was saying it's that mixed with Blade Runner, which is okay. really cool because I like surrogates. The, the movie is necessarily great, but the concept was a lot of was really cool. Right. So yeah, Tupperware Altered Carbon, seven episodes in. Yeah, you got to finish it, man, and then like report no, back when you come back. That's that's tomorrow morning. Awesome, awesome. What else you got, man? Uh, real quick, uh, I have one video game thing, so I'll try to get through it quickly for your sake, Brian. Uh, uh, I'll take. Back- I'm going to take a break here, gentlemen. Yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> Uh, back, uh, near the end of January, uh, the new game from Arc Systems, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, uh, came out. It's a 2D fighter game, kind of old Marvel vs. Capcom style, uh, within the, uh, Dragon Ball Z franchise. Uh, it was a lot of anticipation behind it. I pre-ordered it and got it, you know, downloaded it, uh, the day it came out and played it for a while and everything and I've played it a bunch since. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm a big fan of like the older 2D fast paced fighting game style games. Uh, so I'll high taste it. There's a couple mechanical issues I have with it, which to try to spare the brief details, changing out between, cause you get a team of three people, changing out between them in the middle of a fight is really difficult and sometimes leaves yourself too open to get fucked up, which is kind of annoying. And, Along that same line, the other problem I have is that the ratio of how long someone can keep you in a combo and just keep hitting you over and over again, and the amount of damage that will do on you, I think needs to be scaled back a bit, because, you know, if you miss one block, you screw one thing up, or as fast pace of a game type it is, you make one mistake, and that's three-fourths of a character's health just gone in ten seconds last year in the same combo, so I think that needs some work on it. Daniel, your audio sounds like shit. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, it was like you were, I didn't know if that was just me or not. It was like you were muffled and far away. Yeah, we're going to pause and um going to fix this. Does it sound better? Huh? Is this any better? Let's pause. All right, yeah, we're back. Uh, you don't sound so shitty anymore, so yeah, we can continue. <laughs> well, I sound shitty anyway, just the audio quality isn't shitty. Yeah, maybe you spared our listeners from listening to your fucking bullshit. So Probably. Probably. And definitely you. Yeah, so. I know. It's like I didn't like I I couldn't if I didn't know if you were trailing off in my mind because I was making you or if that was actual audio. Um so but uh, I think it was a combo of both, but um Probably. anyway. What else? Did you have anything else to say about that thing? No, no. no. <laughs> you are riveted to every word I was saying, clearly. If that, if that thing wasn't 60 bucks, I would be interested in playing it. I kind of like the ADD nature of those games, and I'm a big fan of a lot of the uh, Capcom obscure franchises that get thrown in. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it's fun, but there are a couple mechanical issues. And just because uh, a lot of my friends are big, like, Capcom, Street Fighter, tournament-playing uh, guys competitively. So I, I just pick up on that stuff vicariously through them over time. But, no, that's that's all I got on that game. I got a couple other things, but 
If there's anything else you got, Brian. Yeah, I got a couple more things, I think. Uh, real quick, I wanted to talk about, um, I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I've talked about it in the past, but Atlanta season two, um, or the, they're calling it Robin season, um, is out now on FX. I've seen the first episode. The second episode has aired. I haven't watched it yet. It's on my DVR. I'm going to get around to it. It's great. It, I loved the first season. A lot of, um, I don't know. A lot of things in the first season I've never seen done in television before, and it worked. Um, and then here we are again in Atlanta season two. First episode, you've got a cat. You got Cat Williams in it. And he's like on. He's like unrecognizable at first. I didn't even realize it was him. Um, wow. At the beginning of this, at the episode, uh, they're calling it Robin season because at the beginning of the episode. You know, they, they, they show a robbery being, going down at a fast food place, which kind of like sets the tone for a season where people rob each other. And I, I know, like, here in Illinois, um, it's like right before Christmas. It's like Robin season. Like, people are stealing from each other and, and, um, you know, it's, and, um, I know, like, I, I worked at a bank before and I, I know, like, right before Christmas is like when a lot of, uh, um, financial scams uh, tend to happen. People are wanting to pay for their own Christmases, so they steal from other people. Tis the season, right? Um, but in uh, and there, oh, Darius is hilarious in the season. That rhymed. Darius is hilarious. Uh, hilarious Darius. Hilarious Darius. He's I, <laughs> he thinks the Florida man stories are all based on one guy. And so I thought that that was hilarious. Like when, it, like there's a like a headline that says, you know, Florida man eats another man's face. Florida man does this. Florida man does that. He thinks it's one guy, and I thought that that was kind of funny. Um, the that's, whole, pretty, that's pretty hilarious. It I is, like that. Yeah, Darius is hilarious. But Cat Williams in this first episode with the alligator, that shit was great. But it's just great. I love Donald Glover. This is, you know, him and his brother do this show together, Stephen Glover. They write it and everything. Very creative. I love it. There's nothing like it on TV. It's a great half-hour sitcom. I highly recommend it. If you haven't started it, season one, I think it's like eight to ten episodes. It's a really quick watch, guys. Uh, you can burn through it in less than a day. Um, I also wanted to talk about uh, a movie that I saw in the theater Um it's uh, it's an animated movie. It's called Have a Nice Day. I went to the art theater on Tuesday night to see this uh, Chinese animated film that uh, people have been saying is like – been saying like if Quentin Tarantino did an animation film, this is what it would be. So like it – that piqued my curiosity. I had to see it. Uh, the synopsis, a city in South China and a bag containing a million yawn draw – Several people from diverse backgrounds with different personal motives into a bloody conflict. Um, I found out a mil, what is it? A million yuan is like $150,000 American. So, uh, this Still is a, a good chunk of change. Yeah, it's quite a bit of money. Uh, written and directed by Jean Liu. In fact, almost all the animation from the film is, is from Jean Liu himself and it, Took him, I'm reading it takes, it took him nearly anywhere between four to five years to make this movie. So I haven't gotten 100% confirmation, but he spent a lot of time on this one. And it's basically, 
a kind of it's like a follow the money type of story where one one million starts you know starts off being stolen from one character while mm. other other characters try to steal it from him and then and then you got a mob boss who gets involved he's trying to get it back from all of them and it's a pretty simple story you know you've got the main character Zhang he wants the money this is funny he wants the money to fix his girlfriend's bad plastic surgery job she's de- <laughs> i mean she's depressed she won't leave the house she's constantly nagging him about it and so he stole the money to make her happy so that they can plan a trip out of the country to see a plastic surgeon to get her botched <laughs> plastic surgery fixed um all the characters in this are kind of like past their primes they've seen better days uh the mob boss used to be a bigger deal back in the day the hitman that is tasked with retrieving the money from Zhang now works as a butcher full time, so he, like he's slowed down. Um, there's 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 another character. He's an inventor slash hitman who wants the money for like a startup, and like he uh, he's an inventor and he made like X ray glasses so he can see through different d- things with these glasses, and that's it's a part of the story. Not a huge part of the story, but it's a part of the story. Basically, like the setting, <laughs> the setting is really bleak for all these characters, and you, none of them have like a great future. So everybody wants this money to give themselves a better life. Some people are thinking about like moving to that special place or that startup, that startup business, or like this is going to make my girlfriend happy. It's going to fix her fucked up, you know, plastic surgery. Um, but. The more, the more they want the money, the more bad things happen to them. I, I'm going to, I had a bad experience watching this because the fucking asshole behind me kept fucking tapping the seat. So, um, I, without him tapping my fucking seat, I probably would have enjoyed this a lot more. But, um, I'm gonna give this, the more I thought about this movie, the more it grew on me. It was initially a taste it, and the more I thought about it, it's a high taste it. I, I wanna see this again. I actually wanna own this one again. Um, it, I think it comes together at the very end. It has a very satisfying ending, and it's, it's a short movie. It's an hour and 17 minutes. Um, but it does have its problems. There's times where, like, it's, there's nothing happening sometimes, and I, I don't know what's going on or what, the director's trying to show me there's literally three to four minutes of music in this one scene where you're looking at live action waves of an ocean ripple. It's, I don't know what the fuck is happening here. I don't know what's going on. Like, (laughs) like I didn't understand. I don't know if it's meant to represent like one character dreaming or it's just the director's, way to force us to listen to his like friend's shitty music that he wanted to put in the movie i it it, it was like it was like being forced to like go to an open mic night within the film it was weird but um <laughs> it's just it's just that one part of the movie and that one song the, the rest of the music in in the film is actually pretty good but like I said, the, the satisfying ending in this one makes it a high taste for me. Everything climaxes. It ends in a very, very cool way. And I'm, I will watch a, a, a Jian Ling, uh, Jian Lu future film if, if he comes out with anything else. Uh, um, the voice acting, a lot to be, I don't know. There's a lot, you know, you could do a lot better. It, I found out the voice cast was made up of non-professional friends from the director. And, um, basically most of them were just like artists that were on the project and, 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 or worked in animation and visual effects. 
and just read off the dialogue. Um, so it was it was subtitled, not dubbed. Right? It was subtitled, absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. They're all speaking in Chinese, and um, you know, it, I uh, th- definitely not voice actors. Like when you listen to it, it the, the movie is politically kind of like uh, it is politically charged. So uh, there is that. If you if you want to stay away from that, then you can. But um, I the more I thought about it, the more I, I really enjoyed this one, and I really expected like I really respected the some of the creative decisions of the director, and I feel like he did do something different, like that, and and that, and that he has more stories to tell. Um, so I'll give it a high tasted. It, it wasn't quite a Tarantino film, but it was <laughs> it was entertaining enough. For me to, to to want to sit down and watch it again, so yeah, yeah, Brian, you actually sent me the link for the trailer and I watched it and it looked really cool. It had so much; it looked like it had going on for it. I was really surprised in your review when you said it was only an hour and seventeen minutes. Yeah, it was an hour and seventeen minutes. Um, I don't, I, I want to watch it again though. I want to watch it again. Um, <laughs> it's super. It's it's a super cool movie, but there are times where it is very slow. So like. You're, if it didn't have the satisfying ending that it had, I would have tossed this movie. But it, the ending was, it was like, it, everything kind of came together. And, and I think there is kind of like that, there is that, that, that lost in translation kind of like. Yeah. Yeah, I had you're a, not you're not fully into yeah. the uh, underground crime world over there. Yeah, in, in the lingo. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but it so. but it made it, it it made me more interested in the underground <laughs> underground crime world over there. So like, I want to yeah. watch it again. Like, you know, I, I I yeah, I highly recommend it. if you have the opportunity to watch Have a Nice Day if you, if it's available on video on demand um, and you can watch it. I think it premiered. In January of this year, and we just got it in the in the theater. I got to catch it on the last night um, in the theater, so I'm glad I got to. But um, Jake, I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to ask your feelings on. Um, I wanted you to be able to talk about uh, the Christopher Robin trailer and also the Mary Poppins Returns teaser trailer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I forget what day of the week that came out. I, it I didn't really matter, I guess. But it was earlier this week. We got the uh, first teaser trailer for the uh, Christopher Robin movie. I forget the name of the director, but it's the same guy that did uh, Finding Neverland is doing the Christopher Robin movie. And it kind of has that feel, if you know what I'm talking about. I, I, yeah, I never I watched I never about. watched Finding Neverland. So um, yeah, I didn't know what to expect from this trailer. It was kind of off my radar, this movie even coming out. And I just saw the link and watched it. And then I was pretty blown away by this trailer. I- I'm going to give it a uh, Tupperware. I was, when I saw Pooh, I was like weeping like a man child. And I was not emotionally prepared <laughs> for that. I, yeah. I, I got to reflect your feelings there. Because I didn't know either of these movies even existed. But they both showed before Wrinkle in Time earlier today for me. And, yeah, the Christopher Robin one I'm watching, I'm like, okay, it's Ewan McGregor. You know, what What do we got going on? And he's sitting there, what to do, what to do, what to do on the park bench. And then I hear who says the same thing, and I immediately, like, I I almost broke instantly. I'm like, no. No. Yeah, I mean, it's Jim Cummins does a, such a great job in, with the voice, and I, it's just, oh, I'm such a Disney, Disney fanboy. And to see, like, one of my favorite, like, 
childhood characters done in this like nostalgic almost hook like way it seemed like the story is going to be uh, has yeah. me really excited i mean i think this movie is going to be incredibly sappy and saccharine and very self-serving but i'm still going to eat it up like candy and love it i think yeah, I think I think this is going to be like what we were saying in Wrinkle of Time. Because we grew up with Winnie the Pooh and everything, I think it's going to be like the saccharine movie for people our age. Yeah, I'm super excited. I um, instantly went on to IMDb to learn more about this movie because my, you know, my first question is, am I going to get to see all the other characters? And we are. They're all going to, as many of the original voices that can do them are going to do them. Oh, good. And, I so- mean, Peter Cullen will be voicing Eeyore. Cool. Yeah, and Eeyore is my favorite, so nice. I can't wait to see that. Um, and I, I love all the supporting characters in this. I, I can't wait to see more trailers, and I can't wait to see this. I didn't even know. You guys are giving most- more love to a fucking stuffed animal that my dog would hump on my floor than you. Then he gave the Lost in Space. This is blowing my dick off. I don't even know what the <laughs> fuck is going I mean, on it's right a- now. It, it shouldn't blow your dick off. I mean, like you said, you watched Lost in Space a lot as a child, so you have that nostalgia fever for it. I mean, I went and saw the Winnie the Pooh Disney movie in the theater with my mom and everything, and I, I have that nostalgia Damn. for it. So it's it's just one and the same. It's just we saw a different thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait for this thing. I'm super excited. It's one of my most anticipated movies of 2018 now. Wow. Yeah, like I said, I had no idea this was even a thing. Either the either this or the Mary Poppins Returns thing. I had no idea these existed. And yeah, I'm sitting down, you know, at like twelve thirty this afternoon, waiting for a wrinkling time to start, and these come up back to back. And Mary Poppins one, I'm like, oh, Emily Blunt, okay. And then this one came up. I'm like, oh, now I need to see this immediately. I know, you know, Atlanta is, you know, they have their Robin season. Jake has his Christopher Robin season. (laughs) Me and Jake both have it. It's, yeah, I I don't know, man. It's, I don't know. Not my thing, guys. I don't know. So Yeah, I hear you. Uh, And then the Mary Poppins thing. um, I mean, the original Mary Poppins is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm and I'm excited to see this new one, but I'm very scared. I, I really don't have much hope that it's going to be great. Um, I mean, I'm crossing my fingers that it will be, but I don't know. It's hard to imagine they're going to have to do songs that are as good or better than the original to match it. I'm not the biggest uh, Lin-Manuel fan to begin with, and I'm a huge Dick Van Dyke fan. So it's like yeah. swapping those two isn't doing it any favors in my mind. So I'm going to be there opening night for this, and I'm excited. It's like a Christmas thing, but I'm pretty nervous as to whether or not this is going to be a comparable sequel. Yeah, it's another, so which, another one I don't care. Another one I don't care about. So, yeah, yeah, that one I don't really have any feelings for. I mean, I've seen Mary Poppins as a kid, but I haven't revisited it in probably twenty plus years. But did you guys see like yeah. the, the the I think it, there's memes made of the Christopher Robin one where instead of Pooh popping up, it was uh, Ted the the Seth MacFarlane movie. That's what oh, I thought. That's I, hilarious. I that had to be a thing. It had to because, yeah, it's a live action. I, I thought very much I'm like, oh, so they're going the Ted route, but this also – it's still winning the Now that on. I would watch. Now that I would watch. I would watch. I saw – I saw a meme where Pooh was addressing him as General Kenobi, and I thought that was pretty funny, too. <laughs> Jeez. All right. So. That was great. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I wanted to give you 
a chance yeah. to talk and, about those. If things. I rate those, though, I Tupperware the Pooh trailer and I uh, low taste the Mary Poppins. I mean, Emily Blunt has the look, but there was just so little in that teaser. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm right there with you. I can't even rate them. Like, that's like, it's like, I'm just toss them. <laughs> toss them no, both. I can't. Raise them. I'm not going to toss them. I mean, that's just. It won't hurt my feelings. You didn't no. like them. Toss them. No, it's just that. It's not for me. It's just not for me. I can't, I can't see myself being like, all right, guys. Oh, shit. Poo's out. I got to go see Christopher Robin today. Like what are you like? What what are you doing today? I'm going to see Christopher Robin. I'm gonna. Oh man! No, I, I can't wait for that movie. No, yeah, no. I I I couldn't even look the ticket employee at the at the theater in the face and say one. <laughs> you for, need to get over that issue, then, Brian. One for Christopher Robin, please. <laughs> like I would like like I, it's it would be easier for me to buy all the feminine products in the world. It would be easier for me to walk into Victoria's Secret and try on lingerie than to order a Christopher Robin ticket at the at the at the theater. Dude, there's nothing more fucking manly than Tigger, so you need to back the fuck up. No, I <laughs> not doing it. Piglet, man. I'm like, I used to work with a guy that sounded like Piglet naturally. Like <laughs> That was his voice, and I was just like, "Oh God, how did you ever have sex with a woman? Like, how did that ever happen? Like, what woman wants to hear Piglet ejaculate? Like, what woman wants to hear Piglet climax in bed with her? That's terrible." <laughs> uh, I wonder if he had one of those curly cute dicks. You know, you know what I'm talking about. That would about? be weird. Yeah. Anyway. Let's see here. I watched, uh, this is my final thing I'm going to talk about. Thank God. I, I watched The Oath on Crackle, the first episode. It's the new Crackle series, uh, with Ryan Quanton and Sean Bean. Crackle is a free streaming service, so you don't have to pay for this one if you want to watch it. I think it's owned by Sony. Um, the Oath explores a world of gangs made up of those sworn to protect and shed light on corrupt and secret societies that are nearly impossible to join. Only a select few make the cut, but once inside, members will do what they must to protect one another from enemies on the outside and from within their own ranks. So basically, it's gangs that are made up of police officers. And um, the show was created and written by Joe Halpin, uh, who is also set to serve as the series showrunner and executive produced with uh, 50 Cent. Yeah, Curtis, 50 Cent Jackson is an ex- executive producer on this. Um, so basically... Cops make up these gangs, and it, it starts off interesting with the, this bank robbery where these cops are dressed as thieves, and they and they steal a bunch of uh, cash, and then they get out of the bank. A cop is holding a gun at them, and then these cops that are dressed as thieves get into her cop car. They change clothes into their officer clothing, get out of the car, and then they wait for the rest of the cops to show up, and then they just blend in. Um it did some interesting things and it's actually inspired by like a guy who is actually involved in this kind of like criminal activity. The acting is not good in this though. It's just not good acting. You know, I, I think like you can definitely tell when you have like a guy who like Sean Bean, who I think is a great actor, but he's bouncing lines off like a guy that they picked up, you know, 
walking around to Nordstrom's one day or something. You know, it's like, hey, you want to be in a fucking show? And he's like, I'm just buying some gloves for my wife. And they're like, hey, you have the look. Let's have you on set. Like, there, it's just crazy the contrast between, like, some of the actors in this series. Like, it, it's just bizarre. Like, you've, had, you've got Sean Bean, who I think's great, and then just, like, just some terrible talent in this otherwise i like ryan quanton but he's not a fantastic actor i liked him in true blood enough he's not playing like a dim-witted character like he did in true blood um he's he's a little bit more believable but it's just the acting in this one that really is not having me come back and watch it and there's just so much other good shit going on on television right now with like sneaky pete and i want to see jessica jones so I'm going to give this one a taste it and I'll probably never revisit it. So take that for what you will. Like if it sounds like something that you would like to watch, definitely give it a chance, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump back into it. it. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And it's not enough to keep me watching. So, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a interesting concept that's hamstrung by it being developed and released by crackle and them <laughs> probably not having a lot of, you know, money and probably they blew most of that budget on Sean Bean. I love yeah. what Crackle has done with Supermansion though. Like you've got Supermansion which I think is like one of the funniest animated comedies that are out there. You know, uh, it's uh, it's Claymation, it's Brian Cranston in the cast. Um, you know, Zeb Wells. I love Supermansion. But that's really all Crackle has for me. Like I'm not going to Crackle to to, to do anything else other than watch Supermansion. So that's the only way I saw the ads for this. So, yeah. Just yeah. wanted to throw it out there for people. If you did want to give it a chance, watch the first episode. This might be something for you. You might enjoy this. I, it just was not enough to keep me invested in in watching it. So, Send all those people back to the crackle school of acting. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, that's the thing. You're absolutely right, Hepner. It's like they... It's like they spent the whole budget on fucking like Ryan Quanton and Sean Bean. That there was and nothing just went to like a player theater. Yeah, it, yep. uh, the local community theater group. Really? It, oh god, there's one scene. It takes place in like the yard where like they Sean Bean. They he's he's an inmate and they get him a phone and the guard that hands him the phone so he can talk to the you know you know gang members on the outside. He, th- this actor is terrible, just terrible, and it's like it takes you out of that scene. It really does because you know that like this guy is just a terrible actor that they got in here, and it's bad because like Sean Bean is like he's a good actor and he's like really like uh, he you can tell he's not just like um uh you know read, <laughs> phoning it in phoning it in reading lines and like you've got this other guy who's like. He's trying, but he's just terrible. He's very self-aware that he's acting, right? It just so is it. Is it that this guy is like really stiff as a board, or that he's like trying to really go for it way too hard? It's when you can tell he's reading lines. You know what yeah. I mean? It just sounds like someone reading lines. Yeah, really stiff. Right. That's unfortunate. It's like like <laughs> if you've ever watched The Room. Yeah. It, that's what it feels like. It feels like every character in this is Tommy Wiseau or Jeremy Sestero from The Room. Like, it, that's what it is. It's <laughs> Except for Sean Bean and Ryan Quanton. But everybody else is just kind of like reading lines. So Those guys are like serving like community service for something, being on this crackle yeah, show. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, let's jump into news. 
Well, I got uh, what the one fuck? I got oh fucking Hotner. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What do you got? <laughs> Sorry, um, Capcom Eight. No, no, it's actually a Netflix thing. Uh, so near the end of January, they came out, uh, the first of a three part of, uh, anime Godzilla, uh, miniseries. Yeah. I watched like 10 minutes of this and turned it off. Yeah. I would imagine you would have, uh, it's, it's not going to be something for you. This is definitely one of those. It's really only going to appeal to hardcore Godzilla guys and probably not even anime people either. Um, I'll give it a taste just as a Godzilla fan. I don't think it's bad, but it suffers the issue of, you know, it's, it's nine, about 90 minutes long. The series was originally supposed to be like a, you know, nine episode mini series televised show, but then they kind of, uh, packaged it into three 90 minute things for Netflix to release. Um, so the, it's really the first act of a trilogy and it really feels that way, but not in a like Lord of the Rings way where there's still stuff going on. It's a lot of setup and not a lot necessarily going on. And then there's like the last 20 minutes or so are pretty entertaining, but there's a lot of stiff acting and over you know, dramatic stuff that's pretty typical and a lot of self series anime. Uh, but I mean, I like anime enough. Does uh, oh. does Godzilla get shot in both arms at the end of it? <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah, right. He gets shot a lot, so probably he gets shot in the arms a couple times. All right. Uh, but I mean, I taste it, but you know, it's for Godzilla fans pretty much only at this point. What was uh, it called? What was it called? What was the title of this one? Uh, Godzilla Planet of Monsters or Godzilla Monster Planet? It, when does it take it, place? It's like future, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's supposed to be like there's a five to ten minute prologue, which I'm sure is about all you watch at yeah. the beginning of the movie. That's like not too far future, about you know maybe fifteen years from now, where the world you know just giant monsters start showing up out of nowhere and start attacking the world. Eventually, Godzilla shows up and like he's the one that they can't beat as usual, and it gets so bad to the point where humans with the help of some aliens who have shown up, leave Earth and, you know, egress from Earth in a mass, you know, exodus. Yeah. And 20 years later, they're still searching the stars for new places to to colonize. They can't find any, so they decide, at least one group decides to go back to Earth. But due to, you know, traveling, when you travel close to the speed of light, time dilation, everything. Oh, God. You're, you're, people, you're just reminding me of why I stopped watching it, Hopner. Like, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know, interstellar ideas and everything of like, you know, it's been 20 years for the people, yeah. but Earth, it's I been. I feel like I've been listening to you yammer on about this for 20 years. <laughs> I like how it's like by contract, he has to taste it too. He's like, well, it's Godzilla, so I have to taste it. I think that was no, your exact I'll, quote. I'll toss, I'll toss some Godzilla stuff. I toss some Godzilla stuff out there, but I'm, I'm tasting it because I'm willing to see where parts two and three get to and then review and then give a final judgment on the thing as a whole. I stopped watching it because it's like I recently turned 40 and I got 10 minutes into this and I, I thought to myself, like, I don't want to get to the end of my life and remember the two hours that I wasted watching this piece of shit. Yeah. 
No, I get that. I get that. <laughs> wow. You were coming to terms with your mortality when it came to whether or not you were going to watch this show. That's Dude, crazy. Yeah, I was I, I was literally like in a hospital bed with the fucking sal- with a saline drip and like they were like monitoring my heartbeat, all that shit, Jake. Like and I was Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Shoot me in both arms and let's call it a fucking day. Anyway, um let's get <laughs> I did mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Dan, you got anything else, man? No, that's it. Sorry to delay that a little no, bit. You're fine. All right, guys, let's move into news. These fucking bumpers, bumpers. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I knew what was going on. Right? I want to hear this. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Can we take a break so I can hear this? <laughs> All right. News. Uh, Norm MacDonald is getting his own talk show on Netflix. Uh, Norm MacDonald ha- is going to be called Norm MacDonald Has a Show. So after uh, the old MacDonald has a farm, Norm MacDonald has a show. <laughs> Is the title uh, ten episodes, and we will see him interviewing one guest per episode. It's basically a spinoff of his YouTube interview show, which I have yet to see. I have not seen it, but he's interviewed such people as like Sarah Silverman and and Sarah Silverman, and I don't know, I don't know, a bunch of people. Um, but um, are you excited for a uh, Norm Macdonald uh, Netflix uh, show, Jake? Uh, I'm not. Not excited. I, I guess I taste this announcement. I'm a fan of Norm. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of like his brand of comedy, but I don't know if it's aged well um, since the old weekend update days. So. Did you watch yeah. his Netflix special that came out last year? I did not. I watched about half of it, and I wasn't nope. the biggest fan of it. So, and I love Norm. I love like '90s Norm at least. Yeah, so, that's where I'm at too. And I yeah, love I Norm MacDonald on the Mike Tyson's Mysteries as the pigeon. He fucking kills me. Oh, and I think, and season four just started and I watched the first episode of Mike Tyson's Mystery seasons four and it's, uh, it's great. So what were you saying, Hepner? You gonna talk about that saying, Godzilla special again? No, I was gonna talk about Norm MacDonald. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with both you guys. I loved, you know, him as the host of Weekend Update on yeah, SNL and yeah. stuff. But yeah, I definitely agree with Jake. His, his brand of humor hasn't necessarily aged well. I always like his, you know, kind of slow burn delivery of things, but the material hasn't always been there for him. What about, you remember, uh, Dirty Work? Oh, I yep. love Dirty Work. So do I. Oh my god! Yeah, he, great Chris Farley moment in that. He's not in it much, but oh god! If you like pina coladas, and he's, he, yeah, I love that scene. That scene yeah, no, fucking I, slays I me. Wear that movie. It's he, great. He got his nose bit off by a Saigon whore. I mean, I yeah. love that movie. <laughs> when he yells about it, yeah, <laughs> it's classic Chris Farley. And then like, there's yeah. a bar fight, and he wants to play like this, like you know, I, I forget what song he wants to play, but it's that it ends. <laughs> ends up hitting the wrong number and they end up playing if you like pina coladas <laughs> and getting caught in the rain and that's playing as the bar fight goes on which is hilarious so yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna retro toss the norm mcdonald show and my excitement for it really I, really i too have now come to terms with my mortality while i've been podcasting <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't have time for the norm mcdonald show i'm 40 years old <laughs> 
I love this new this is like a totally different way to view things that are coming out. Like I I'm gonna die. <laughs> like yeah. I don't have I time am to most watch this. over halfway. I don't have time for more battle. I'm yeah, we're forty. We're like I don't know if I got another forty in me, Jake. So yeah, it's I like agree. right, you know. It's, it's very much like you know you're counting your carbs or calories or something yes. but with you know your viewing material. Yes, <laughs> I feel like Elaine from Seinfeld is this show sponge worthy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say no. I'm going to be a lot harsher now. I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Norm McDonald is not sponge worthy, so that's our new rating. Um, let's see here. Uh, great news, guys. If you're a fan of the Expendables movie franchise, uh, and if you are, I'm sure you're like me and you love the first two films and then the third is a <laughs> steaming pile of PG-13 shit. Uh, but anyway, uh, according to Expendables actor Randy Couture, who talked to the Arnold fans – they will start filming this August. So he said, I'm excited about Expendables 4. Right now, we're scheduled to start filming in August, and hopefully we're able to stay on schedule. It sounds like we're coming back to Bulgaria, which is exciting. I've spent a lot of time in Sofia and Varna, and I'm excited to come back. Is he is he talking about countries anymore? Is he talking about two ladies there? I know. That's it's, what I thought too. It sounds like actually. It sounds like elderly women. Like he's into older women. Like I did. I. I know. <laughs> Sophia, Sophia and Varna. And Vergara. Yeah, Sophia, Varna, and uh, you know Edwina, and uh, you know. Trying to I think thought Abigail. back to Bulgaria makes for a good uh, surname for the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good one. Uh, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Expendables four uh, coming out. Uh, Hepner, did you watch the Expendables films? I watched the first one. Uh, I enjoyed it enough at the time, but it's not a franchise that I've really had any major interest in. Ah. It's like it, it kind of falls the same place as the Fast and Furious franchise for me, to where it's like if it's on, if it happens to like come on, or if I'm somewhere like at a party and someone has it on in the background, I might you know glance over every once in a while, I'm like oh that looked like a cool action scene, but. Nah, I don't really have a vested interest. I, it's it's a love letter to us action fans of the '80s, guys. It's a love letter to us, the first two at least, and that's why I love the first two. The first two, it's just it's just great, man. Because like it, these types of movies just kind of like died um, in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, it really did, and and it was nice to see it kind of like come back as a wink to us fans. Um, I loved it so. I'm really excited yeah. about this. Um, Gosh, when I watch like a Total Recall or like a RoboCop, it's like startling the violence that they used to feed us back in the days. Yeah, the action movies. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I love both those and Commando. I love mm. Commando, but I don't know. It just it felt like it was the the franchise always felt to me like it was a little too trying to. Wink to the audience, and that's the fun. Know, that's a, you're missing out, man. It's the that's I guess, that's I guess the that fun. That's it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's a secret handshake or secret wink to us fans, and like that's like it, that's all it is, man. It's if you're looking for anything more, like more substance, man. You're you're I don't know, man. I don't know what you're. Not no, I'm not looking it. for substance. Was it the second or the third one where Chuck Norris shows up? 
That was the third one, I believe. I think. Okay. No, no, is that the second one? He shows up and he's, they call him like the wolf or something. I know. <laughs> Whatever they call him, but like that whole thing where the like, they do a fourth wall breaking Chuck Norris joke in the movie where I'm like, all right, that's, yeah. <laughs> Oh, come on. I mean, that's fun for if you're a Chuck Norris fan. Like, of course, like you want Arnold to say, I'll be back. You want all that shit. Like, that's what it's there for. It's, it's there. It's there for, it's, it's, it's basically just like a wink and a, and a handshake to the fans, man. Oh man, you're, I get, you're, I no, get that. No, I, you I don't. Feel like it's a little too much of a. Like, we don't. No, we don't want you, Hopner. We don't want you. We're doing it. We don't want you. They don't. <laughs> you're expendable. Um, <laughs> that's. I'm okay with that. Uh, that's the. I. That's what it, I. It, the expendables is there. It, it's all about winks and nods. They, everybody gets their moment. Like if you're gonna have uh, Jet Li in the movie, he's gonna do Jet Li things. If you get Jean Claude Van Damme, he's gonna do Jean Claude Van Damme things. That's the. That's why. If you get Harrison Ford in there, yeah, he's gonna come in and he's gonna be the pilot. I mean, that's who he was. He was the uh, you know pilot of the Millennium Falcon, and now he's a pilot in this. It's like everybody gets to do their thing. That's what these movies are about. There's nothing more to them. It's it's it really no, is. I get that. Yeah. I get that. I don't know. I don't know why because it does. It is something that should be right up my alley, but just something about it's never quite connected with me. I don't know what it is. Ah, you just don't like fun. You don't like fun. <laughs> <laughs> that that might be true. Go eat your fucking plain oatmeal. You don't even add sugar to it, do you? You're sitting over there eating fucking just oats, dry oats. Hey, hey, hey. I <laughs> rice like, cakes. Hey, rice cakes. I like my basic Cheerios. Thank you. <laughs> you rice cake eating motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to ask this question. My question was going to be like, who would you guys want to see join the cast for Expendables 4? And it's like, I don't even know if I, I'm going to ask Hopner and you're probably going to tell me like Jeff Speakman. Like he's the worst action, worst action star ever. (laughs) I don't even know who that is. Google, give me that answer. Google Jeff Speakman. I'm just saying, Jeff Speakman. They tried to push this guy in like the late '80s, early '90s as an action star. Jeff Speakman was a joke. Anyway, I, I personally, I I would love to see uh, Dwayne Johnson join for Expendables Four. That's a good one. I think yeah. that would be uh, fun. I would love Jake. Do you have a couple suggestions? Yes, or? I would love to see Bruce Campbell get to be an expendable. Yeah, oh, that'd be fun. Love it. I would love that. That would be that would be fantastic. <laughs> Come um, in. I mean, he doing his thing. Have his chainsaw arm. Yeah, yeah. Just go yeah, all out, man. Absolutely. I I would um, I would want to see Eco Uways from the Raid films. And and Tony Jaa, I would love to see Tony Jaa from the Unbox series, and then uh, Jackie Chan. I mean, Jackie Chan would be a great addition. So, yeah, yeah I'm be. surprised he hasn't been in the movies yet. To be honest with you, I don't know what kind of physical shape he's in these days. So maybe like Jesse Ventura. Oh yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah, yeah. they've asked. Um, they asked Steven Seagal and he turned him down. Like, good. I didn't. He's I was going to ask whether or not he'd been in one because I don't know who's been in all of them by now. Yeah, um, he's terrible. The third movie was absolutely terrible. They went to a PG thirteen rating, and instead of like getting more like 
older action stars that we're used to. They tried to bring in some like new blood and like they brought in Ronda Rousey and some other people that I don't even know who mm. the rest of them were. And it was just a terrible movie. Like, why, why do you change the formula? Why do you change the successful formula? The first two movies were rated R and you had older action stars and it worked. The third movie, they brought in younger action stars and they brought in Mel Gibson as the villain and it was terrible. Like, wasn't yeah, one of the Hemsworths in the third one or something? Yeah, I think it was Liam. Yeah. I think their dumb rationale was probably that, okay, we can make a PG-13 movie and then more people can see the movie. Yeah. And they didn't think that they would compromise it so much that at that point no one would see the movie or I care think about they it. Need to think, they need to thank Deadpool and its R rating for making R rating, R-rated movies cool again, right? I think like yeah, maybe yeah. that's the only reason that Expendables 4 is even getting made is because the R rating is cool again. So they need to thank Deadpool. They need to fucking thank Logan. Yeah. Because I don't think that these movies would be made. I don't think Expendables 4 gets made unless Hollywood sees the need to make more R rated films like this again. So, and it's not like those movies were full of cursing. It was just like, over the top violence, just blood all over the fucking place. Terry Crews picking up a chain gun and blowing up like you know, blowing away fifty guys and shit. It was amazing. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, one of the Expendables, Arnold Schwarzenegger, confirmed this week. Got a lot of Terminator news this week, guys. To the Arnold fans, he confirmed that Terminator Six, starring himself, Linda Hamilton. Um, James Cameron's going to be producing, and then Deadpool director Tim Miller is going to be directing. It's going to start filming this summer. Um, it's untitled, but the Terminator reboot is set for a July 26, 2019 release date. Arnold was quoted as saying, we are starting to shoot Terminator 6 in June to the middle of October, so I am in that. I am looking forward to coming back as the T-800 model. It's going to be great with Tim Miller as the director, and Jim Cameron is kind of supervising the whole thing. Guys, we don't know a ton about this film. Tim Miller and James Cameron have both said that Terminator 6 will address today's fears about technology, and the story is going to involve a young new protagonist named Danny Ramos. So... What we've heard is that it's going to retcon Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, and Terminator Genesis. All three movies that James Cameron did not direct or was not involved with at all. So um, they're wanting this new film to kick off another trilogy of films. We heard that about Terminator Genesis as well, but we're hearing it again. We're, we're hearing it again here. They always want to make more money. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So they're wanting to kick off another trilogy of films here. Um They've, they had a casting call for Danny Ramos. Um, Danny Ramos is a female character and they had, uh, info on the casting call about the character. Uh, it says, uh, here's, this is from the casting call. James Cameron and James Cameron, Tim Miller and Skydance Media are seeking Latina and Hispanic talent for a lead role in the major motion picture untitled Terminator Project. Danny Ramos is a young woman in her early 20s from Mexico City. She was brought up in a working class neighborhood, is independent, and believes strongly in family. She's more street smart than book smart and is a woman who always manages to find a ray of light even in the darkest of circumstances. 
So this is the character that is going to lead these Terminator films going forward. Omega Underground actually found a bunch of audition tapes on Vimeo for the role of Danny Ramos. And they're on Vimeo, if you want to see them. Um, different actresses, different Latina actresses uh, going for this role of Danny Ramos. Um, there's part of an ad- audition script uh, audition script that leaked online. And it's basically... It's a scene where it's a freight train journey, and it's a dialogue between the character of Danny Ramos and a character called Grace, which is also in the script. I think it also is under Soldier is the name. And this could either be code for Arnold's Terminator. It could also be code for uh, Sarah Connor. It could also be another character. We don't know. One of the lines in it, though, the character responds to Danny Ramos and says affirmative, which is a line that the Terminator used in other films. Affirmative. So I don't, but I don't think it is the Terminator. I think it's actually Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor in this one. So, um, she's definitely talking to a soldier from the future. And she's, I guess this, this conversation takes some place between Someplace in Mexico. So some of the story is going to take place in Mexico. Um, but um, I don't know. Uh, what are you guys thinking? Like, th- th- we have a new protagonist. We have Danny Ramos. My question, I guess, guys, what do you think about that character as far as, like, uh, a female lead? And does that mean that John Connor is dead? The savior, John Connor, is dead. And is that why we're following a new lead character? Hmm. Well, let me take that apart piece by piece, I yes. guess. Um, I, I like the description of the new female lead character. I think if we're going the route of Linda Hamilton as a Terminator, then that's that's a really cool way to, to you know, to have a you, female antagonist. Okay, okay, okay. So you're also theor- you're theorizing that Linda Hamilton is now going to be a Terminator? Yes, I think she will be the bad guy. Ooh, oh, that that- okay. Wow, holy shit. Okay. I'm just, I mean, I feel like if you're going to have her in it, what's the point in just having her be the exact same character again? Yeah. You know? So you got to do something drastic with it. I feel like that's the same, that's a very Cameron like thing to do. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what he did between Terminator 1 and 2, was kind of, kind of twist the who's the good guy, who's the bad guy aspect yeah. of the T 800 Arnold character. Okay, and so. I feel like, why, why do the double whammy of the two female hero characters okay. at that point it really makes me think that the linda hamilton character could be a antagonist okay and so what happened to john connor uh, the john connor thing um that's very interesting too i th- that's definitely going to be part of the story they're just not going to ignore john connor i i, I don't know if it's going to be so cut and dry as it i guess for all intents and purposes he's going to be dead for now when yeah. this movie picks mm-hmm. up i think but whether or not he stays that way the entire time, I don't think so. It's interesting because um, you said that they're going to retcon T3, 4, and 5 into here. And we know that in T3, you know, Arnold in that one talks about he's the exact model that killed John Connor. So maybe they'll address that there. And maybe that feeds into what you're saying about John Connor being dead. Maybe that kind of retcons that or fills in that gap. I don't know. 
I'm th- I'm definitely thinking that John Connor is taken out of this movie. I it, I think he's I think he's killed. I, th- I think I know your I know your logic behind that. Mm-hmm. It's very sound logic because mm-hmm. the, the idea is to reboot, not just cycle the same shit again. Right. It's yeah. like it's like the I I don't think this has anything to do with with James Cameron saying I I don't think this has anything to do with like Hollywood saying like oh the you know. The character that's going to be the savior is like the white guy in the story again. I feel like they want to just do something different here. Like the question that they asked was, what if the one guy who we've been talking about since 1984 as being the savior, the one guy that can like stop Skynet, what if he's taken out? What if he is killed? Like what happens? Like, yeah, what if he's not actually yeah. the guy? Can there be a new hero to this story? And I think this the, the, to do this, it, it asks an interesting question. I I, I like that. I, I know that they aren't just like stopping there with characters. It's not just going to be Lyndall Hamilton, Arnold, and then uh, Danny Ramos, uh, this new character. They are going to have like an ensemble female cast. From what I'm hearing, we're getting news now that Mackenzie Davis from Halt and Catch Fire, she was also in Blade Runner 2049. Um, she might join the film. Uh, this news comes from THR. And this this just totally lines up with the rumor that I've been hearing that it's going to be a female-led cast. There's going to be like more soldiers from the future that are joining into the fight um, and coming into the past and fighting alongside Danny Ramos. So Mackenzie Davis, she's in negotiations to join them for this movie. Um but apparently her character is going to be a soldier assassin, a soldier assassin on a mission. Um, she's a human character in the movie that once again sets up the battle between uh, man and machine. So um, there's also a script out there for Ramos talking to the future soldier. I'm not going to read the script. Um, I don't want to sound like one of the actors from The Oath that's trying to, like, convince people that, like, this is a good show. So I – if anything, if you want to read the script, if I remember, I will put it into the notes for this episode and you can read um, the the dialogue there. But um, I think – I think um, – I think this is – Mackenzie Davis is a fine, fine, fine actor and I think that – I'm just worried about the more characters that they bring into this n- – the less they'll get fleshed out. That's what I'm worried about. I feel like so many times, like it's like we see a lot of different characters like brought into films, um, especially a Terminator film where I feel like, you know, like the Terminator two was basically, it was John, it was Linda Hamilton. It was, um, uh, Arnold, of course. And then, and then everybody else, like, was kind of just like ancillary characters, really. You know, we had the T1000 as our villain, but like, you know, we're introduced to like Enrique, you know, and Enrique's like, we don't know a whole lot about Enrique. And that's fine, but I just, I don't want to see them bring in all these other different characters and just not do anything with them, not make them interesting. So. I don't know. I I I I think this movie's going to be a pile of shit. And it's unfortunate <laughs> for me to say that because I love Terminator, but I haven't watched a great Terminator since 1991 when I went to the theater and I watched Terminator 2. Uh, the I other- was going to ask you about that. I wanted to know what your overall thoughts were cuz I know how big of a T1 T2 guy you are yeah. cuz I am too. And yeah, I feel the same way where it's just 
It's been decades, 20 yeah. plus years already since we've seen a good Terminator movie. And yeah. now all these attempts of trying to continue it or reboot it or, hey, let's look into the future during the war, but we're not really seeing much of the war. And it has really just been a, a slog at this point in time. Cause, and what you were saying just a minute ago, you know, I definitely agree with and the idea that, you know, Terminator movies, at least T1 and 2, it's always been about three, maybe four people tops. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you focus on it. It's always been family dynamics. It's always yeah. been what the idea of it has been, you know. Everything uh, I've been hearing is that they're introducing more characters into this. Like, it, it's not just going to stop, excuse me, it's not just going to stop with Arnold, you know, uh, Sarah, and, and this new Danny Ramos. Like, it's going to be... There's going to be a more of a female ensemble, and we're hearing that, and it reflects in the casting with them going after Mackenzie Davis. Mackenzie Davis is not going to be cast as Danny Ramos. People, Danny Ramos is going to be our Latina actor. So, you know, and, and, and so it falls in line with that. But like, I Terminator Three was, uh, <laughs> it was hard for me. I, I thought it was like I, I, the only thing that like I thought that was kind of like they had. They had rumored that China, the wrestler, was going to be like the the villain. one. And yeah, and like for a long time, we'd, you know, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. Like, okay, they are putting like the weapons inside of the of the the skin, and so like she was bringing futuristic weapons with her, which I thought was like really cool. That's it. I mean, there's like there's interesting concepts that were brought up, but it didn't have like the the memorable action s- sequences that you know T1 and T2 had. And James Cameron's a master at that, and I hope that <laughs> that's what he brings to like this film is like memorable action set pieces. I just don't want it to be like the CG fucking fest. I want some real practical and real awesome stunts in these films. But you know, Arnold's old man. He's old. And, yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I think Salvation has been the best post-T2 Terminator movie. I mean, it's by no means a Tupperware perfect. (laughs) No, but but it it brings up some cool concepts. It brings up cool concepts, though. Yeah, and it's got some cool shots. I mean, I think... I'm not the biggest Mick G fan, but he, he does some fantastic, like, long takes in that movie, and it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was my favorite yeah. of the post-T2 uh, stuff, too, so. Yeah, I mean, it it's, like you were saying, Brian, about how, you know, they're expanding the cast and adding all these new characters. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and it's clearly the idea there is, hey, we're going to, you know, introduce these characters now since we want to do a new trilogy, and then we'll expand on them in later films or whatnot, which is, you know, that's, very typical nowadays post Avengers of like, hey, you know, we need to build this universe up so that we have a lot more material that we can keep drawing upon. But that doesn't work for every franchise or idea, you know? Sometimes, you know, these things need to be laid to rest and sometimes it's a one and done or a two and done or you know, it's something that's very insular and needs to remain insular. It's not something you can expand necessarily into a broader universe without really compromising the 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 spirit of the the films in the first place. This is it. This yeah. is this is the last movie. I mean, the, the, I mean, they've got James Cameron. I think the only thing, the only reason this is getting made is because James Cameron is going to be producing this. This is it. I mean, Terminator Genesis yeah. was a bust. Um, you know, and, and I think like they're thinking to themselves, like if Terminator's ever going to be a franchise again, it has to have James Cameron involved 
James Cameron's going to executive produce this. I mean, there's some talent involved here. You know, I, it'll be interesting to see Linda Hamilton back in that role. Um, you know, Arnold's coming back, which they can't seem to like shake him from the franchise. He's, which I, they really should have which, by now, I think. Didn't we hear that he's not playing the T-800? That he was playing the, 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 the guy that the T-800 was based on? And now we're got a quote of him saying he's coming back as the T-800? That makes no sense I, to me. I have no idea. I have kept, I have paid zero attention. Well, Jake, to we've talked this. about it on the show before. Am I right or am I right? No, you're right. Yeah, we talked about him coming back as like a scientist, I believe. Well, that was the thing. That was the, we don't know if it was a scientist. They said that he was going to come back as the basis of the Terminator, the original human that the Terminator was based on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I do remember that conversation. I think that's an interesting way. That it's an interesting way to show him at where at whatever age he is now without having it be hokey in that aspect. Yeah, but that's not the quote that I read. Here's the quote that I read that he gave to the ArnoldFans.com. We are starting to shoot Terminator 6 in June to the middle of October. So I am in that. I am looking forward to coming back as the T-800 model. It's probably both, though. And now that we're like – now that the project is filming this summer – it's probably mums the word on the part where he's also playing himself. Well, the they're de-aging him. They're de-aging him then, correct, for that, right? Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. think both things could feasibly happen. He'll be de-aged for the T-800 and he'll Good be point. acting as another character. Well, we do know that the T-800s, they do age. I mean, yeah. we know that they do age. Did we learn that past Terminator 2? Because none of that is canon anymore. He, I think T two. It's it, it's 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 canon in T two. Okay. Yeah, they don't explicitly say it, but I think the inference is, yeah, his outer you know shell, if you want to call it that, skin would age appropriately as time went on. I think that's inferred, if not explicitly said. It's canon. Okay. Yeah, it's one hundred percent canon. So, do you guys do you guys remember uh, when Terminator three came out on DVD? There was a deleted scene. Yeah, it was uh, Arnold, and he was talking in a um, southern accent. Yeah, he pl- talk- and it was terrible. Yeah, because it was just a voiceover, like "Hi, ah, I'm Sergeant Candy," and yeah. he was supposed to like be the guy that yep. like the T-800 was going to be based on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's some weeby scientists at the end too. Then they dub over with Arnold going because someone's like, "I don't know about that voice. We can fix it." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was terrible. And just like the... It was terrible, but it was kind of funny. A little bit. The deleted scene of him, like, uh, smiling in Terminator 2. And it's like, that's why they deleted it, because it didn't yeah. work. And like, why did you have to do that in Terminator Genesis? Anyway, um, let's see here. Next news story I have. Uh, this news comes from Deadline. Deadpool's Rob Liefeld uh, takes his Extreme Universe to Netflix and Splashy Deal. Netflix has made a seven-figure gear rights deal and Akiva Goldsman will set up and oversee a high-end writer's room similar to ones he has run for the Ology series and Transformers spinoffs to generate a series of feature films with connective tissue anchored by Liefeld's comic book creations. Uh, Extreme Universe covers six comic books encompassing more than 50 characters that include Brigade, Bloodstrike, Cybrid, Rejects, 
Blood Wolf and Kaboom. The Extreme Universe characters are written very much in the subversive, edgy style that defined Deadpool. I toss this so fucking hard. Yeah, dude. Man, Netflix needs to slow the fuck down with right. their checkbook. I wish I had Netflix's checkbook. Right. <laughs> Holy crap. Let the let the Millerverse sink in and see what and like test the waters with that before you sign off another couple mil on some well, other property. Not, it's, yeah, this it's, it's not just like a Millerverse thing. It's not just like the fact that it's like Rob Liefeld's extreme universe, which was a horrible name for an late eighties <laughs> band. Um <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but it's it's um Akiva Goldsman is one of the worst writers in Hollywood. Oh yeah, he's the Transformers schlock, and he—I mean, if you look at his IMDb, it's, it's just terrible. Poop after poop, like one out of every fifteen movies, you're like, "Hey, that was good." Yeah. Did he? Did he do a, a Beautiful Mind? Was that him? Yes. Yes. That's it. That's the only wow. thing that I really enjoyed from Akiba Goldsman was a Beautiful Mind. Everything else he did, he was the he was the writer for Batman and Robin, which was the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, <laughs> Batman film where he played Mister Freeze. Uh, oh, he did Cinderella Man, which I really enjoyed. I loved Cinderella yeah. Man. But I'm pretty um, sure he was partially responsible for ruining Dark Tower. Yeah, yeah, he was involved in that. Holy shit, he's an executive producer for Titans, the new Titans series coming out, the DC on the DC streaming oh, I, service. I remember you reporting on that earlier, I, too. I must yeah. have forgot about that one. Uh, he did the, uh, he was a producer on King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. The, oh, I forgot that even existed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. These are, some of these are just terrible. Paranormal Activity 4, he was an executive producer. Um, oh, he did The Losers. The Losers was okay. Did you ever suffer through the Guy Ritchie, King Arthur movie? No, no. I've got it on my DVR, but it's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's one of those where like I had that same vision of me dying. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude, just delete that now. Fuck, yeah. fuck Akiva Goldsmith. He did the terrible Poseidon reboot, the t- the oh, Poseidon oh. remake. Oh man, the original Poseidon from like the seventies is great. He did the Starsky and Hutch reboot with Owen oh, and God. Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller. That was terrible. Fuck Akiva. Yeah. He did, he, did, theaters. He, he did the Ring sequel. He, he did, did Transformers last night. He did uh, Lost in Space. We talked about that earlier. Nice, nice. The 1998 uh, one. But yeah, fuck it. Keeps, this is a horrible duo of Rob Liefeld and Akiva Goldsman. And Netflix, you're absolutely right, Jake. They need to slow their checkbook down. This is a horrible investment here. Yeah, and I don't. I'm all about you know finding new properties and and you know experimenting. But it's yeah. like I think there's a point where you're shooting yourself in the foot. Like it seems it this just seems like too close to what they're doing with the Marvel properties, what they're getting ready to do with the Miller properties. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's like slow over, it down. Rob Liefeld saturation at that point, isn't it? And I've never heard of any of the aforementioned properties that you mentioned there, Brian, at the top. I heard of none of these you never heard of this is like young blood yeah. and bloodshot yeah and dead shot uh, and fill in the blank shot but they're making a <laughs> they're, they're making a bloodshot movie that's bloodshot's no valiant Mm-mm. i'm sorry my apologies um but no young blood absolutely you know like i'm not opposed to young blood it's like i don't hate young blood i actually kind of like young blood but i don't think that 
I don't know if, if Akiva Goldsman's the guy that I want making a young blood, you know, mo- movie over at Netflix. So. Who's your favorite young blood character? Are you a shaft guy? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I mean, I... <laughs> you, are you team, team bedrock? I can't, I can't remember the name of the characters, but yes, there, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it, it, I kind of enjoyed the young blood comics. So. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, we're 40 and I was there for the image boom. So yeah. I still have my copy of Young Blood number one right now. I believe it is signed by Rob Liefeld too. Nice, nice. I, I'm, I don't know. It's guilty pleasure for me with the Hang Rob. on to that number one and flip it in a few years before it comes out. Do you, yeah, that, that's interesting. It, it, I think you're honest. I think Brian, they're like, this is the guy that created Deadpool. Yeah. He's going to print us money yeah. and how wrong they are. A seven figure deal. Like this is huge. Like for the whole universe. They basically bought the whole universe. They, 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 they gave Ryan Murphy. How much did they give him? Like, like that was a crazy deal. Was that like 300 million? And now yeah, they're giving, yeah. now they're giving. Was it three hundred? Not three hundred million. Was it three hundred million? It was a lot. The Ryan Murphy deal was huge. It was huge, and now like Rob Liefeld's making out like a bandit here. Oh yeah, he's laughing his way to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> so as as if he isn't cocky enough already. Oh, I know. Oh, absolutely. Now now, now he's got this. Oh. Are, are are they going to do live action stuff or is this going to be is this going to be animated? I think this would serve better as animated stuff, Jake. Uh, I agree. I think with both this and Miller the Miller World, they they plan on trying both things though. Yeah. Mm. So, we shall see. Yeesh. Can we do a uh, Jake break? Yeah, let's do a break. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, guys, we are back with news. Uh, Amazon has ordered an am- animated series. Um, I don't know. Is Amazon really known for, like, their animated series? I know that's, like, more of, like, a Netflix thing. Um, Hulu doesn't oh, they even... have a... What do they have? Just, just a few exclusive anime, really. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. I just... Other than that, though, no, not really much, like, American animation. Well, this Any means... specific ones that you know about? Uh, guys, it's on the it's on the back of my mind. It's it's one I just watched recently too. That was because I, 
it was all the nominations I was watching, and one of them was an Amazon exclusive. I forget what it was called, though. Well, oh, okay. This this news comes from Deadline. Um, after helping Netflix enter the adult animation space with BoJack Horseman, that series creator Raphael Bob Waxberg and studio Michael Eisner's Tornant Company are doing the same for Amazon with Undone. Amazon Studios has given a straight-to-series order to Undone, starring Rosa Salazar from the Maze Runner franchise as its first adult animation show. So Undone is going to be a half-hour animated dramedy that explores the elastic nature of reality through its central character, Alma, voiced by Salazar. After getting into a near-fatal car accident, Alma discovers she has a new relationship with time and uses this ability to find out the truth about her father's death. Uh, also cast in the series is Angelique Cabral from Life in Pieces as Alma's younger sister. Undone is in pre-production and is expected to premiere in 2019 on Prime Video. Um, I love BoJack Horseman. I know, I th- Jake, you, you don't watch BoJack, but... Um, no. That's a crazy description, though. You, you labeled it right away as a dramedy, and I... I all the drama sounded interesting, but I didn't really see where any of the comedy was coming from in that description. Well, BoJack Horseman's the same way, man. It is a very really? uh, yes. BoJack Horseman is a very dark comedy. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> Jake. I'm telling you, BoJack Horseman is the best show to ever depict depression that I've ever seen. Yeah, okay. he's, he's definitely right on that. I mean, Jake. Like, I've only watched maybe half of the first season of Bojack Horseman. It's something I need to get back to. But I can't believe you haven't watched it, Jake, because it, I think it's right up your alley with the sense of humor. I think it's absolutely something you love. Okay, I will check it out. Bojack Horseman, right? Yeah, and and I'm telling the, you, like, each season. The lead is someone famous, right? Yeah. It's like Will Arnett, right? It's Will Arnett, yeah. yeah. Will Arnett, I mean, Aaron Paul is in the series. Um, it's, 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 I mean, it's made my, it's, it's one tuppies from me, like literally every year that it's on Jake, it's, it's fantastic. No. Yeah. And I know, I, I know you guys talked about it a ton. I remember, um, Frank tried to watch it three times and never liked it. Yeah. Nobody's farting or, you know, so that's to be expected, but I, (laughs) I, I do it. It's, it's. I don't, there's something about this show that like it it it's it, it goes to dark places, but it, it like there's times where like he, he's thinking about like how horrible a person he is, and it's like that, like I'm I'm like watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, I think that about myself, and it, it's it's like it's it's the it's the it does depression better than any other series I've ever watched, and it's a comedy about a uh, anthropomorphic horse. And it, 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 that makes no sense, but it does when you watch it. It's it's so good. It's so good. So like yeah. anything that these guys are involved in, um, uh, I cannot wait for. I think Amazon. This is going to be a series to watch. This is going to be a must watch for me. Smart move by Amazon, then, huh? You think they went after the right creators? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Brian. It does, and that's why I only watched a little bit of season one, because at the time I was at a little bit of a low point. I was struggling with the depression a little bit myself, yeah. not 
to the extent like you have or a lot of people I know have, but I was at a bit of a low point. It was hitting a little too close to home, which is why I kind of stopped watching it. But yeah, it really does. It hits all the right marks. And yeah, just the subject, the, the context of it, you know, in contrast to the subject material is quite striking and it does a really good job. And yeah, it, this sounds like a real coup for Amazon to have uh, uh, got these guys for it. Yeah, he seems to. It's and it's sad. It's like you, you watch BoJack Horseman and like he kind of destroys relationships around him. It's not like it's not like it ends everything. Like every season ends with him like tying everything up in a nice little bow, or he fixed a relationship. No, it's about it's about finding out different things about yourself and finding out that. Oh, and, and ruining relationships. It's like real life, man. It's, it's, it's pretty bizarre. Um, gosh, I don't, <laughs> I could get real deep, but I'm not going to. Um, let's see here. Let's move on before I fucking break down. Uh, <laughs> more original content news coming from Variety. Netflix has ordered, uh, close, uh, a female led adrenaline charged action thriller starring Numi Rapace. Um, she's the, uh, actor, from uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo, and she was the female lead in Prometheus. Um, this is inspired. This story, close, is inspired by the life of bodyguard Jackie Davis. Um, the film stars uh, Numi Rapace uh, in the lead role. Uh, Sophie Nalise from the Book of Thief, uh, Ewan uh, Mackin from Resident Evil: The Final Chapter, and Indira Varma, Game of Thrones star. She was. Um, Elaria Sand in Game of Thrones. Uh, okay. In the movie, which was shot in Morocco and in the UK, bodyguard and counterterrorism expert Sam, played by Numi Rapace, takes a job protecting Zoe, played by uh, Sophie Nalise, a rich young heiress. Neither party is keen on the arrangement, but when a violent kidnapped attempt goes wrong, the pair are forced to work together and go on the run. Together they need to unravel who is behind the kidnap and hunt them down. It's written by uh, Vicky Jusen, uh, who is um, – she's no stranger to like action films. She she directed Born of War. Um, it's, it's not a great movie. It's, it's at a 4.3 on IMDb, which is terrible. Um, but, um, she's, she's, she really goes all out when it comes to action films. She, she worked with, um, the Jordanian, the Jordanian army while filming Born of War in Amman. Um, her camera team, they, they hung out the side of a, of an attack helicopter while she directed them from a rooftop five meters away. Uh, there, there was a scene where two characters fight to the death on board a jet, Vicky and her camera crew strap themselves to the back of a pickup truck to be chased along the runway by the jet at speeds of up to 80 miles an hour. So, I mean, she goes all out to get some really cool shots for action films. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, this, this, this could be good. This could be a very good female led action film, um, dealing with, you know, uh, with, I, I love new Mira Pace. I think she's a, she's a good actress. So I'm hoping that this, uh, close movie's good. So, and this was another Netflix project, Brian? This is, ne- this is more Netflix. This is a Netflix film and uh, it's, it's, it's female led and it's, it's inspired by the life of, of, of a real 
female bodyguard, Jackie Davis. So I want to see this story portrayed and I hope that the action's good. I, I'm always down to see like a really cool action film with female leads. I loved, you know, Kill Bill. I loved Wonder Woman last year and I, I want to see more of that kind of stuff. So I, I hope that this is, is, is successful. Uh, for me, I, you know, it, it was unfortunate that I didn't like Atomic Blonde this year. It, it, mm-hmm. You know, it, it was very unfortunate. I wanted to, I wanted to like that movie. I, I'm not looking for these female-led action movies to fail, and um, I want this one to be good as well. And I think Numi Rapace is a great choice. So. I hope this this movie close is great, man. I, I think it has the I think it has the opportunity to be great. So we'll see. Uh, what else do I got here? Ah, uh, Carl Urban. Uh, he's wanting to still come back as Judge Dredd, apparently, uh, in the series Judge Dredd Mega City One. And he talked with JoeBlow.com. He said, there's so much interest in that particular character, and I would dearly love to have the opportunity to get in there and play that again. There are so many wonderful stories in the 2080 Judge Dredd canon that we'd be remiss not to have the opportunity to tell them. If it were up to me personally, we would have been making Dread 2 two years ago. So... He's still talking. I just I want to report this again because I love Dread. No, I love it. I love Dread, yeah. and he still wants to play the part. So this is yeah. I fully support you reporting any news we get on the Dread coming. I mean, uh, this is probably the longest running open ending story, open ended story on PCL at this point, right? Will we ever get more Dread? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been around for like a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who the do you know who the writer was on uh, the Dread film? Oh man, it's someone. It's someone really good. I, at oh, some yeah. point, I knew. It's. Can you? It's escaping me. Alex Garland. Oh well, there you go. Our ex machina yep. annihilation director and Carl Urban in, in in interviews this week he revealed um, that. Alex Garland, in his opinion, was the real director on Dread. Um, he, Pete Travis left the project. Um, he directed a lot of the film and then he left the project and Garland finished it. So Garland finished directing the film and then he, he finished directing everything in post. So Urban wants, Urban is looking for Garland. He wants Garland to come back and direct Dread 2 if they ever get a second film. So I know we're getting a TV series, this, um, this, uh, what is it? Judge Dread Mega City 1. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, man. It would be kind of cool. Like, I think, like, I think Alex Garland's a big enough name to where, like, you know, you get, you get, you get him possibly interested in being a director. It might get made at that point. Who knows? We'll see. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully, I mean, it's hard knowing what Alex Garland, if Alex Garland would want to jump into that again. But, I mean, maybe. He might have some sentimental attachment to that. You know? I agree. I agree. That's kind of where my, that's where my hmm maybe came from. He, yeah. You know, it, it may have been a baby to him with the work he did on it, you know, just like you're saying, sentimental attachment. Exactly. I hope so. Cause yeah, that movie was great. And I've, I've always liked Carl Urban. He's always been really good and everything. And the fact that he's still really gung ho about wanting to continue on with this is all the better. Fuck and- yeah. Fuck yes, man. 
Absolutely. An actor that doesn't care about fucking showing his face off. And Carl Urban's got a good-looking fucking face. He's a good-looking man. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I don't give a shit. Cover it up. Just show my goddamn there, chin. There aren't enough actors like that that no. aren't afraid. You know, because a lot of times in, you know, the superhero movies back in the day and even now, it's, you know, we got to take off the mask to make sure the actor's face is Sylvester Stallone! Sylvester yeah. Stallone! He, that mask is coming off every chance he had. Exactly, but people like Carl Urban or Hugo Weaving, even you know, in uh, *V for Vendetta*, you never see his face. They just put out a really good performance because yes. they're good character actors who don't have that ego of being like, "No, I need them to know it's me." It's like, no, no, no. they understand. No, the the character is first, not me personally. My job is to be this character and convince them of that, and they have don't have ego about it, and that's. Those are the people that you want to have being passionate about projects like this. And Carl Urban is one of those guys. And it's fantastic that he still wants to continue on with this. I agree, man. I 100% agree with everything you just said. I don't want to get into this next story too much. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'll read the headline. If you guys want to talk about it, we can talk about it. Lip Biscuits Fred Durst is directing a thriller. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> No, I, re- I, I read this. This is good stuff. Limp Biscuits Red Durst is directing a thriller where John Travolta plays an insane killer. Uh, insane stalker, excuse me. Yeah. I also read it's loosely based off of events from Fred Durst that oh, Travolta's played I, a character yes. loosely based off of Fred Durst himself. Yes, I have that in my news. Uh, here's here's a oh, quote uh, from uh, it's uh, Monica no, Andrea I, Irvolino from uh, AMBI Media Group said, there's certainly no shortage of amazing Fred Durst stories to tell. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this one in particular is unequivocally cinematic in how it plays out. Um, but, oh, yeah, hold on, hold on. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, yeah, Moose. It's called I Moose. To scoop you on Fred Durst news. Brian. No, 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 no. It's called Moose. It's written by Durst and Dave Beekerman, and is based on Durst's personal experiences dealing with a stalker years ago. Um, Travolta's titular character is obsessed with his favorite celebrity action hero, and sets out to destroy his life with when his fixation with him turns dangerous. So. <laughs> Spoiler, he did it all for the nookie. Yeah, yes, he did. So, oh, yeah. It's just one of those days when you don't <laughs> want to wake up. up. <laughs> yeah. Everything is Everything fucked. Sucks. Everything sucks. <laughs> you know? Uh, you don't you really have faith. Yeah. Oh, oh my man. God. <laughs> so, yeah, Fred Durst. I guess this is not even his first fucking film. Like, this is his third. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. like, so, <laughs> millennials, do a Google search for Fred Durst. All right, let's. Move I think on. The, I think the actual headline here is how far Travolta has fallen. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, he's doing Fred Durst films. <laughs> yeah, that that was the pull away for me. I was like, yeah, Oof. yeah. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on into Marvel news. <laughs> These bumper bumpers. Damn you! <laughs> right, I want to hear this. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go on strike. <laughs> Alright guys, time for Marvel news. Um, let's see here. We got, uh, we got some of, uh, Avengers Infinity War news to talk about here. This first bit of news, uh, comes from CBR.com and it's actually written by our very own listener, John Arvidon. So thank you, John, if you're listening. Uh, anyway, uh, this article goes on to say, those lucky enough to be in attendance at Disney's D23 Expo or Comic-Con International in San Diego last summer were rewarded with an exclusive look uh, Marvel Studios Avengers Infinity War nearly four months before the first teaser, teaser trailer was released. Now, we saw that leaked trailer, Jake, uh, recorded on somebody's uh, phone, cell phone. Um, the yeah, article yeah, I, I saw, saw at least like three or four different blurry versions of it. Oh, I yeah. saw all the blurs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the article goes on to say, while the footage was never released to the general public, descriptions from those who saw it firsthand detailed a scene in which Josh Brolin's Thanos literally hurled an entire moon at Earth's helpless heroes. Now that shot has finally been made available for all to see, albeit in photograph form. Um, Entertainment Weekly, the article, uh, what do you, what do you do? What do you do with the mad that you feel? The description from Entertainment Weekly reads, if you're Thanos, uh, you use the purple and blue infinity stones to rip a moon out of orbit and hurl it against the ground like a dinner plate. While fans have speculated that this may be devastation on Xandar, where the Nova Corps was guarding the purple power stone from the orb, Marvel tells Entertainment Weekly this shot is actually on Titan, the ruined home world of Thanos. So, um, yeah, this is the, our first... That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, is this is this going with... Is this going from the... the the Jason Aaron story of Thanos. Hmm. I, I, I mean, I think it may be a little bit of a bit of this, a bit of that. I mean, that's kind of how the cinematic universe has been. I, I think there's going to be some nods to Starlin and some Aaron. Oh, absolutely. But I didn't know, like with the destroyed planet of Titan, him hurling his, his, his planet, um, <laughs> at the earth. Is it based on like the Jason Aaron run, you know, um, the Thanos run? So, um, from what I, well, I, I, it's been years since I've read Jason Aaron's run, but from what I remember, I think that he fucks up Titan pretty bad. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, give me a little clarification by what they were talking about of it's not Xandar, it's Titan. Are they talking about it's, it's the planet that he's crushing and throwing is Titan or that he's they're on Titan and he's throwing another celestial body at it. He's on Earth. He's using the gauntlet to throw Titan at the Earth. Okay. I didn't yeah. I, for some reason I thought maybe there was something that was happening on Titan and he was like taking one of the other moons like Ion or something and crushing that and throwing it onto Titan. Okay. The, the Jason Aaron run, he looks different from from other people on his planet. He was people viewed him as weak and then next thing you know like as he grows up and gets older he's like the most one of the most powerful beings um you know that 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 um the universe has ever seen um so it's one of those things where i don't i, I you know destroying his own i don't know how much they're really going to get into his past and if yeah i, I- I think it's a, I think you're onto something, Brian. But I think it's inspired by more so than based on. You know, 
more of a nod to than mm-hmm. like they're really going to delve into the story of all that. Sure. Or maybe they're being tricksy kind of with the interview too. Maybe he's using the power of Titan to throw at them. You know, maybe it's it's a little bit of a visual and not a literal. I and they're just not point. telling us the full scoop here. I mean, he, he's got the he's got the Infinity Gauntlet. He's got two stones in it. I feel like they, they want to show off the power of the gauntlet. I agree, but he can. I mean, if it's straight up like the comic book, then he could bend reality so much that he could do that and then instantly return it back to its form and fine again. And I, I, that's where I think it's going to be a little bit of some trickery going on. Okay. I yeah. I I, I really don't know. I just think like. I guess the big news from this is the fact that it's that that planet is confirmed to be Titan, his his home planet. So yeah, and that hopefully we'll see more of Titan other than this one visual effect. Because yeah, that's some cool stuff. Yeah, do we do we know? Because uh, I'm I'm having trouble remembering from the trailer because I haven't watched in a while. Do we know? Because you said he's got two stones in the gauntlet at that time. Do we know which two they are? I think when I unpack this, I think that. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think in my notes it might be available to us. So as as we okay. break as we break down the news that came out from Entertainment Weekly about the Infinity War, I might have that in here. But as for like remembering off the top of my head, I'm a fucking idiot, Hopner. I don't remember. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we're, we all are. So that that might then give us better idea then sure. later. Sure. Let's talk about uh, some of the things that they talked about in the Entertainment Weekly article. Um, we know Thor is getting a new weapon in Avengers Infinity War. And this was teased a couple of weeks ago uh, with the Marvel Legends Infinity War Thor figure that's coming out. And it was teased as Stormbreaker. And now Entertainment Weekly confirms it in their behind-the-scenes article saying – Quote, while Thor swings a mystical axe known as Stormbreaker, a supersized upgrade from his demolished hammer, Mjolnir. So Stormbreaker is the weapon he will make using the solar forge that we've seen in the trailer. Um, he'll use this weapon during the Battle of Wakanda. We know that. Um we're going to talk about the Battle of Wakanda later in this episode. Guys, this is spoilers all around. So spoilers, possible spoilers all around for uh, Avengers 3. And I've got possible Avengers 4 spoilers coming up later. I can't wait to dive into those. But um, Stormbreaker in the comics is the weapon that's used by Beta Ray Bill. So Jake, Dan, what are the chances that if Hemsworth is gone – and we're going to talk about the chance of him coming back um, later uh, in this news. But what if what if what if he's gone? What are the chances that they're going to give us Beta Ray Bill in these films? I mean, they've been teasing. We got a Beta Ray Bill Easter egg in um, Thor Ragnarok. So um, I think the chances are high that in the next five years or less, we're going to see Beta Ray Bill in some way in film. I think they're well aware that he's a fan favorite. And they haven't had the Easter eggs and teases mm. for no reason. Um, as far as it being in Avengers three and po- or possibly four, I don't. I don't know. I, I can't see him working exactly as a Thor replacement. I almost see him working better, like in kind of like 
the Silver Surfer realm of things, possibly. Well, we know that James Gunn is going to be heading up the cosmic movies going forward. And like last week, man, when we were talking about those movies that are coming out, like it was so hard for me not to and try, say like, oh, they're going to announce a Nova movie in Phase Four. Like, like I wanted to say they're going to announce a Nova movie. But mm-hmm. and like Kevin Feige confirmed this week that Marvel is all about not just playing it safe and like making sequels of established characters that they've made popular. They're all about introducing new characters all the time and starting new stories. So yeah. so no, the no, like the character of Nova, you know, whether it be Richard Ryder or or uh, Sam, I can't remember his full name, but the young Sam. Kid, I can't remember his last name either. Yeah. Guthrie, I'm thinking of, but that's Cannonball. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Um, Beta Ray Bill, I don't know if he, yeah, I don't think they're going to make Thor 4 starring Beta Ray Bill. He's not going to be the replacement. But, um. Yeah, possibly maybe in a third of an Avengers movie or, or an Avengers offshoot movie, we'll see him in that role. Yeah. But I don't know. I'd almost rather see him show up in the cosmic side of things. Mm-hmm. So, it would make anything. more sense there, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I'd be fine. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, Because I I hope you're right that we do get him in, you know, in the future here. But I don't know, because the fact that, you know, as you said, Brian, we had the teaser of him in Thor Ragnarok on the the tower. Yeah. uh, That, I mean, because that makes it seem like it's, at least the way I always took that is, you know, all those previous champions are probably dead, killed by the champion that replaced them, most yeah, likely. Like 2010 in Iron Man 2, we got the tease of Wakanda, and here we are eight years later, we're watching the Black Panther film. Like, there is a – they do these things for a reason, and Kevin Feige mm-hmm. has his finger on the pulse of fans. I agree with Jake that he knows that people are that, – that Beta Ray Bill is a character that we want to see show up in these films he knows it man it's not like the dceu where they're scared to introduce different characters because they might do it wrong like this is kevin feige like this guy knows how to set up characters and bring them into the universe man i fully believe that that sorry he no he released statements this week like He's like, this is not just about like setting up like the big four, Captain America, Thor, um, Iron Man and, and the Hulk and stopping there and just having sequels based on those characters. He's like, this is the Marvel universe. It's the universe. There's so many different characters. Think about it this way. They, Guardians of the Galaxy back before 2014, no one gave a shit. And now everybody knows who Rocket Groot is. He can do the same thing with Beta Ray Bill. In two to three years' time, there can be fucking five and six year olds with Beta Ray Bill sheets on their beds. Like that's yeah, exactly. that's that's what that's what Kevin Feige does. No, and it's more it's more than just uh, talking the talk. He's walked the walk all three phases brian you're absolutely correct there's all three phases they've introduced new new characters and new movies so yeah. why why would he stop now right no you're right and i i that's why i said i hope i'm wrong is i hope you guys are right because i do want to see beta ray bill and i agree that yeah feige definitely has had a very good he has a very good track record of yeah introducing characters that are either so obscure that basically nobody's heard of mm-hmm. them or people that characters that seemed silly on paper. I mean, you know, 
I don't think any of us were big fans of the Ant Man movie. Not big fans, but we, you know, I think you guys tasted them. I tasted it. Yeah, I tasted yeah, it yeah. too. But you know, you know, he still they still took the chance, did it, and then in Civil War he's good. Uh, and I'm I'm you know looking forward to Ant Man and Wasp and everything. But I don't know. It just and it's not because the character is too out there. Because I do agree, Jake, that you know Cosmic Realm is where he would be better suited for than as a Thor replacement. But I don't know. It's just the way that they've what little teases or Easter eggs we've had and nods towards the character and the fact that, you know, Thor is going to be having Stormbreaker instead of, you know, Beta Ray Bill having it. It, just, it, it, it all lines up perfectly, it though. One. I don't it, know. It, it all lines up yes. perfectly, though, because Thor's going away. Thor has Stormbreaker. Thor gets his butt whooped and or killed. Stormbreaker goes flying out into the cosmos. Now Beta Ray Bill has it. Right. Yes, yeah. I suppose. They've changed point. so many stories within the Marvel Universe already in the MCU, Dan. I mean, like, think about, like, you know, Civil War didn't go exactly the way in the comic books. Basically, Avengers Age of Ultron just had the title from the, from, from the series. It had nothing to do with the actual Age of Ultron comic book series. Yeah, wait. And we know how much you love that movie, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that that comic was entirely centered around Hank Pym, if I believe. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and there was a lot of Hawkeye in it too. You know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Who uh, can't even make one of the fifteen Entertainment Weekly covers? Yeah, he yeah. didn't. Guys, oh, no. that's a burn. Let's move. Yeah, Mantis <laughs> made it onto a cover. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, a founding member, and he couldn't get on the cover. Do we know if he's even in the, uh, Infinity Wars? Do we know whether or not he, he is? He is. He uh, is. Okay. He's in the prelude comic. He says he's retired, so apparently whatever's happening here is major enough for him to pull out of retirement. A lot of people yeah, are speculating. War, so. A lot of people are speculating that Hawkeye is going to die. I think that after Avengers 4, I would speculate that he is just going to retire. So we'll see. Um, anyway, Captain America, let's talk about weapons again. Captain America has been upgraded. And here's a quote from the article. Cap's red, white, and blue shield is gone, replaced by a pair of vibranium gauntlets, courtesy of Black Panther's genius little sister, Shuri. So we've also seen these gauntlets, these vibranium gauntlets from the toys as well. That was uh, kind of like revealed, I'd say, three to four weeks ago in the Legends series. So, yeah, Cap's got these uh, these vibranium gauntlets. Um, I I like it, man. I, I like everything that they're doing here. I think it sends a statement because, like, the shield, mm-hmm. like the the you know the shield that he has is like a circular, smooth shield, and now he's got these fucking gauntlets that have like sharp edges. It's like a complete eight one eighty from like what we've seen from him. Like we've seen him with like the red, white, and blue. Now he's like dressed in black. He's nomad. Instead of being clean shaven, he's got the beard. And now instead of having a smooth circular shield, he's got fucking sharp gauntlets. I mean, this is this is not the cap we're used to, man. This is Didn't they sh- didn't they show those those in the trailer at some point? I thought they did. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm right there with you about this weapon though, Brian. It's he's not Captain America. You know, it's a brand new character. He's rough around the edges. Yeah. And, and you want to make him harder and more physically intimidating. 
Yeah. And it's really exciting. I can't wait to see this stuff on screen. I can't. Yeah. I think it pay, I think it also ties into just his character and how he's developed over the movies and everything. Cause even, you know, uh, in the first Avengers movie, not the first Captain America first Avenger, but Avengers one, you know, he's, when he, we're reintroduced to him, he's talking to Fury, he's starting to get a little bit of that cynicism asking, you know, what did we lose in between World War II and when I came out? And I think it, this, that, that, character arc has kind of continued for him throughout all these films that he's been in and I think this is a good continuation of that and maybe depending on how things go uh, uh, tying off the knot for him depending on what happens but yeah I think it's really good uh, visual uh, representation of how the character is changing as well as you know, emotionally. Do you guys have you guys heard that the the suit that he's wearing like the all black suit that has no stars on it it, the star is actually blacked out. Did you hear yeah, that? I've, did you hear that? It, it's 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 actually just his Captain America suit, but it's been singed black. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, from the I didn't ex- hear that it was singed, but it definitely looks like his World War Two. Well, wasn't there? An, wasn't didn't he have? Wasn't there like an explosion at the end of Civil War? Like between him, the fight between him and um, um, what's his fucking name? Iron Man. No, 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 no. Um, uh, Frank Grillo's character that he played. Oh, Crossbones. Crossbones, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. I need to watch Civil War again. No, because the explosion was contained by Scarlet Witch, and then it went up into the building, and that's what the Sokovia Accords happened. Yeah. I've, but I've... I, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I'm... I think I've heard that the it's just it's it's his suit, but it's been singed black. But I don't know. So uh, I like that. I hope that's true. Yeah, me too. Even maybe it's something he did himself, even yeah. as like a symbol to what what he is now. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. he takes his costume and self singes it that way. That's true. Yeah, because it looks like the design wise, we look at it really closely. Because I did see a couple images. It looks almost the same as his World War II outfit, just, yeah, all the colors taken out of it, so maybe, yeah, a paint job as a representation for where he's, you know, at mentally and emotionally right now. Let's talk about um, Tony Stark's upgrade. Um, This is a quote from the EW article. Tony Stark will fire up the bleeding edge armor which emerges across his body from a new arc reactor. Basically the same tech as Shuri gave T'Challa for his Black Panther necklace, guys, is what we're seeing here. Um, and um, the new suit also includes wings on the back and arms that serve as rocket boosters into deep space. So I want that'll probably come up later when I talk about like the third act of this film and like what is going to be going on here. Um, because I'm guys, I'm really con- confused about the third act and what's going to happen. I want, I can't wait till we start talking about that. So let's let's move forward. But yeah, the bleeding edge armor, which is basically like it, it sounds like this is going to be a Wakandan upgrade for him, uh, and the same technology that T'Challa has with his uh, his necklace suit, and we've seen it in the trailer. We've seen the suit in the trailer form over his body, over his clothes. So it looks really cool. 
Um, there's going to be a battle in Wakanda, like I said. Um, the skyline of Wakanda, here's from the article, the skyline of Wakanda's capital city stands in the distance and Cap and Thor are among hundreds of tribal, uh, war- are among hundreds of tribal warriors from throughout the nation gathered at the river's edge to join the heroes in facing down a horde of synthetic alien demons known as the Outriders. So we've got, uh, it, it, I mean, uh, we're going to talk about this Wakanda battle. I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm so confused yeah. about this. Um, Here's here's some other great takeaways from the Entertainment Weekly article. Um, on the other side of the river, Sebastian stands Bucky Barnes, the former Winter Soldier, now known to his Wakandan friends as White Wolf. And this is, yeah, we'll talk about that later too. He 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 is he's White Wolf now. He's White Wolf. He's laying waste to Outriders while Rocket, in the form of Sean Gunn, wielding a puppet stand-in, distracts him with some offers he can easily refuse. Um, Rocket says, how much for the gun? And uh, the furry dealmaker asks, admiring the firepower clutched by Bucky's mechanical limb. Bucky says, yeah, the arm. Bucky says, says, it's not for sale. Um, Rocket says, okay, how much for the arm? The arm. Rocket persists. Um, And then the... the strength of yeah. Then the article goes on to say the strength of Infinity War is not just in assembling what appears to be the entire roster of Marvel cinematic superheroes in common cause. It's in pairing the oddest of couples, and they're basically explaining that here. They're they're showing us what it would be like for Bucky to hang out with Rocket Raccoon. It's awesome. I mean, that's what Marvel comics do best. Yes. So it's yeah. awesome for the movies to do that. I mean, I love the unusual pairings that happen in the comics when you do these events, like. Yes, the crossovers have a bunch of needless comics that you don't have to spend money on, but the thing they do best is like putting two characters together that you don't see to go together. And for the mm-hmm. movies to be able to achieve this with this level of success, I'm super excited. This- yeah, no, I I absolutely agree because that is a lot of the fun of seeing like Spider-Man teaming up with Daredevil or Luke Cage and Wolverine hanging out. You yeah. know, weird yeah. weird combinations of people that yeah, exactly aren't ones you would normally think of that go together or would necessarily play well but seeing those interactions because it really flushes out just like the the world of the universe as a whole individually as characters but also just the expanse of everything i mean yeah, they, I, they also tease like this whole conversation between like of course like two characters we, we've seen talk before but like Thor meeting up with Captain America again. And now, now Thor's talking about like, you know, losing the eye, having the eye patch. Thor sees like Captain America who's like clean shaven now with a beard talking about like nice beard, very rugged, you know, like, and we don't know, like, they're also talking about shooting these scenes and saying these things and not knowing if they're going to make it into the film, you know, Cap's talking about how Thor's got short hair. Now he's used to seeing like this long flowing, like Vidal Sassoon bullshit going on. And like, that's not happening. Yeah. So I don't know. There's so many things that could happen in this movie. Um, I can't wait to see the article then goes on to tease about possible deaths, deaths and characters leaving the franchise. Um, according to infinity war screenwriters, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, who co-wrote all three captain America movies. Some heroes may simply get to ride off into the sunset. Others may sacrifice themselves or fall in battle. Quote, it's safe to say we will say farewell to people. McFeely promises in an, in another 
Entertainment Weekly article. Feige, Kevin Feige himself confirmed this by saying, yes, I mean, I can always list off the characters that we've killed in our movies that haven't come back, but the big ones, which I know they're looking at, I would just say yes. People need to be careful what they wish for. So he's saying that these deaths could be permanent. Like this is not a Phil Coulson situation where they're going to come back. So, (laughs) so before I go any further into this guys speculation, who dies and, 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 and is it happening in this film or is it Avengers four? Hmm. I really think there's going to be a death in this movie. Like that's how you do it. Cause it, it's the two movie back to back thing. You gotta get, you gotta get really low in this one so you can get re- a bit more up in the next one. So I think we're definitely going to get a big death here. Um, yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you. Maybe two. Who dies? Who dies? That's, that's my question. It's like, is it, is it Thor is too easy, right? Mm-hmm. It almost feels like that's a distraction with the news. Yeah. So, oh man, I don't know. I, I'm really, the more and more I think about it, the more I think they might off Iron Man. I, I think that's going to be an inevitability, but I think just, you know, meta wise, I think that they'll save that for four. So I think that'll be like the big end of thing in Avengers four right. is either he runs, uh, he rides off to the sunset permanently or is killed off. Cause I think like, because, you know, he started off the entire MCU in Iron Man 1 and everything, so I think that, like, they'll want to save him going out, whether it's him running off in some set or getting killed off, as, like, the big thing to end Avengers 4 of, like, okay, that marks, like, you know, the real end of what we've known so far. Now we get into the whole new cast. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Kind of, I was thinking about the book in Factor Two, but I yeah. still could see them pulling that trigger at the end of three. Well, it's, possible. We, possible. Jake, I'm with you 100. percent I'm with you 100. percent We've. We uh, here's the thing, and this is like you're going to think that this might contradict that. We've seen photos of Iron Man, Captain America, who's back to wearing the stars and stripes, the red, white, and blue. In mm-hmm. Avengers Four, we've we've seen That's those leaked photos. We've seen Iron Man. We've seen Cap back to wearing the red, white, and blue. We've seen Ant Man. We've seen Hulk. You know, Mark Ruffalo on set. We've seen Doctor Strange. Um, Cat's going crazy. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Do do we, do I need to pause? No, I just have to let her in. I'm blocking okay. between her and the litter box. All right, cool. Um, let's see here. Where was I? Uh, we've, so, like I've said, like we, in, in Avengers 4, we've seen Iron Man, we've seen Cap, we've seen Ant-Man, we've seen Hulk, Doctor Strange. Um, I have not seen pictures of Chris Hemsworth, but I know he's been cast in, um, Avengers 4. Um, you know, sorry, as you were just kind of going through the list there, you know who I think might be a good bet for three to go is Scarlett Johansson. Well, okay. Mm, not with all the Black Widow movie hype. Yeah. Unless it's going to be just a prequel. But I what, would imagine it probably would be though. All right, well guys, I let me exp- let me exp- let me explain. Once I dive into this a little bit more, you might understand why I'm bringing these names up. 
Um, mm-hmm. Let me dive into this more. Okay, there's a lot more to this. Just because we're, we're hearing about, you know, Iron Man, Captain America doesn't mean that they don't die still in Avengers 3. That's my whole point for bringing this up is back in January of this year, Chris Hemsworth himself said – um, to USA Today, it's a quote that he had to USA Today. He talked about um, after Avengers 4, he said, I'm done. I won't be playing the character again. And so I don't know if he meant that, if it's like 100% that he's not coming back. But I mean, there's a good chance that Thor could die. We don't know. But I, I'm 100% sure that in Avengers 3, that one of the big three is going to die. It's either going to be Captain America, Thor, or Iron Man. It could be two or it could be all three. I don't know, but they're good. one of them is going to die. Yeah, I'm with you, and my money is on Iron Man. And I want to talk, sure. and we'll talk about um, we'll talk about like why are they showing up in four when you've already said that one of them's died in three. We'll talk about that later. Um, but anyway, let's talk about. I want to talk about the third act in Avengers: Infinity War. There was the this is confusing. There was the Lego leak that happened last year. We saw the Lego leak for the Lego sets. And the always Legos. Well the the Lego leak contradicts everything that we've heard from Kevin Feige and from the Russo brothers. So I don't fucking really know one hundred percent what happens in the third act. But anyway, here's here's what Feige's third act statement was with Entertainment Weekly. That's the grand Marvel Studios MCU tradition of just being all in, right? All in on stuff we believe in before the audience tells us what they think. You've heard us talk ad nauseum about the fact that we were in production on Avengers before either Thor or Captain America was released. Same thing with the whole third act of Infinity War – being in Wakanda. Hmm. What? Hold on, hold on. Um, here we go. Let's let me let me read the Russo brothers' statements here. They say this is this is rumors that I talked about a couple weeks ago. Okay, I mentioned that there was the rumor that the vibranium. In the ground, this is go back. This goes to the Black Panther movie. The that there could be vibranium in the ground, of course, in Wakanda, that was home to the Soul Stone, and that they were fighting in Wakanda to protect the Soul Stone. Or, I also said that they will take Vision, played by Paul Bettany, take that character to Wakanda to protect the Mind Stone that's in his forehead. And one of those rumors is correct. And here's what the article says. Stalking the heroes through the overgrowth is Proxima Midnight. One of the warriors Thanos kidnapped when they were young to train his bloodthirsty lieutenants, just as he did with his estranged children, Gamora and Nebula. Vision is a living MacGuffin. Obviously, that raises the stakes because Vision's life is in danger and his life is in conflict with Thanos' goals, so something's got to give. Cap makes the decision to bring Vision here to Wakanda. Earth is making its last stand to keep the stone from Thanos. It's the best place to make your last stand. Yeah. The only thing that makes me think that maybe they're being a little bit like trying to trick us is the whole – 
like in the trailer we saw Thanos taking the stone from Vision already and you would have to imagine that that takes place past the Well that was act. that was Proxima Midnight. Okay. That was yeah. Proxima Midnight taking the stone from Vision's forehead. I think that there might be two third acts. Well, okay, there's one third act but two events happening concurrently. Yeah, yeah that's not just wrong. Wakanda. That I agree with you, Brian. It's going to be like the grand like Empire Strikes Back finale where That's, like, multiple yes. things are happening at once. There's yeah. one there's one third act, but there's two acts happening concurrently. We'll talk about the second. We'll talk about the other event here in just a moment. But yes, it sounds like what you know, what we were kind of we we talked about this like when we first heard the news, we didn't know where this whole Wakanda act took place. And like now they're saying it's it's third act stuff, which I don't know, man. It Jake, you originally said it sounded like second act stuff and like I thought it was third act stuff, but I kind of like after we got done recording that episode, I was kind of like leaning towards what you were saying. And like I'm still I'm still thinking like maybe it is misdirection. Maybe maybe you're right, you know? Like Maybe it's maybe it's second act stuff because it 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 would make sense that they would have to take the stone out of Vision's forehead and like that's where I don't know right yeah I'm I'm with you I'm with you 100 percent Brian and if it is third act stuff yeah I think you've nailed it the yes. only way that that could be possible that it has to be third act with two events happening simultaneously right. Yeah, which honestly, I, I don't think that is what's going to happen. I really do think they're they're giving us the bait and switch with these interviews, and I don't think they're beneath doing that either. And I think that kind of stuff is fun. I, I really do think that. I don't think it's the Russo brothers' style to to do like that. I think this Wakanda stuff is going to be like their a hundred times grander version of the airport scene, mm. and I can't imagine them doing cutaways from it. Yeah. Let's let's talk about let's talk about the third act that could um, that could hey, happen. Real quick before that, could we take a real quick break? Sure, Jake. We'll take a oh that oh Hopner. Yeah, it was yeah. not me. I know. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we're in a groove. But yeah, Hopner wants to take a break. Everybody, all right. Greetings, leftover army. Pop culture leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read, but their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers. And on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right. Hey, we are back. Okay. Let's see here. I want to talk about, uh, you know, we've been talking about the third act happening in Wakanda. Uh, the Russo brothers are saying the third act happens in Wakanda. Uh, Kevin Feige says third act happens in Wakanda. It's going to be to protect the vision. It's going to be to protect the, uh, the uh, mind stone that he has in his forehead. And so here's the thing though, guys, we remember that I think it was back in January of this year. I think it was January. It could have been earlier. It could have been earlier sometime last year. And I apologize if my cat, he's trying to rub his fucking head on the mic right now. Um, 
Yeah. Anyway, um, so there's a there was a Lego leak. It was a playset that came out, and it's about the third act, and it was called Thanos: The Last Battle. And uh, the figures included were Thanos, Iron Man, Star Lord, and Gamora. So here's the description of that. Together with the Avengers, start the fight for the glove of infinity. Shoot at it, th- shoot at Thanos from the ship's thorns. Open the cockpit and attack the space bike along with Star Lord and Gamora. Avoid the blows of Thanos's huge sword and use the Iron Man's power units to defeat Titan's supervillain. Having won. Grab the golden glove of infinity and fly away. So, Jake, do you remember from the original trailer that leaked through the cell phone footage that there was a huge cosmic battle that took place where they're jumping around in space and it looks like they're battling Thanos Doctor Strange is making platforms and Star-Lord is jumping off them. That's got to be part of this third act, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And I honestly, I really think this Lego set and coming to terms with the possibility that this is the third act is really big time more evidence that it's Iron Man that's going to bite it. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's possible. I mean, you, I think you guys are right when we were talking about a minute ago about, uh, you know, it's like Empire Strikes Back where you got multiple things going on in the third act simultaneously. So I think that, yeah, it's going to be like they're, you know, going after the, the big army, Thanos' army with the, what are they, the Black Suns or whatever they're called? And the Black, Black Order. Order. Black, Black Order. Order. Thank yeah. you. Uh, you know, in the big battle in Wakanda is going on on Earth, and then simultaneously you have a different group of guys because, you know, even that shot at the very end of the actual trailer, what we see Cap, War Machine, Falcon, Hulk, Black Widow, Akoya, and somebody else, I forget who, that's like running through the woods of Wakanda. But, you know, we don't see everybody there, so I think the rest of the people that are going to be in the movie are going to be possibly battling Thanos out in space or wherever they're at with Doctor Strange and everybody else, like you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. It does make sense. There's there's theories about what happens out there in, um, in space. Uh, I'm hearing that a lot of people are theorizing that Gamora is going to eventually like they're going to be they're going to stop Thanos Gamora is going to wield the gauntlet after they stop yeah. Thanos and she's going to reset the universe um i but- could see why that's such a huge fan theory she's no it's no it's not gamora it's nebula that does the yoinking in, in the comics in the comics yeah in the comics yeah. but there's but like as you know I, but with the playset coming out they're saying that they're switching it to gamora now that's the big rumor that people are theorizing so i i don't know if that's going to be the case here but you know with her being a daughter of thanos and that being like brought up a lot in the in the Guardians of the Galaxy films, there's got to be something, some kind of closure there with Gamora and Thanos. So they agreed. So I think something's definitely going to happen there. Um, let's talk I'd about. I'd wager. I'd wager one of the two, either Gamora or Nebula, might get killed off 
as a result of that because there's that whole family conflict there, and I think one of them will end up sacrificing themselves for the other, and that'll kind of be a spurring uh, moment for the other one to really I get up. I think that we still have I a say no. I say we got a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 that James Gunn wants to use these characters. Yeah, I was getting – you beat me to it, Brian. No, None of the Guardians or any of their ancillary characters are dying because yes. that's James Gunn's say. I've heard rumors uh, of – I've point. heard rumors of Drax dying in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, um, but he's – none of these characters are going to be dying in this film. Basically, James Gunn has said that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is the last we're going to see of like this team. And it felt like mm-hmm. Nebula slowly becoming possibly part of the team. So she's definitely coming back and they're finishing that story in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I Fair think point. if there's a character that's going to die in this – if we're going to say like one of the the big three – Let's say if there's going to be another character that dies in this that's not one of the big three of, like, Iron Man, Thor, and Cap, I'm saying mm-hmm. Loki dies in this movie. If, yeah, if I, probable. If I had to guess because – well, he's so attached to the Tesseract, which he delivers to Thanos. And I feel like there's only so many fucking things that he can do to save his own skin before Thanos ends up killing him. Right. Yeah, and the character seems to have gone more or less as far as you can narratively at this point in time without doing that ultimate act of betrayal and then, you know, paying the price for it in the way that he wouldn't expect it to. Well, let's talk about – okay, guys. We talked about I, – I, 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 Real quick. Yes. Um, yes. I got to guess as if someone besides the big three dies. Um, my money's definitely on the Scarlet Witch. I, I think the whole – Gotcha is you're going to think it's Vision that's going to die the entire time, but it's going to be her. Hmm. Hmm. So maybe not, though, because that's with the whole kid angle and everything. With the kid angle, yeah. and like, I feel like maybe the possible female Avengers and maybe them with like having maybe a new Avengers. She might be there. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Maybe maybe her death will be one of those. She, at some point, will probably have a death that's not a permanent death. That's yeah. kind of the way her character goes. Yeah. Um, Good point. Let's talk about, like, okay, we've been talking about, like, one of the big three dying. But does that answer how they would come back and have they've shot how they've shot scenes for Avengers 4? Hmm. All right. Let's talk. Yeah. You know, Go ahead. I would I would imagine that you know yeah, mul- that's why I'm kind of like throwing a lot of names out there. Definitely one of the big three is most likely going to die, but I think there's going to be one, maybe even two ancillary characters. I wouldn't even necessarily put Spider Man off the table for that as dying. Well, given we, what we know we're, we're getting we're getting Spider Man. Well, we're getting Spi- we Hold on, we're getting Spider Man two in 2019. Yeah, but we get it reversed in Avengers Four through. They're not killing a Sony character. Sony's not going to allow them to kill. Yes, I'm I'm with. I think it's something that you know they could die in three, then they come back to life through some magic or whatever by the end of four, Mm -hmm. and that's how we get ourselves out of that situation. I'm not. I I think it wouldn't be the right move. Peter Parker's off the table, in my opinion, Hopner. Agreed, agreed. There's no explanation that the Sony character's dying. I mean, probably. I mean, I think it would be a cheap way because, I mean, let me ask you guys this. Do you think that there isn't going to be a situation where somebody big or important is going to die and then they come back in four? Uh, I I think if we get more than one death, that's possible. 
I think if they kill Iron Man in three, it'll be it'll be permanent. We'll see him in four, but it'll be in other ways besides him being alive. Well, and what do you mean? How in other ways? Well, well, hey, hold on. Flashbacks? No, 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 no. Let me get into this. Let me get into this. Yeah. How, we, okay, Iron Man definitely could die in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. We are going to see him in Avengers 4. I've seen yes. the leaked photos. He's so definitely bad. in Avengers 4. Why are we seeing him? All you need to do is look at the photos and put two and two together, and it answers those questions. So, okay, here it is. We've seen the pictures. We know what we see in it. I'll talk about those pictures. But Doctor Strange in Avengers 4, the theory is he's going to possess the time stone. And we'll be seeing some time travel in the Marvel Universe. Doctor Strange. I don't know. Doctor Strange, the more I think about it, he's going to be the one. I think he could possibly introduce the Fantastic Four or the X-Men going forward. Um, I, I've thought about, yeah. like, you know, I'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in the future. But anyway, I'm going to jump into some Avengers 4 spoilers <clears throat> here. Um Before we get back to the EW article, there, there, there's set photos out there. This is, this is old news. This is from a few, few months ago, but the Avengers and Avengers 4 are, it looks like they're going to be doing some time traveling. And in the set photos, you see New York City destroyed. You see Thor back with his long hair, both eyes. <laughs> so that means that they travel back to the time. You see Cap wearing his, his Avengers costume. So that this means that they travel back to the time where the Battle of New York with the Chitari happened. So this is this is so people are saying, oh, is this is this is this flashback scenes? No, no. The same photos reveal that Ant Man is now a part of this. So why is Ant Man there now? So these are these are Avengers four set photos. The reports and rumors are leaning that towards that the Avengers will attempt to travel back in time to defeat Thanos after suffering losses by the end of Infinity War. Are they trying to bring back characters that have died? What are they what are they doing? What is the purpose for these characters going back to the Battle of New York? So so we know we know one hundred percent time travel is possible for Doctor Strange. He, 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 he could have, and I think he does. We'll talk about this later. He could have the time stone by the end of Infinity War. This could be setting up the Illuminati. He could be the one in the possession of the infinity, of the, of the time stone at the end, end of Infinity War. And we've seen him manipulate, control time just by using the eye of Agamotto in Doctor Which Strange. Isn't that the time stone? No, no, no. It's, that's not the time stone, is it? Is yeah, that, Bakamot, it is an Infinity Stone. We know that. Are they talking about? Is that? Is that the? Is that? Yeah, it might be. See, they the thing say is, it by the end because yeah. uh, what's the name Wong? It's like it's not like a good idea to have multiple Infinity Stones yes. in one place. So that is a time stone. It's right? just. It's, see, that's the thing. It's like all these. We're finding out recently that everything contains a stone like the tesseract itself is not the stone it's like within the tesseract it contains yeah, the stone like loki's scepter right the mind stone in right so basically right, yeah Hold yeah on. entertainment weekly says uh capable of manipulating the stone is currently housed in dr strange mystical eye of agamotto there we go the okay. Stone. Okay. Yeah. okay 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 
there we go. That's it. So it's theoretically, he just gets it back by the end. Right, right. So he's manipulating time. He's using it for time travel. They have also speculated possibly Ant-Man could do I, – I don't I, – I'm leaning more towards – Doctor Strange giving them the ability for time travel because some people are saying like Ant-Man's involved in this scene so maybe it has something to do with the quantum realm which basically anything can happen with time and space when you're in the quantum realm okay so but but let's say I don't know like I don't know I, I, I'm leaning more towards Doctor Strange being the one that's behind all this the time travel and they definitely yeah. in Avengers 4 there are scenes of them back in New York what looks like New York 2012 against the battle with the Chitari and so basically at this point we could be I mean I mean we could be looking at characters that died in Avengers Infinity War so and uh, them trying to possibly either bring them back, fight alongside them, stop this, stop this war sooner. What a classic sounding Avenger storyline that is! Right, right, right. <laughs> so I love it. I do. I too. hope that's correct. I, I, Jake, if you look at the, if you look at the set, the the set photos, Cap is back in his Avengers costume. The set looks like destroyed New York. It looks 100% like New York City during the Battle of the Chitari. I, I, and you've got, you've got Thor back with the long hair, both eyes. And I 100% believe that that is what's being set up here. It's time travel with Doctor Strange. 100%. Yeah, I, I think it's, I, I've thought for a while it's pretty concrete that Avengers 4 is going to involve some sort of time travel to some extent or another. That's why I've, I'm kind of I'm open to a lot of people potentially any anybody could potentially die because you could potentially bring them back by the end of four. I, th- I, 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 I think it'll tease it. Names out there, Hopner. I th- I, I'm going back to Feige's statements that some of these deaths are going to be permanent. So I, I think it'll tease it. I, I think they're going to tease us. I think the contracts line up with some of these guys leaving. Permanently. Yeah, no, okay? I, I definitely agree with you. On I know, that. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hold on, let me finish my let me finish my thoughts here, Chief. I Go think ahead. I think that it's going to tease us as fans, and we're going to be going into this watching like, oh my god, oh my god, they could bring Iron Man back, they could bring Cat back, and, and we're going to want to believe that these guys they're going to be able to bring them back, and it might not happen for us. We might leave the theaters, and they're not coming back. But yeah, no, I. I but definitely agree. They might bring one of the two back. I think we might get two to three deaths in this next film. And by that's the end of it. That's what I'm saying. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. That's why I think that there's. Because I think it would be. I mean, I don't know if it would be smart or really cheap. But if they killed off somebody in three that we already know is coming back. And like, well, how the hell is that going to happen? Because they've already got this sequel confirmed or whatever. And then in four, we but, get one or two people that they're able to save. They can't save, let's say, Iron Man. Or but there Thor haven't been any sequels confirmed, man. I mean, there well, haven't. No, but I mean, like, Spider-Man. That's why I don't think Spider Peter Parker is necessarily off the table because... Oh, he's, he's, nah, he's off the table. Know. Spider-Man ain't dying, man. Well, but again, I'm just saying I don't I I'm not willing to take anything off the table because of the fact that since we're going to do time travel, you could you could 
kill off somebody that we know is coming back in a confirmed sequel already, and then they we bring them back in four in time for their sequel. What's I don't the know. point of I've, doing it then? I, uh, hold on. I, I just listen marketing. to me. The, no, no. What's the point in doing it then? We know we're getting Spider-Man 2 in July 2019. What's the fucking point of fucking killing him if he's coming back? Not What's the fucking point that. of wasting my goddamn time? It's the next movie, I thought, right? It, or, isn't it? Oh, no, no. And, it's and the fr- it's the first movie and, after Avengers 4. Yeah. But that's why... Because, look, we we all, you know, a lot of us, the three of us and a lot of the listeners, we all read all these news things, but a lot of people don't read that stuff. A lot of people aren't reading all these things, so... It's possible. I don't think it's it's not necessarily likely, but it's why I'm not willing to take completely off the table because I will. It would be a I will too. I all that stuff I hear what you're saying, but the Sony stuff is the final nail in the coffin. They they don't have the rights to kill off Sony's number one property character. They don't. They don't. If they already know they're not that that. Death they don't even be- want to toying around with that. They don't want to answer yeah. questions like that when they're promoting the Venom movie. They're not. Uh, none, none of that's happening. I mean, you're probably right. I'm just. I'm not willing to take anybody off the table right now. Is all. Spider Man zero point zero percent chance. He's probably the least likely. Yes, I will definitely agree with you on that. I'm not willing to take him one hundred percent off the table though. <laughs> I am. I am 100% taking him off the table. Like, what's the point in killing off a character where you've already got, like, the sequel confirmed for 2019? Like, there's zero point. You're probably right. You're probably right, and I'll eat massive crow on it come May, I'm sure, but I'm not willing to say everybody is safe yet. All right. That's just me. Wow. Well, no prediction is not a prediction. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) <laughs> I, okay. I, I guess I guess you're yeah, not I will, you're saying everyone has a chance of dying so it's you know I yeah but there's gradients of it yeah Parker is the least likely I will admit but I mean I've thrown names like you know Scarlett Johansson out there you guys thrown Scarlet Witch out there I think we all agree Iron Man is pretty high on the table to get cut I don't know I'm just it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens, and I'm really excited to see what happens. Man, I don't know, man. If uh, if Spider Man ends up dying, like in Infinity War, I'll cut off my dick and fry it up and eat it like a sausage. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Wow! Seriously, Can I get that in writing just in case. <laughs> That'll be it's no, on a seriously. podcast, dude. Yeah. It's on a podcast. It's out there. Like, seriously, like uh, the episode after Infinity War review is just going to be like you're going to hear like me sizzling, sizzle, sizzle, pop, pop, and then chew, chew, chew. Like, that's it. (laughs) Like, hey, well, what's going on? Oh, Brian's eating his penis on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) This is where we'd like to remind you about our Amazon links to our website. Right. Make any purchases through Amazon. And ironically, Dan West and not me will be on that episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. I I think you're, I think you're, I, I think you're crazy. I think you're crazy. Just like. I, 
I mean, I definitely am, not necessarily because of this, but yes, but again, I do think he's the least What's likely. The, no, hold on, hold on. Alright, hey, 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 Chatty Chatterton, listen, like, what's the fucking point? What is the fucking point to kill off, and I know you're saying, like, ah, not everybody reads these articles, not everybody pays attention, but, like, what's the point of killing off a character that we know is getting a sequel, like, literally two months later? Like it's, it's 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 cheap emotional marketing. It's ridiculous. Is it's like I, it doesn't make sense to me, Jake. Are you feeling? It's where me? they br- it's where they bring in Ben Riley and yeah. Spider clones. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I'm go. with you 100, percent Brian. We're me and you when we talk, we're saying the same thing on right. the subject. It's, right. It's not happening. Right. Right. No, no, I'm, I'm just. It's mostly me just playing devil's advocate. There's a there's point. a bigger chance they kill off Kevin Feige in the movie than they kill off Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. Has he been an extra in any of the movies? Who? Surely. Kevin Feige. Kevin Has Feige. he been an extra? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Has he done that? Mm-hmm. I would think, if I was You would think surely. Yeah. yeah. So maybe he's been killed on screen, but we don't know. Oh, my but no. God. But anyway. I hope Kevin doesn't listen to this episode because he probably, he'll probably make me eat my dick next year. <laughs> <laughs> Just to prove a point. Yeah, yeah. That guy from Pop Culture no, Left. He's all about real. being bold. I'm going to make him fry up his cock with some olive oil. In oh, man. Yeah. Kicking off phase four with frying up Brian's cock. There we go. Yeah, I'm going to gonna bake my penis in a light vinaigrette sauce. Three hours, three fifty. So, yeah, good shit. Um, let's see here. Um... I don't know. Uh, where did I want to go with this? There's a lot more news. I don't, I don't think I want to cover like literally everything. Um, they talked about, um, they talk about Thanos. They talk about him on the hunt for the infinity stones and a lot of stuff like we know. They, they, the Russo brothers say he's on a hunt. Uh, we're using a bit of a nineties heist genre component. Thanos is, uh, on a smash and grab and everybody's trying to catch up the whole movie dr strange has the green time stone benicio del toro's the collector has the red reality stone and the intergalactic police nova Corps has the purple power stone while tom hilston's loki has snatched the blue space stone the yellow mind stone is embedded in the forehead of paul bettany's vision and was the key component to bringing him life uh, it's very doubtful he can survive long without it. Uh, they don't go into the soul stone because we still don't know about where the soul stone is. Um, they have you heard? Have you heard the the theory that this is a terrible theory that Tony's father Howard Stark created Tony with the soul stone. <laughs> I have heard yeah. that theory. That's that's wild. <laughs> is it? It is so garbage. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. What, what's the line? There's a line. You will, you always be my. You have been and always will be my greatest creation. Yeah, and that was the Soul Stone. Like fuck off with that shit. Yeah, what right. is what is and always will be my greatest creation is you. Oh, that's right. It was that line that made people go Gonzo. The theory the goes ridiculous. The theory goes therefore that Howard cre- Howard created Tony with the Soul Stone. Oh, fuck off. Tell you what, Brian, I'll give you even odds. If that ends up being true, I'll cut off and fry my dick. <laughs> oh oh man, that, there's a. 
five hundred percent chance of that happening over Spider Man hey, dying. Hey, oh, fuck off, Hopner. Do you want to do you want to eat each other's penises like Lady in the Tramp style? <laughs> yeah. What happens if both, what happens if both of us are right and wrong? <laughs> Like I can, I can push like my dick towards you with my nose, and then, oh, <laughs> and then we be adorable. Then we can chew on them together and kiss. Tell you what, if we need to do it, sure, why not? <laughs> when the moon hits your eye like a big penis pie, that's amore. And then, like, then we kiss, and then, yeah, yeah good shit, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, real, real quick, I just want to say one. It's not, oh, not dick related. Thank you. But I, yeah, going back to the the probability of the uh, the big uh, the third act Wakanda of the Wakanda fight being a third act. Thing, yeah, I actually really like that as an idea because black panther did such a good job of making us all instantly love and care about wakanda that it makes it feel better than because i don't know about you guys but to me wakanda not getting torn down and getting destroyed is way more important to me than new york or chicago or la or london or any other city in the world well see the thing is like i part of me thinks like the way that they set up wakanda for like the the future and like how it's going to have all these medical advancements and science and stuff like that. Like it would make sense to destroy it for the future of the Marvel cinematic universe. Sure. But on the flip side, it's like, I want to see more of it. Like they've already fucking destroyed that's, the hell out of Asgard. Like that's what I mean. It's, yeah. It's just you instantly because of black Panther, you we've all loved that movie so much and fell in love with that nation mm-hmm. and that city. And I don't want to see that thing turn into 75 9-11s happening. I want that place to be safe. And I think putting the third act big, like, major army versus army clash conflict there gives a real good emotional added stakes to it because you don't want this pure place that we've come to love just so recently, only a couple months before this movie comes out, be reduced to rubble. Well, that's one of those things that they could change when it comes time for you know avengers 4 with the time travel stuff so we'll see Could be, but i just think it's really good writing that like that you're having a big conflict take place there because yeah. you don't want that place getting destroyed uh let's see here um they're talking about uh you know different characters in the cw article they talk about like what okoye is going through um okoye the leader of uh, the dora milaje Wakanda special forces. She just got used to opening up to foreigners. Now she's fighting alongside talking raccoons and aliens. Um, <laughs> so, uh, they, uh, that's going to be cool. Um, yeah, it's more of that good little inner, interpersonal reactions of weird, odd couple relationships. We find out that uh, T'Challa and Okoye welcome Cap, Vision, and other as others as friends, as allies to their homeland. Uh, as we saw at the end of Black Panther, the new king wants his powerful country to stand up for more than itself. The whole universe seems like a good place to start. I'm excited that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, I'm excited that we, we just ended, you know, watching Black Panther, and uh, we're going to get to go back 
to Wakanda. We're going to get to see them fight alongside the heroes that we've like grown to love over the last 10 years. So this is cool. Um, yeah. Bozeman talks about um, Captain America and says they trust each other. Um, Bozeman says of Panther and Cap, the actor points to his gift of claws, uh, of claw shields from Shuri. Uh, forged from Wakanda's sacred natural resource. His shield was already made from vibranium anyway, so it's just an extension of what he already had, this time actually giving it to him, as opposed to Bozeman shrugs, the materials for the old shield were likely taken, not offered. Me actually giving it to him is a testament to our relationship and trust. I think that's cool. Um, the article goes... Hey, do you... Do you think that his those gauntlets or the the claw shields that Cat's gonna get are gonna have that same uh, kinetic reflection ability that Panther's suit had in the movie? Yeah, I do. I hope so, because that'd be pretty cool. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, Black Widow apparently only trusts Cap in this, so. Um, Bucky Makes is sense. is now White Wolf, and um, yeah, so um, yeah, he's he's being considered uh, White Wolf. Uh, Anthony Mackie as Falcon is not comfortable in Wakanda. He doesn't trust a lot of other of the other heroes and has a grudge against Iron Man and Black Panther from the events of Civil War. Um, quote, everybody went their separate ways, Hulk, Iron Man, and everybody separated and figured out how not to get caught or investigated, Mackie says. So, yeah, it's just interesting how all these characters, like what they're dealing with by the time we get into um, Infinity War. I don't know, man. A lot of characters still, a lot of characters that are going to be involved in this, and I don't know how they're going to fit them all in. I hope everybody is able to have their moments. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, that is going to be interesting. Uh, that, that, the Anthony Mackie stuff is really crazy that he's, that he picked up on that. How everyone just kind of went out for themselves and yeah. did what they had to, to get out of the limelight while he yeah. got kind of stuck with all the bullseye on him a little bit. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, he's not going to trust Tony because last interaction they had, or one of the last ones, he did just blindside shoot him in the chest. <laughs> True. All right, guys. I guess we're going to move on into DC news. Yeah, that was a fun little bumper you guys didn't get to hear. That was a long one. Yeah, it was one of the longest ones. Uh, Kristen Wiig is confirmed as Cheetah, so I'm happy. Yeah, suck yeah. it, haters. <laughs> Are people still hating this week, man? Oh, man, the hate has gone full force. Really? Against Kristen yeah. Wiig? Oh, That's yeah. crazy. Really? Oh, man, you go after this podcast, go find a, you know, comicbook.com or whatever the F Facebook posts, you know, entertainment weekly announcement of this and read the comments. Holy cow. Wow. I, I try to stay away from that stuff. Cause like, I feel compelled to like defend and say shit. And so I try no. to stay away from that stuff. 
Oh, I do. I tr- definitely try to stay away from that stuff unless it's yeah, like no, if it's no on the right. PCL page, I will definitely speak up. Um, you know, but like if it's if it's on like I I won't look for the comment section on like comicbook.com or CBR or whatever. I just wanted to see what the normal layman was thinking about that uh, about it. You no, know, if you can handle it by all means do it, but I can't. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Brian. I got enough negativity in my own world. I don't need asshole internet trolls to add to it. Right. So. <laughs> I've never seen Kristen Wiig have any range whatsoever. Yeah, she's really? just, she's just I, gonna. I, I don't. I'm not saying that, but yeah, she's just gonna hey. do an SNL character and and yuck it up <laughs> yeah. the entire time. So yeah, I totally get that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, the rap had an exclusive, um, on, uh, the Joker origin film that's coming out from, uh, the hangover director Todd Phillips and executive producer Martin Scorsese. And, uh, the article goes on to say Joker origin film to portray Batman villain as failed eighties comedian. Todd Phillips planned Joker origin movie will portray Batman's arch nemesis as a failed 1980s comedian who becomes the clown prince of crime after bombing with audiences. Insiders exclusively told the rap. Um, many fans scratched their heads when the news first broke that Martin Scorsese, who was, um, what's this word? Eschewed superhero films who has eschewed superhero films in the past. I guess my vocabulary is not down with what the fuck that word is. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what that is either. Yeah. Uh, would be a producer of the film, but his involvement makes more sense given his work on 1982's King of Comedy, which starred Robert De Niro as a deluded comedian who can't catch a break. The Joker origin story will include nods to that film. Insiders told the rap. Joaquin Phoenix is close to a deal to play the Joker in Phillips' film, which will show audiences laughing at the Joker instead of with him. The film is eyeing a mid to late 2018 production start, but an insider with knowledge of the project said it could be delayed by rewrites, which are currently underway by Phillips and 8 Mile veteran Scott Silver. The idea of the Joker as a failed comedian isn't new. In the dark, grotesque 1988 graphic novel The Killing Joke, Alan Moore wrote the Joker as a struggling stand-up who snaps after one bad day and turns to crime to feed his family. So, that's what we're getting there. Boy, I I hope they do hurry up and uh, get this out without more rewrites, because that's, oof, I don't want to talk about failed stand-up comedian Joker movie over and over and over again. Well, that's some crazy shit, right? (laughs) Are you a fan of that, Brian? Of this movie and like of the that idea. I mean, I know you're not a fan of the movie, but does this make it better or worse? It's. I'm not. No, it did nothing to get me more excited at all. I was gonna say it's hard to make this worse at this point. The just the idea of it in general. I don't. Um. Just this is just does not need to be made and like to get. Yeah, to, to sucker in um, Martin Scorsese to just do this film just because it has some nods to his film King of Comedy, and then to get Joaquin Phoenix to play the Joker role in a role in something that he'll never do again. Like this is a one and done. Mm-hmm. Like we'll never see him in the role again. And they're they're going to continue with the Jared Leto stuff. So I don't I don't know what the fuck is going on here. And like Todd Phillips 
Todd Phillips. <laughs> like, I get it. I totally get it. Like, they're getting Todd Phillips in here. He's the hangover director, and people are thinking, like, Todd Phillips doing this? That's, that's fucking stupid. Guys, it's, it's the Joker. The Joker, and they're doing a movie about a failed comedian. Like, Todd Phillips did the hangover films, which are comedies, dark comedies. And so, like, I guess it kind of makes sense to have him direct this thing, but it's just nothing about this makes me want to see it at all. I don't, I, I don't need a Joker origin. I don't want to see the Joker bomb at stand up. And I, <laughs> it just sounds terrible. It does sound uh, terrible. Who's he fighting? Yeah. Who is he fighting? Where's Batman? Like, is there, like, what's going on here? Is it just a, is it just a, is it just a, like, um, Joker had a bad day, had a bad set one night, you know? Um, people didn't, it didn't go over well with that audience, you know? And now he's gonna become a gangster and kill everybody that didn't laugh at his bullshit jokes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if they nail Phoenix, it might be a good one-off Elseworlds movie. Yeah. But the problem is you're still wasting him on a one-off Elseworlds that has nothing to do with anything else. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, if, it, I don't if it's th- a good movie, it's not a waste. Yeah. yeah. If I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it is. It, it's still a waste when you then have to come back to the actual movies and have Jared Leto continuing on. That's that's the problem. <laughs> Jared Leto's a waste. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry because I was with you guys pre Suicide Squad. Leto being cast as Joker, I thought was going to be a match made in heaven, but we all saw the results. He was terrible. Yeah, I wanted to see like even after even after it came out, I was like, man, I'd love to see like the full Joker cut. But it's like, uh, fuck that, I'm done, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I don't know. It just it yeah. It seems like. Because it sounds like the way they would be making this movie, there wouldn't be a Batman. It would be more or less a, you know, it's an origin story of just Joker, and it'd be something closer to, I don't know, Goodfellas, not, but clearly not anywhere near as good. Like, bad, and, bad, would you say bad fellas? Bad, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Possibly not so good, fellas. Mm-hmm. But thank you, yeah. thank you, Brian. W- waste of Joker, fellas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I think, like, I'll be honest with you. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, even if this is a good movie, you're not. I don't think you're going to get Joaquin Phoenix to do a like a slew of Joker films. Like, I think he's no. just. I think no. he, I think he's just kind of like a one and done guy, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's been his mo for years now. Is just doing these weird. You know, op-ed piece uh, movies, one-offs that are just very strange. Cause, I mean, the guy's out there, and he does really good. But you know, no, you're not getting him on a multi-film contract. No, yeah, good on Marvel for not signing this guy for Doctor Strange. Now, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it would have been interesting to see him play the role, but. I don't think he would have ever came back and done the the next film. So yeah, Cumberpatch, yeah, Cumberpatch or no, at least you got him there for a while. Yeah. All right, guys, that's all I got for DC news this week. Let's move on into Star Wars news. No, no, it's not gonna I think I played that bumper already. I'm gonna play this one. Here we go. 
<laughs> I guess that's fitting for Star Wars news. <laughs> oh, bumpers, you had some shitty fucking sound effects. Anyway, uh, Star Wars news. Uh, the Star Wars Rebels finale came out, and uh, it ended. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, but, um, I enjoyed it a lot more than some of the reactions that I saw on Facebook. Um, yeah, lots of hate for that too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was kind of like undeserved. Um, is, is this for the season or the series? The series, series the way it ended. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that the series itself is ending with this season. Okay. It ended, but I mean, it, it's left open for them to return to this world, um, and, and, and return to these characters. So it, it definitely, okay. I don't know if the next um, animated series is going to be Resistance and it's going to deal with any of these characters. I'm hoping right. that they kind of take a little break from these characters and then return to them within the next two to three years. I don't want them to go too far removed from these characters. But, um, yeah, there, there, there was a bit of a time jump at the end of Rebels and um, a lot of changes with some characters and new characters introduced and uh, some characters we don't know what their fate is um, you know what happened to them so um, even though even though you know Dave Filoni has come out and told us like yes this is this is kind of like what happened to these characters but yeah um, I, 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 it's hard for me to get into this without spoiling it so I, I will highly recommend that everybody watch Star Wars Rebels. I think there's some great stuff going on here, and I think, like, in order to really appreciate maybe possibly another series that's going to come out, um, you need to watch this, because I, they're definitely going to pick the story up back up again. It's This is not ended. Like, it, like there, there's more stories to be told in the Rebels universe. So Okay. Yeah, because Rebels is one of the series that I haven't... I, I think... A couple of years ago, I watched like the first two or three episodes, but I never really got around to fully watching it. And yeah. I guess now that it's ended, it's a good time for me to actually yeah get to it. There's some filler episodes that I didn't give a shit for, but like it, it, it paid off. It paid That's off. That's gonna in be any season of any show. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about StarWars.com on Thursday announced that John Favreau is to uh, executive produce and write live action Star Wars series. Um, the director of Iron Man and the Jungle Book will helm the series for Disney's new direct-to-consumer platform. Lucasfilm is excited to announce that Emmy-nominated producer and actor John Favreau has signed on to executive produce and write a live action Star Wars series for Disney and Favreau is no stranger to the Star Wars galaxy having played roles in both Star Wars the Clone Wars animated series and in the upcoming Solo a Star Wars story I didn't know he's involved in that um, <laughs> the untitled Star Wars live action series does not have uh, a release date yet so um, what are your thoughts on this I'm super excited. I mean, I, I love John Favreau, and I, I think this is really cool stuff for him. I hope it's not where he's just going to helm the thing and then take off. Like, I hope he really does have a creative vision from start to finish that he's going to uh, put to paper. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, it, do we have any idea what the series is going to be about? Have they given us any idea about it yet? It's going to be about uh, Baby Luke, little Baby Luke. He's going to do a whole little Baby Luke series. It's all about little Baby Luke. Okay, baby Luke. learning to force change his own diapers. All right. Baby Luke. It's all about Baby Luke. Baby Luke. That'll be cute. Mm -hmm. It's called Baby Luke. 
Yep. <laughs> Luke with two U's in the middle. Mm. Wait till you see what that pacifier does to the Star Wars mythos. Oh, it'll be crucial. I'm sure it's like a Sith artifact or something. <laughs> I uh, so I take it we have no idea. Then um, I'm I'm excited for it. I always literally I literally read everything from that StarWars.com release. That's everything we yeah. know. Okay, I didn't know if there was any news previously as to the idea of even a time frame in the universe of when it would take place. I have okay. a feeling that there will be stars involved and wars. Pop. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, I've always thought it'd be, and this is just me being crazy, but I've always thought <laughs> we've I heard enough of that <laughs> this episode. Jesus, I'm sure. <laughs> but I, I've always thought it'd be fun to have, among other things, like a live action Aaron Sorkin West Wing kind of like Old Republic, and seeing like how the Senate would have been during the the heyday of it the old republic oh i always thought that would have been interesting to see like <laughs> it was called episode one yeah no shit we saw enough fucking <laughs> senate meetings in episode one like i don't need to see like trade agreements anymore dude i'm done i'm not saying it would be thrilling a tv i always look uh, oh man i hope they don't take your pitch for the first star wars tv show the Aaron I'm, not saying, of I'm not saying the first one. Dude, hold on, hold on. I, I, you know what? I know how Peter Parker dies in Avengers All 4. Right. Here we he go. blows his <laughs> brains out after watching your pitch of Star Wars come to the screen. <laughs> Sony's like, take him. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll just mute, mute my mic for the rest. All right. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Yes. Yes. He's on the podcast for a while. We time. won. We won, Jake. We won. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. <laughs> you. This is, Jake, uh, I can I, feel my power growing. I guess this is the part of the episode where we're supposed to feel like sorry for him and shit, but like. No. No. <laughs> Oh man! Actually, uh, I feel like taking a fucking victory lap right now. Like I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> I I'm gonna take a drink of my water here. I'm whew. good. Uh, this, this is the part where one listener feels sympathy for me and everybody else is cheering along with you guys. Oh yeah, and how how dare that listener if he decides to speak out? We will crucify him so fast. That one listener, that you one, should. that one, that one listener is named Daniel Hopner after he listens to this episode. I never listen to the episodes I'm on. I don't want to hear me talk. Um, we talked about Ava DuVernay earlier. Oh, I mean, okay, hold on. I guess we're moving ahead too fast. I, I, I want to talk about, I didn't even talk about my thoughts about John Favreau. I'm so excited for this. I, I, I think he's great. I think John Favreau is fantastic. I loved a jungle book. I think, I think, I don't know, man. It's just so great. Um, do you think that there's any chance that he would work with circus again, that he would bring circus into this circus necessarily doesn't have to, of course he's not going to play Snoke unless like this is a prequel or something like that. But I like circus could play other characters. I don't know. I, I actually, I, I tweeted at John Favreau to cast his, uh, chef, ca- uh, his chef, cast member is um, um, uh, John Leguizamo. I wanted John Leguizamo cast in this. And John Leguizamo John Leguizamo liked my tweet. Um, Yes! I saw that. Which was uh, which made my day. But um, that's I would love to see 
John Leguizamo and um, and John Favreau reunited in a Star Wars series, and like I. I I don't know about you guys, but I think I think like any project that John Leguizamo is in is like instantly better just with him in it. I love him. I I agree with that. He's so, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I've so. loved him since I was a kid, just doing his you know stand up and all the different characters in his family and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just feel like if they throw him into like a like a Star Wars type of program, that he could be. He could be like, you know, like how Hondo is in the Clone Wars and in Rebels or like Lando. He could be that kind of character, that kind of like that pirate that you never really know, like where he like where his loyalties lie. It, it, you know what I mean? And it, it, it prob- mm-hmm. it's probably yeah, the- just like money related. Like he wants to be like where the money is. Like I think that that uh, John Leguizamo would be perfect for that type of role. So, yeah, the yeah. sleazy, the sleazy wild card that keeps showing up. Right, yeah, definitely a great character. You're onto something there. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm just spitballing. I, we have no idea what the series is about, so we can just like you know, I'm baby just, Luke. It's baby Luke. It's baby <laughs> Luke, man. Yeah, he's the, he's the babysitter. You know, you never know. So, I don't know, but um. Yeah, man. I, I think John Favreau's great, man. And I definitely, I think there's going to be some really cool action in this. I mean, after watching like, uh, The Jungle Book, some great action sequences in that film. So I can yeah. definitely see them doing, pulling off some really cool action here in this. So, um, what do we got here? Uh, Ava DuVernay, the director for A Wrinkle in Time, she t- was tweeted by a fan. Uh, talking about how great they thought that the visuals were in uh, A Wrinkle in Time and uh, how it should catch the attention of Lucasfilm. And she replied to that fan saying, Star Wars is not for me, but very happy that you dug Wrinkle in Time. So there was a lot of fans out there that wanted David DuVernay to direct a Star Wars film. And this quote kind of like reinforces the fact that it's not going to happen. So. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder why she has such an attitude where she's just like, nope. Yeah, it is so. weird. I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe she's maybe she knows something about what some of the other directors have gone through in their process with the Lucasfilm. You know, maybe she yeah. maybe she's talked to Phil Lord, Chris Miller. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I really maybe don't she know. just dislikes the franchise. That's true. Know? It might just not be her thing. Like she, you know, yeah. So could be as simple as just it's not in something that she's particularly interested right. in. Not that she doesn't like it or anything. Could just be a hey, I've got you know, I've got my own ambitions and ideas for things, and they just wouldn't coincide, or we, I wouldn't gel within that universe. And could be as simple as that. I'd rather see her. I'd rather hear her say this than like start a project and then like leave like months later and saying like, oh, I didn't have anything for it. Or I didn't connect to it. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like another fucking Doug Lyman bullshit excuse. So yeah, I agree, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's an interesting trilogy reveal. If it's accurate, it's from an interview with Daisy Ridley. She had an interview with a French outlet magazine called Lay Magazine Geek. And uh, this is what she reveals to them about the creative process leading into the sequels for The Force Awakens. And, guys, I'm going to read this quote, and I know it's coming from a French magazine, and I guess we're hoping that they translated it correctly. Here's what she said. Here's what I think I know. J.J. wrote Episode 7, as well as drafts for 8 and 9. 
Then Ryan Johnson arrived and wrote The Last Jedi entirely. I believe there was some sort of a general consensus on the main lines of the trilogy. But apart from that, every director writes and realizes his film in his own way. Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams met to discuss all of this, although episode eight is still very his own work. I believe Ryan didn't keep anything from the first draft of episode eight. So basically she's saying she's come out and said, um, (laughs) she's basically come out and said everything we've heard they've not done. Okay. We've heard that like there were no drafts for episode eight and nine. Um, if, if, if this is a correct translation of what she's saying, she's saying that, that, that JJ wrote drafts for episode eight and nine, but Ryan Johnson didn't keep anything from the first draft from JJ Abrams. So we do know that Ryan Johnson was hired on for the last Jedi back in 2014 when the Force Force Awakens was still in production, and they both went over the script together, okay? And then we've heard the rumors that there were things that they both agreed and then disagreed on having done in their film. So sometimes Ryan would ask J.J. to do something in The Force Awakens, or vice versa, you know, for future films. So sometimes these things were granted, and other times they were not. So I, I don't specifically... I don't know specifically what they were, but I do know that there was an issue with Luke and the lightsaber at the end of The Force Awakens was one of the issues that I think Ryan Johnson had. Um, so I, hmm. I, I believe I believe this. Um, you know, it might have just been an exercise for JJ. I, I know sometimes writers work that way, like you. To be able to successfully write the first part the way you want to, you kind of have to go through the exercise of finishing it, you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's maybe that's just all he did. And I also believe that Ryan Johnson didn't use any kind of rough draft that JJ had. I mean, that seems fairly obvious that that that's the case, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, the thing was that it, no matter no matter what JJ wrote, the script that was favored was Ryan Johnson's. Um, they, it was, uh, JJ had read it and JJ wanted to direct it after reading the script. Johnson said, this is okay. Ryan Johnson back in December said this about JJ. He was into it. And I remember that I pitched him the story at the very beginning and he had notes, but he was like, Oh my God, what the hell are you doing? No, he was into it because I think he was into the storytelling. He's a great storyteller himself, and he saw the potential of each one of these beats. I think he saw it for what we were doing. I think he saw it for what we were going for, which is not we weren't going for let's subvert the Star Wars movie. We were going for let's make a great Star Wars movie that has things in it that will push the limits of what we can do. Um, he was really gracious and stepping back and giving us a blank slate to work with. The starting point was the Force Awakens script, which is quite a big, expansive, wonderful starting point. In that way, we are drawing directly from his work, but from that point forward, it was a blank canvas. 
So yeah, that's cool. So it's cool that JJ was just like, yeah, that almost makes me do believe, like I said, that it was just a little bit of a writer's exercise because we knew for he knew for a long time he wasn't going to be involved in eight and that it was Ryan Johnson. But like just to get in the head of these characters in part one, sometimes you do need to get to part two and part three in your brain. You know, there's been a lot of confusion on like who's writing what in Star Wars. I mean, for the longest time, we heard that uh, Ryan Johnson was writing episode nine and that Colin Trevorrow was going to direct it. Like we knew Trevorrow was hired on to direct it, but we'd heard like, oh, Ryan Johnson was going to be writing it. <laughs> like that wasn't true. Like we found out that it was it, it was uh, uh, Colin Trevorrow and um, Gilroy. Was it Gilroy? What's his name? Gilroy. Uh, Derek. Was it Derek? Derek Conley? I think that's right. I can't remember. Yeah. It was it Derek was the, Conley. Sounds right. Derek Conley. It was the writer from the Jurassic World, the first film, and they and and Colin Trevorrow and um, him both worked on um, what was that film? Um, God damn, I'm blanking. Whatever, it's late, and I'm fucking blanking right now. The kids, the kids' film that they did together. Chronicle. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're thinking of Josh. No, not Chronicle. Frank. You're thinking of Josh Trank. They they worked on yep, it. It was, a, it was a science fiction film that he did with Mark Duplass. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. It's driving me crazy. Um, it was a time travel movie with with Mark Duplass, Colin Trevorrow. He did uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. Um, oh, there you go. And the writer on that was Derek Connolly. There we go. So yeah. Um, yeah, so we heard like a lot of rumors about like, and we didn't know. We like we th- we thought that it was Ryan Johnson writing episode nine, and we found out that it was Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly working on it. And then like they wanted to get rid of Derek Connolly, and Colin Trevorrow was like, "No, I'm kind of putting my foot down on this." And they tried to bring in another writer, and then that's when they kind of like were you know butting heads with Kathleen Kennedy, and that's when they finally just had to yank. Colin Trevorrow off the project. So, um, I don't know. I, it'd be interesting though. Like if these, if, if, if JJ did write scripts for eight and nine, I would love to see what he wrote for those. And I'm willing to bet you, Oh my God, I would love, and I guarantee the people that hated the last Jedi would love to read those too. Wouldn't they Jake? Oh yeah. Cause I guarantee no, I, he didn't poop poo poo past the stuff he set up. No, <laughs> but but hold on, hold on. All for everybody here that is saying like, oh, they, yeah, they should have went with JJ script. They should have went with JJ script. Ryan's even telling us right here that JJ wanted to direct that script. He liked it so much that he wanted to direct it, and it was the script that was favored. So yeah. for as much awesome. as people think that it goes against the grain of Star Wars, I think that Ryan Johnson's script is very self-aware of Star Wars. It understands Star Wars, and it went against everything that we know from a Star Wars film, which made the film interesting to begin with. That's one of the reasons that I enjoyed it so much, Jake, because I've seen so many times where the rebels would get together and they'd form a plan, and the plan works. Where, where's, 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 where's the, where's the, uh, where's the struggle for Poe Dameron? 
right? If they, yeah. if he succeeds at everything he fucking does, where's the struggle for like Rose Tico and Finn if they succeed in everything that they do? I mean, that's what that's. I think Ryan Johnson understands Star Wars so much that he gave us all these Star Wars beats that we're used to, and then flips them on their fucking head, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love I, it too, man. I absolutely agree. Um, a guy I know uh, named Alex Shaw. Uh, he put it best in a podcast that he does when he was talking about uh, episode eight is that, you know, uh, JJ is really good at kind of mimicking and re, re, giving us a modern take on classic directors, whether it's, he can imitate a lot of like iconic, uh, screen, uh, or filmmakers. I ideas. am going to agree with you that, that Alex Shaw said it a lot better. Yeah, no, he definitely did. Yeah, why didn't but, we invite so, Alex onto this episode, Jake? Because what you're in England. Why didn't we? Hours behind. Why didn't we invent? Uh, why didn't we invite Alex Shaw onto this episode? <laughs> I know. I point know. is, point is <laughs> that you know. So episode seven is very much a giving you, reminding you of the myth of classic Star Wars, and so it puts you back in that nostalgic feel. Ryan Johnson turns that on its head and goes, okay, we're going to kind of disassemble the myth, which is what episode eight is very much about is disassembling, disassembling the myth of Jedi's and, you know, what we think we know to be classic star Wars mythology and going, yeah, a lot of it's, you know, a lot of the ideals of it are wrong. And that's what Luke is telling Ray and everything. And it's really good at that, at turning those classic beats on its head and saying that, you know, what you think you know isn't necessarily the right answer to things. And what you're saying is if you just go with, you know, continuing the nostalgia beats, yeah, where's Poe's uh, character development? Where's Finn's, you know, where does Finn's character go at this point in time? Where does Rey grow as her own person if she just, if Luke Skywalker was just telling her, yep, everything is cool and you're awesome and continue being that way, there's no growth there. Yeah, I think one of the big themes is also no matter how good you think your plans are, it could all just be meaningless. It's that it goes wrong sometimes. Not even goes wrong. It it just it's it's all for nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's almost the big theme of the entire movie is every single character is very much either fails at their mission or accomplishes absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. And I, I love the movie because of that. Well, I think some of the characters that we we should have been rooting for, even us as like fans, were rooting against. Like we're rooting against like um, um, uh, Laura Dern's character. I can't think of her name. Um, can't think of her name right now. Holdo, uh, Admiral Holdo. We're rooting against her, and in all actuality, she's like one of the biggest heroes of the film. You know, like because but we're so used to like rooting for like the 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 pilot. You know what I mean? Uh, Poe yeah, Dameron. Yeah. You know, and the scoundrel, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Well, except, yeah. except me, I was booing for him the minute he disobeyed an order. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said it on our last Jedi podcast. I, I was I was anti Poe the moment the minute he was insubordinate. I, I was he was a villain. To me. Oh, to Leia. No, to Holdo and Leia. Okay, yeah, because he 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 totally disregarded what Leia said when she said like, you know, time it's to come back, run. time to come back, and he like you like no he. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna get into yeah. that. All right, let's see here. Uh, did, did you guys hear the story of um, 
George Lucas on the set of on uh, of on uh, on ugh, on the set of Han Solo, the Solo Star Wars film. No. Jake, did you no, hear about this? I have not. Yeah, um, George Lucas was invited. Oh, he's good friends, of course, with Ron Howard, who's directing the uh, solo film. And so Ron Howard graciously asked George Lucas to just visit the set, which was just supposed to be like a really quick like meet and greet. And, hi, how's it going? How's everything? Let me take a look at everything that you're doing. And uh, instead, like what was supposed to be like a quick visit turned into like a five to six hour like visit. Um, they were doing – they were filming a certain part of the film and they didn't know what to do in this certain scene. And that's when George kind of just like – opened his mouth and said, what if you did this? And they tried it and they loved it and it worked and he just stuck around and he hung out there for about five to six more hours. So like he helped co-direct for like a good portion of that day's uh, shooting schedule, which I, I thought was really cool. I, I hope that we get to find out once Solo is uh, released on Blu-ray and like we get the special features and stuff like that. I hope that these things were documented and we get to find out like what scene uh, George Lucas helped them with in, in the Solo film. I think it was cool that the creator of this character had some influence in the film. Yeah, that is super cool. That's one of the pluses, I guess, of uh, Ron Howard being the director. I mean, you know him and George go way back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, even even, I, even Gareth Edwards, um, he I don't think Gareth Edwards invited George onto set, but he did have – he did want to make sure that George saw the movie before the public and he wanted to know what he thought. And I liked that. Do you, Jake, do you, Dan, do you, do you think that, and I, I'm going to say no, but would you ever want to see Disney give George Lucas a film, just a film? Um, as maybe I don't even know, I'm not, I'm not even saying an olive branch. Do you, would you want to see Disney give George Lucas control of, of, of a film? In the I, I wouldn't universe? be against it. It's not something I'm clamoring for. Like, I'm not going to sign a petition to make it happen. But if it happened, I think it would be cool to give him a, a one off Star Wars movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with Jake there on that. I'm, I'm definitely okay with it as long as it's, you don't give him a hundred percent creative control because we've seen what that can do. But, you know, George in his youth with the original trilogy understood his, at the time, at least his limitations as a filmmaker. And yeah, you know, if you give him a script and say this is what it's going to be and you're not going to get to change a bunch of stuff about it, then yeah, let him let him get back behind the camera again if he wants to. I disagree mostly with what Dan is saying here. I, I'm i only wanting George Lucas to do it if we are giving him 100% creator control. And you just give him a corner in a Star Wars story where he can't mess up any canon or continuity in anything else that you're doing. And if you can't figure out a way to do that, then there's no reason to do it in the first place. Like why even have George Lucas come direct a movie that's a screenplay and that everything else is already done for him. You know, you could have Mr. Bill direct that movie for all I care. If, it, if all the work is already done. If I want George Lucas directing a star Wars movie, I, I want him doing the whole package. I want, I, I would like to see him be a part of like, um, I see what you're, I, I see what both of you are saying. It, it's, it's hard to tell, it's hard for me to think about them hiring George Lucas and then for me to hear them like kind of like 
restraining him on certain things. Like, it's like, this is the guy that like gave us everything that we know Star Wars. Um, it's so hard to think about that, but like, I feel like, I feel like it'd be nice if George was open to, um, an open line of discussion. Uh, just just being able to talk to other people that that love Star Wars as well and for him to be open to to change and to you know to work with other people and to listen to direction not necessarily i think george is a great storyteller so i want him to be able to tell his story but it would be nice to have other people around him that would be able to help hone that vision because i feel like he has a vision in his head but i think he needs other people around him to kind of like Put it on the screen so that it makes sense for everyone else. Yeah, yeah no, you're you're right. You're right. I I uh, I'll, I'll take back what I said almost entirely. Especially Jake, after you said, you know, put him if you're gonna give him do it, put him in a corner where he can't fuck up any of the major issues. Because it is, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily want him to have no control over everything. You're right on that one. And yeah, like you were saying, Brian, like if he's open to listening to other people's input because that was the problem with the 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 prequel trilogy was just it was uh nobody's willing to say no to him at that point yeah. in time and so what he said go no matter how good or bad the ideas were as long as he's open to you know consultation and i think you he, know, he's, uh, he's collaboration he, he bit off more than he can chew you know he it's it's, yeah. a, it's a big project you need other people to kind of kind of help you with these things and i feel like that he, you know, uh, he just got into this, he got into doing the prequels and he, he did everything. He, he tried to handle everything and like, you know, sometimes you need to ask for help and he bit off a little bit more than he can chew. I just don't want to yeah. see him like take over Star Wars again and feel like he got shot in both arms. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Full circle. Like full circle. Later. Nice. Right. Four, four and a half hours later. But yeah, cause I, there was. Fuck uh, you, Hotner. <laughs> I caught that too. But there was a famous thing about, uh, with episode one, like on the behind the scenes stuff of like, you know, there was a sign that was posted everywhere in ILM of like, this movie will be released May 3rd, 1999, no matter what. And it was that kind of attitude that really caused the, the problems that, you know, made the prequel trilogy what it is. And yeah, if he's open to collaboration and understanding limitations or sorry this just doesn't work george you know then yeah give him give him the chair again let him do his thing i don't know i don't know if i'd want to see it or not but it's just a part i don't know part of me just makes i don't know part of me just makes me sad that the that the, the creator's not a part of it but then part of me understands that like he, he kind of kind of made this bed and now he's got to sleep in it and i don't know yeah, yeah they hardly stole it from him yeah he sold it for four billion so you know yeah i don't feel too bad yeah yeah all right yeah i we, we don't have that many emails this week i i don't i don't want to <laughs> again i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna put them off until next week i'll hold on i'll read one of them i'll read one of them um no, we'll wait. No, we'll read them next week. Oh, oh thank you. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm back to this. I did it for two weeks. I was good for two weeks reading these fucking emails. And now I'm putting I it applaud. Off. You did a good job for two weeks. That's, yeah. You should be proud of yourself. Yeah, I promise I'll read them next week. I promise. Uh, what's coming out next week that I'm going to see in the theater? Uh, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider comes out next week. 
Yeah, oh, that looks right. good. That looks good. I will be watching. It does. It does. Uh, Alicia Vikander, Daniel Wu. Um, yeah, former guest of Pop Culture Leftovers, Daniel Wu. Um, and then uh, Walton Goggins. So I cannot wait uh, to see that film. I hope it is good. I really, really do. Jake, I'm hoping that we get two great video game movies this year. Uh, number one, Tomb Raider. Number two, Rampage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I'm looking forward to that. Jake, uh, did you play the, I think it was like 2012 or 13, the Tomb Raider reboot game? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, because I thought it was really good. Yeah, that that was the game that kind of just brought the whole thing back. Like, it was kind of a joke until that came out. And yeah, because it. it seems like this, is, this movie is going to be based off of that, and that's why I have hope for it, because the game is really, really solid. So hopefully they're able to capture that. Yeah, I'm excited. And then the week after that, it's time for us all to get butthurt disappointed about Ready Player One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, don't um, – oh, yeah, Ready Player One. It's sad. Um, it's not tracking where they wanted it to track for the box office. They were hoping it was tracking for $50 million. Uh, they're saying it's more around 35 so that sucks. And $50 million seems like pretty low-ball initial estimations given what it is. So – I don't know. I'm hoping the movie's. I'm hoping the movie's good. So. So do I. We shall see. Um. Bear, 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 bear. That's all I got, you sons of bitches. All right, I'm pulling the headphones out. Fuck y'all. All right, <laughs> just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags. Hey, hey, Hotner. Thanks for mm. joining us. How can people get more Hotner in their life? <laughs> I mean, if anybody really wants that, I don't know why you would. But if you do want that. Um, I mean, find me on the Leftover Army page, more or less. Uh, my podcast, Something Something Nostalgia, we've been on a hiatus for a while. Our main host, Matt, he's uh, his wife's pregnant again, so she's doing any time now. So he's been dealing with that for a while. So we've been taking a break here for a bit. Looking to get back. Like uh, uh, yeah, clearly. Uh, but we're looking to get back in pretty soon here, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully you'll hear us back on there sometime soon. You guys want to know who the big winner here was tonight? Hmm. Dan fucking West for not showing up for this fucking crap fest. <laughs> I was thinking the same. You know, you gotta, you gotta respect the guy. Like, you know, at the beginning of the episode, I'm giving him shit, blah, 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 blah. Dan, I stand with you now, sir. So I stand. See? Yeah. I told you. I told you he was right. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah your, your voice is going to haunt me as I sleep tonight. It's going to. It always it always does. I don't know why you keep uh, hanging out with me. <laughs> Interrupting all your bad I tell you what. I tell you what, guys. I You know what? I I had a lot of fun this this uh, this. Uh, this year, this you know, a few months ago, recording the um, <laughs> Titans Return with you, the Transformers stuff, man. So I had a lot of fun. I thought we could recreate that fun here tonight. <laughs> Clearly, we did not. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Cautionary tale. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> oh man. Once bitten, twice shy, right here. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. This is just like all good leftovers say on the doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Dan won't be back. Don't worry about it, guys. We're not bringing. We're not bringing him back. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. 
You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap.